Well, I mean, uh, once it's all said and done, we'll have a lot less extroverts. (laughs) 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 That's how the podcast should start. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds good. I don't know. This could be a long one. We'll see. Yeah, I I don't know. (laughs) It's like uh, I could see everything up to the last episode being shorter than the previous podcast. And then the last episode being like two and a half hours. Like we could talk about the end for as long as the end runtime was. Yeah. Yeah, I could <laughs> definitely see that. I mean, I I thought we would be able to jam through last week's episode. And yet, like just going through the, the incident was like an hour and a half or something like that. So Yeah, yeah. It's a great show, man. Like I could definitely see why people would do, you know, a long running podcast about loss. I get it. Yeah, I mean, people have definitely asked us to do that in the past. I guess ultimately, I'm not sure how much we would bring to the table other than just ourselves. You know what I mean? Like The worst element. (laughs) There's probably, like, if you're looking for, like, just the deep dive on all the kind of crazy theory, like, you know, literary connections, intertextuality, like, there's, there's probably better people for that. Or like gone deeper down the the rabbit hole than we have. Sure, I mean it'd still be fun. I mean, I uh, it'd be fun, but it would definitely be like just for us, pretty much. You know, like it. I I don't feel like we'd really be like breaking any new ground at all. For the seven thousand people who've started a podcast yeah. uh, during quarantine, I hope first and foremost it's just for you. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm I I have such admiration for um, scavengers horde. That they that they still go and in between movies they were finding like really relevant interesting content that you know I wouldn't have always thought would make a good topic for a weekly podcast and yet they were always incredible at it um, and I think you know because I know people wanted us to like, keep the PLL one going after PLL ended and I think that would have been harder. Right? Yeah, I mean, I think. But with Lost, there's more fertile ground. I yeah, think. I mean, obviously Lost intentionally seeds every episode with references to, you know, other stories and whatnot. Like it, it's intentionally meant to be read, you know, it's like, Oh, we're going to mention much philosophers and books and yeah. concepts, you know? Yeah. Um, PLL be a little tougher. I don't know. I just, I love PLL. I feel like I said everything I need to say about PLL. We talked a lot about that show. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Um, but I, I think, Rewatching the end last night, it makes me definitely understand um, what I know of the leftovers a lot more. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like, yeah, I kind of wonder if the sideways universe started with Lindelof. Because <laughs> mm. <laughs> isn't there a whole like leftovers thing where like he goes into like a kind of sort of dream world where he's the president? You know, I never watched like the last three episodes of that show. Not that I wasn't enjoying it. It was just like. It was a really heavy show, mm-hmm. and I, I don't know. It's like it's like you take one week off, and all of a sudden you're just like so swept away in other stuff these days. It's, it's hard to climb back on that horse. Eventually, I do want to finish it because it was really good. I mean, mm-hmm. season two, that show is amazing. But I can see where like where I where I've said that you know I think certain chunks of Westworld would be better if you took them and put them on network TV. Like The Leftovers feels like if you took certain chunks of Lost, and you're like HBO will let you do a little bit more. 
mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or be a little weirder, like which I don't think we always give credit to HBO for. But well, like, I, I kind of wonder if maybe Lindelof, we'll get deeper into this later, but if he learned that it's better to maintain a, an equal balance between your man of science and your man of faith, because I feel like loss ultimately doesn't to its no, detriment. No. And I think The Leftovers was smart about keeping that and also keeping its ambiguity. Yeah, I mean, no spoilers for the ending, but um, it. I don't know. I don't know in general. From my understanding of the philosophy of that show, if it really matters if one answer is right as opposed to the other, whereas like the two people just believe each other or find mm-hmm. equilibrium. Yeah, and I mean, and 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 Watchmen. I mean, I imagine all of his experiences. He's just like, we've got a hit season, done. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm not risking this. Say what we need to say. All right. Well, are we ready to jump into the podcast? Yeah. Hello and welcome to Headcanon. I'm James. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to James. I'm Headcanon. And I'm Marcus Marks. Hi. Hi, Headcanon. So what did you dream about? Did you dream about anything? No, I did not. Mm. It was uh, like a a light nap where I was probably like 25% awake. Oh, I hate those. I've been having a lot of those lately. Yeah. Well, I I figured I should nap because I know that we're probably not going to get done until like midnight here. And I still want to watch Westworld. So, you know, I'm going to be up for a while. (laughs) Uh, Tonight's the finale, right? Yeah. Speaking of, uh, you know, what are we watching? Westworld. Um, what did you think of last week's episode? We obviously haven't watched the finale yet. You know, for the most part, I enjoyed it. I don't know if the Caleb reveal is as thrilling as I think it's meant to be. I think it's not supposed to be as like twisty turny. Oh, my God. My mind is blown. Mm-hmm. Like, I think they've even said they certainly wanted... wasn't the case. <laughs> yeah, I think they said they they wanted to, you know, get away from that. It was fine, I guess. Yeah. I like the voice of, uh, was it Solomon? Was that the name of it? Oh, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah I, like, I, I, that's the, I want that to be my like Siri voice or something. Just like a snarky French guy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they do not have the eggs that you ordered. <laughs> Prepare to die. I mean, I think they said they have plans for five seasons of the show. It's already been renewed for season four. So. I, I don't expect any huge resolutions in tonight's episode, but I don't know. It's fun. It's, I don't know if it's, maybe it's just a matter of our tastes um, running, you know, along that path anyway, but it seems like a lot of the stuff we're talking about, it's all kind of ending in the same, mm-hmm. same uh, philosophical places about, uh, you know, simulations and determinism, free will. That kind this of stuff. one, Definitely felt like from the same minds that brought you person of interest. I think more so than any mm-hmm. other episode of the show to me. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Um, which I'm I'm definitely intrigued by the storytelling and philosophical perspectives of the AI that can see everything. That and with devs, like it can see everything to a point where it can like, you know, to a certain percentage predict the future. I mean, Dooley and AI is basically where Person of Interest ends ultimately after five seasons. So, yeah, yeah. 
What if Caviezel just walked into an episode of Westworld? Just as Jesus. Yeah, not even mm-hmm. as the man in the suit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, I, I'm kind of glad it got renewed. I'm excited there's a five-season-ish plan because... I really thought the way HBO goes and how expensive this show must be. Like, mm-hmm. like if they were just like, oh, this is the last season too. I'd be like, eh, I think they I can know, see it, but <laughs> I, I think they know that they need like their like crown jewel show. It doesn't is that necessarily, what this is? I think it is. I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best show. Cause like game of Thrones, like the, uh, quality for lack of a better word, certainly tailed off at a certain point, but it was like, it was the blockbuster show. Right, it right. was like you're not going to see anything else on TV like this. And I feel like Westworld, it's not as flashy, but it is still pretty. Like you can see the money on screen. It's very futuristic. It's like movie quality. I don't know what other show you would really put in that category that they're making right now. Game of Thrones, the the show became became U two the band, and it really became U two. Like if only they could have just like forced people to download the uh, finale. We could uh, we could do a whole episode just on the Game of Thrones finale at some point. Um, I kind of wondered though, with with general internet loud popularity though, if Succession is their show right now. I think that's their more critically acclaimed show for sure. Yeah. But it's like you know, it's like The Wire. Like The Wire was never their most popular show, mm-hmm. but it was like that was what gave them like the, the cred. True. True. Uh, anything else you're watching? Uh, that and porn. And uh, I've been doing a lot of like work late at night. So I've been putting on Italian horror movies and watching those. Mm-hmm. Um, started the half of it earlier, but I didn't finish. So I had the rest of it, the other half of it to go. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. There's something weird about watching like a movie like Deep Red in the middle of the night. Um. Yeah, I was watching Jaws earlier. Just uh, can't imagine why I was in the mood mood for a movie about uh, a bunch of morons who don't listen to reopening the, the beach. Yeah, it's it's it so perfectly captures that mood of like, but, but the economy, you know? Yeah. Well, and and I caught something with Lindsey Graham the other day, which was wild to me. Oh, where it's like, guy. yeah, seriously, but like. Uh, if we're going to pay people $23 an hour to stay at home rather than like the $17 an hour they get to work. It's like, well, first of all, motherfucker, you think people are making $17 an hour? Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. But obviously, like, if if people would rather get paid stimulus money to stay home than go to their shitty jobs, like something's wrong with the system as far as how people are compensated, how this economy balances out. Yeah, God, I just despise that guy at the core of my being. It's just like the whole fucking world, man. We're 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 educated just enough to make sure that some rich guys like uh, uh, share price doesn't like dip too low. It's it's almost like how did we even make it this far? Seriously, like, it's like all you have to do is stay inside, and not spread the virus, and people are like, "Fuck you." Yeah. Yeah. I just, I really wonder what will the count look like in three weeks? Um, I don't know. I was going to say we could bet on it, but that's probably. You know. No, we don't need to bet on it. 
<laughs> I would do and say a lot of shitty things, my friend. But I apparently, would not do that they uh, on a recording. I think they like took it off of like the like the online betting sites because uh, <laughs> it was ghoulish. I mean, put it this way: I would not be shocked. <laughs> I would not be shocked if the numbers are much much higher in three mm-hmm. weeks. Yeah. But my mother lives in Georgia, where you know it's like you're you're allowed to go get a a hair appointment or whatever now, or go get a tattoo or whatever the fuck you need to do. And I just you know I talked to my mom and I'm like, you don't step outside your fucking door. Yeah. Wear a mask. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, what are you listening to? Um, I've been listening to little bits of uh, a group I like called Group Love, and then I've been listening to a lot of REM. Oh, really? Uh, what period REM? Uh, well, I mean, kind of all over the place, just kind of shuffling my thing. But, you know, uh, uh, definitely some monster. Okay. You, you've never struck me as like an early REM guy. Those are a particular type of person. So I I like, they put out like the greatest hits of their early stuff. I uh-huh. do like that album, but so I don't know that I would go and, like I'll listen to Cuyahoga, but I won't go and listen to like, the early albums straight through. I don't yeah, think. I'm definitely more of like an out of time on REM fan. Mm-hmm. Not that I don't like some of the earlier stuff, but I mean, like "Fall on Me" is a beautiful, lovely song about acid rain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the weird thing about REM. They're always they're always too smart by half. <laughs> that was a different time, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you remember like when the news came that they had like signed like that eighty million dollar record deal? Oh yeah, I remember reading about that in the paper. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, really? They don't usually do that for these kinds of bands. Yeah, with Warner Brothers. Uh, yeah. Let's see what I listen to. Been uh, sampling that last Muse album, Simulation Theory, again. Mm. It's it's not bad. I feel like I I might have been harsh on it in my first listen through, but it's it's okay. I feel like you're you're helping significantly to keep that band surviving. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't know. Like, I remember the second Law. That one was kind of a blah album too. But I guess it's. I think you just have to be in a certain mood for Muse. Yeah, I can see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you reading? I wanted something light and cozy, so uh, I asked a friend for what's the the kind of mystery books that they read that they don't tell anyone about. And so she gave me some suggestions and I read Murder of Peacocks by Donna Andrews, which hmm. is just a, what I imagine a Hallmark movie looks like mixed with some murder she wrote. It's like a cozy murder mystery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's really like, here's a kooky cast of characters and it's like the, there's a romance element, but the lady comes back to her town and like her family is like the big cast. And there's an element from like, it's, it was published in 1999. So I don't know if I find it offensive or not, but it's like somebody tells her that the the handsome guy in town is gay. Mm. And so um, she and him become good friends right away. He's like her kind of her, her sidekick throughout all this. And it's, it's incredibly comical every time they're alone. And he's like, there's something I've been wanting to tell you. And then it's like somebody comes and interrupts with something zany. And it's mm. like, ha, 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 he's straight and he's into you. Yay. I don't know. It's, that doesn't mean that to be that jubilant, but it's just comical how many times he tries to tell her that he's into her. And then oh, that, that's like the the twist there is that he's not actually gay. Yeah, I mean, but it's it's so obvious from the very mm-hmm. beginning. Yeah, but tolerant though. I love that you know it's like set in the south. Fortunately, nobody's you know they just want to fuck him and they're upset that they can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. I finally started reading. 
the Hazelwood by Melissa Albert. It's interesting. Like I'm only like three or four chapters into it. It's kind of like, I don't know, like white Oleander meets like Margaret Atwood. I hmm. think it's about to like get into like serious, like fantasy stuff, but I'm not sure. Like, I'm not really sure. I didn't even like, I don't know what it's about. Like somebody recommended it to me. So I'm just reading it. Having not even read with you know, like the jacket text. So we'll see. That's always fun. Yeah. Anyway, I think it's time to let go. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do you have an opening statement for Lost Season 6? Yeah, I have a lot, so let me talk fast. Um, <clears throat> I feel like I uh, I really like the Sideways universe on an intellectual level. Uh, there's something there that's maybe almost Buddhist, or from my limited understanding of, of Buddhism, about going into another realm and like, taking that pain of you, that pain, that brokenness that you've had for so long, you're terrified to let go of because... Then what else do you have? At least you had the pain before. Um, I think the idea of the sideways universe, whether it's like another plane of karmic existence or an alternate universe, the road not taken, it lets you, the storyteller, like address the role certain characters were meant to have, how they meant to play off each other, like Desmond, who I've always adored. But like the question's always been if like Jack's the hero and Kate's the this and Locke's the that, like where does Desmond really fit in? Um, but he's the one who's supposed to let them, get them to let go. I don't know. I... The reality is such as it is, is, I really like the beginning of this season as I watched a little bit of it. I I like a lot of the ending. I don't know that the middle is the show's best because um, a lot of the sideways universe is boring to me. On an intellectual level, yes, but on a realistic level, no. Like the on-island stuff leaves the show feeling like it's like spinning its frozen donkey wheels. Um, that said, you know, the show has to be good when its finale is like 10% clip show. I'm so glad we have a character at the heart of this, like Jack Shepard, like the guy who fucks up. He's a mess. He cries. He's like the real anti-Trumpian man. Um, but I relate to the show in a very personal way. Like I laughed at the show. I was intrigued by it. I was hurt. I found happiness with it. It made me believe in magic. Never made me regret that like other things have. Um, like some small way, perhaps I grew up with the show. Um, something about it I can't put my finger on, but I'm still drawn to. I'm still searching for uh, I was watching this finale last night, kind of like Faraday, watching that news report about the wreckage of Flight 815. My nurse was like, Marco, why are you crying? And I was like, I don't know. But still, like the meaning of it's there for me. So, yeah. You? Yeah. Uh, last season six. I don't think I've ever been as like emotionally connected to TV shows characters as I have been with Lost. They don't even really feel like characters. I feel like real people that you've known for ages. Uh, it's probably why I can excuse some of the parts of season six plot that don't work as well as in other seasons. Um, mm-hmm. It's just kind of like, whatever. I, I just want to spend time with these guys. I think this is also why I enjoy the sideways universe stuff more than maybe some people do. It's just mm-hmm. nice to see of all our friends get like a second chance at life in this more ideal situation. I've definitely got some issues with the kind of heavy handed religiosity at the, of the ending there. Um, but I think mm-hmm. the finale is it's so emotionally satisfying in, in other ways that I can give it a pass. Um, Ultimately, I think this is a show that loved its characters more than the mystery it was telling. And I think they made the right move to lean on that in the end. Uh, I know there are people who are like, oh, I can't believe I wasted six years of my life watching that show. And I just over here like, I'm so happy that I had this show for six years. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, well, flawed, flawed, but still beloved. There are elements of the finale where it's like two characters who haven't had scenes together in a while come into a room and they both remember like the show and it's like, I don't know, like I'm just smiling, you know, like I'm so happy. Like it's other shows. I feel like I have to work way too hard just to be pleased of how good they are. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. 
Yeah. Um, did you watch LAX? I did. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was the only other one I think I watched in full. I went and read the wikis or some of the other stuff. I mean, we didn't, there's like this whole section about Widmore that we just kind of skipped over and what we watched, which I'm okay with. Like, and yet we still got Zoe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know, like poor man's Tina Fey there. Yeah. Was this, uh, was this around, uh, Sarah Palin times? <laughs> well, Palin was 2008. So yeah, I mean, this was 2010. We're actually, we're a couple weeks away from the 10 year anniversary of this episode, the, the, the finale there. Hmm. Yeah, LAX, I don't know. It just it it's it's a lot better than I remembered it being. Um like I, the way it sets up the sideways universe and the on island stuff, I really enjoyed. I mean, I've got a couple notes for LAX if you want to get into that a little deeper. Yeah, because yeah, I, I found myself I couldn't help writing down a couple of things. Mm-hmm. So um I mean, just right off the bat, like start strong. Jack has a meet cute with Desmond. He gets to relive his chat with Rose where they're holding hands. I love that she's just like, you can let go now. Yeah, I don't totally love what they do with Desmond in the Sideways universe. As like the the courier to like bring them all. He to... just that his character's weird because he's just like running around like trying to like murder the losties to like wake them up. I don't know. It's like and it's very inscrutable for most of it. Yeah, yeah. I can't remember because again, skipping around in, in our watching order of the season, like I can't remember how much Penny shows up before the finale, if at all. In yeah, the, uh, not in the stuff we watch, that's for sure. Yeah, it's a crazy fucking CGI shot. Like where we, at the very beginning, we're like we the camera goes <laughs> over Jack's shoulder, out the plane window, down through the clouds, down under the water to the submerged island. Like we get like the greatest hits of lost shit. We see the Dharma village, we see the Dharma shark, we see the four toed statues all underwater. I, mean, I just remember being like, what the fuck? I guess that's maybe one of my issues with where they ultimately end in, at the end of the series is that I think the Sideways universe is more interesting as like an alternate timeline than this sort of purgatory-ish, you know, plane of existence. Like I, I was reading somewhere, they're basically like, even though even though the, they, they're all alive on the island, the island is not literally a purgatory it's metaphorically purgatory and so you don't really need to do it twice yeah which i think is a valid criticism of where they end up there well and i think that this submerged shot really is keying you into the start of thinking that it's it is a an alternate universe and then you're like trying to do the math of what had to change with the incident in uh, 77 where like Hurley's happy and like Sawyer becomes a cop, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, Kate ends up pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. A couple of moments from LAX. I like there's a, a bit where it's, they, they call for a doctor on the airplane because they're having some trouble. It turns out with Charlie in the bathroom there. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's as Jack is like talking to the, the flight attendants and whatnot. And they're like, oh, we can't get in. Like the door's locked. He's been in there for half an <laughs> hour. And then Saeed is just like, excuse me, can I be of assistance? And he just kicks the door open. It's that sneakers moment. It's totally out of nowhere. Like, uh-huh, it's uh-huh, like he just uh-huh, walks uh-huh. up and kicks this door sure. open. And it's just like, very well. <laughs> and then Jack fingers Charlie's throat. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I, I am fascinated the idea that the 
finale, parts of the finale or the sideways universe take place like immediately after the final moments of the finale, if that makes sense. It's like this kind of weird recursive purgatory loop. Um, you get one side of that, of that great goodbye between Sawyer and Juliet, which is also like their hello. And the other side. Mm-hmm. Which, I don't know, we'll, we'll get to that later when we get to the end. But I, I feel like, I know they didn't, ch- I'm, I'm positive they didn't like change their mind halfway through writing the season, but it kind of feels like they did. Uh, in what way? What do you think the original thought was? I think they were doing a more of a two timelines thing. Mm. Uh, like either, but ultimately it, it was like that was just a red herring. Because you remember the last season ended with them exploding mm-hmm. a nuclear bomb to kind of reset the timeline, and that seems to have happened. And we're watching two different timelines here, but then it's like, aha, fooled you. One of the, and one of these, they're actually dead. When, and if I remember correctly, was there not a much talked about deleted scene from season six where Faraday's talking about alternate timelines, like two two streams that eventually will reconnect? Yeah, and I think in some of the episodes we didn't watch, there's more stuff with like Eloise Hawking and Faraday, like getting more into all of that. And it went, and I, it's like, is that, I guess, just a red herring to throw people off? Yeah. Um, another moment, I don't know. Like, it, it, I don't know if it really works later in the season, but I did enjoy it at LAX that Terry O'Quinn gets to start really like vamping as the villain of the piece. I kind of found it a little bit on scrumptious. Lock. He's just like, man, that guy Locke, he sucked. Well, even at one point, he start, He seems like he's going to relent and actually pay Locke a compliment. And he's instead, it's like one of those things where it's like, it's almost admirable how stupid he was. Mm-hmm. <laughs> ben is like, fuck. So pathetic, yeah. Um, yeah. One of my other favorite moments is uh, when the man in black finally like exits the, the little statue foot area there. Yes. He comes out and he says, hello, Richard. It's good to see you out of those chains, which is, we get a great callback to. And then he like he turns everyone else and he's just like, kind of like angrily points at them and shouts, I am very disappointed in all of you. <laughs> um, an element that I think doesn't really work out, and we'll talk a little bit in our episodes, the Temple Others, also the fact that none of them wear shoes. No thank you. Well, they also, no thank you. we've seen our normal Others, they have their Dharmaville, you know, outfits, but they also have their like in the jungle outfits. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those aren't the same. Like the the style is different. What they're wearing at the temple, yeah. And it, it there's it, just it's weird. Like no it, way. it doesn't feel like they're the same others. I think. Is, yeah, there's is no way. Strange. Dogen reports to Ben. Well, and like fucking Lennon. God, that guy yeah. sucked. And yeah. like, first of all, like I, I I resent them like trying to put like Lennon in the same category as like these other like name drops of like philosophers. That mm-hmm. run throughout the show, you know, or like scientists, like you can't have your Rousseau's and your John Locke's and your Hawking's and then be like John Lennon too. I mean, honestly, I would. I don't know. There's there's a lot of pop artists that I would have preferred. I mean, don't oh, you're gonna have I'm a guy a, named I'm like Warhol, yeah, yeah. I, like I'm a Lennon fan, but like, yeah, I think I would have performed preferred if it was Warhol. <laughs> but imagine, like, okay. imagine that it was Warhol and the dude is like an albino with like a shock of white hair. You know, it's just like. It's too on the nose. Like Lennon, not only is he his name's Lennon, but he's essentially dressed to look like hippie John yeah. Lennon. Yeah. Like, well, like he's like Lennon cosplaying, like yeah. hippie cosplaying. It's like, what are you doing? Um, though, though Dogen, played by the masterful Hiroki Sonata, um, 
I just love that like he makes Lennon translate for him because he doesn't like the way English tastes in his tongue. Yeah. And I really like Dogen as a character is stupid, but like Hiroki Sonata, Hiroki Sonata is just like elevating that. Like he's doing everything mm-hmm. he can to make that character more interesting than he actually is. Well, and you love it when he even shows up briefly in the sideways universe. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's all the actor um, there. Yeah. Uh, just like the start of last season, there's a lot of parallels between the beginning of the season, the end of the season to the beginning and end of last season. Like they spent a significant amount of time of Saeed being like weekend at Bernie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's, it's, it was maybe Andrews like I will be on set but very low energy like 10% energy <laughs> they right around that fully run out of things to do with Saeed really at this point <laughs> just gonna have him be dead for a while mm-hmm. uh, uh, let's see a couple other moments here oh I, I, I did like when Jack meets Locke towards the end and it's like it, something feels poetic about him finally learning in the sideways universe, at least that Locke was paralyzed and like wanting to fix him. It's like, it's amazing that that never came up in the main timeline because mm-hmm. it's such a perfect, you know, those characters have always been so connected anyways. And, you know, I, I feel like that would inter- interest uh, Jack to no end to learn that Locke was in a wheelchair, but he never finds it out. Yeah. Something to fix. Mm-hmm. I can I say like some of the stuff in the sideways of Jack and Locke when the show was first on, I don't know that I responded to. I mean, I did definitely get their ending, but like throughout the season, rewatching a little bit for this, I really loved every little moment these two guys had together. Yeah, it feels like a nice compliment. Um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I if, if they had just said it was an alternate timeline, I feel like at least I would have enjoyed it more, but we'll get to that later. Um, I mean, just to have Locke, like his whole philosophical, kind of sort of philosophical bent, like make much more sense. Like they didn't lose your father. Uh-huh. They lost his body. And like Jack's just like, huh? Yeah, that makes that makes a good point or whatever. And it's just like that would have never happened on the island. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we ready to talk about the lighthouse? Yeah. Uh, so Sorry. let's just say pre- previously to this, previously on Lost. The temple others want to kill Saeed because he's evil Saeed now. Mac from It's Always Sunny has returned. And Claire is back. And you know she stinks. Yeah, she's got a rat's nest for her. Yeah, Saeed, like, literally died. They, like, drowned him in the mysterious temple spring. And then, like, an hour later, he arose. And no, it's many hours out. later. Sure. I, yeah, longer than is humanly possible. Let's put it that way. Which, can you imagine if Saeed came back and he's just like, everyone, Saeed's back. But he's got massive brain damage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> now he's just like the rest of us <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so yeah uh, the lighthouse episode 605 this is a jack episode i've got so i i forced myself to go rank a top three moments for each of these and then i've just got like other kind of moments and observations and whatnot for each episode because i've got seven so yeah. how do you want how do you want to start let's let's do our top three and then we can talk about the rest Okay, let me scroll, let me scroll, let me scroll. Um, my number three is Jack, and I tried to kind of rank these a little bit, um, but Jack and Hurley discovering the remains of Adam and Eve, which we'll find out, are the man in black and his mama. Um, well, they but, discover them. They, they, they yeah, already always them. known they were there, yeah. Yeah, from like, from like uh, I don't remember what number, but it's season it's one. Like, yeah, 107 uh, or something like that. But right before that, Hurley is asking what happened if Jack and Kate off the island. 
And then Hurley's just like, I figured you two would have been married and have kids. You'd be a great dad. And Jack is just like, I'd be a terrible father. <laughs> yeah, my number three is uh, when Jack is uh, with his mom and his mom in, in the Sideways universe. His mom asks him if he'd like a drink. Uh, and he says no. And she says, good for you. um my number two is jack in the lighthouse and he just starts flipping out and smashing shit (laughs) (laughs) so the numbers are not the valenzetti equation they are their numbers on the list they're both yeah 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 but for the for i mean the show has never said the words valenzetti equation no but i feel like it's canon enough like that's the reason the dharma initiative was started I don't know. Do we want to go into the whole Valenzetti equation thing? Well, I mean, I think I think the reason the Valenzetti equation works is because we're saying that cosmically these people grouped by Jacob have have purpose or whatever, right? Well, so the kind of like background lore that you get from like other, you know, Batman. like mobile the Mobisodes and the you know the the lost experience like game they have and you know, like other stuff, not the show itself. But it was like after the Cuban Missile Crisis, the UN like had like a secret, you know, conclave or whatever. The scientists where they like figured out that the world was going to end, or that that like certain variables would cause the world to end, and then they like somehow they like uh, kind of got them down to just numbers, like you know, four, eight, fifteen, sixteen, twenty-three, and forty-two were these variables in the Valenzetti equation that would predict when the world would end, and the Dharma Initiative was started to research how to like change those variables to stop the world from ending. But it makes sense. I think it's a little thing that you don't think about. It's not spell it too, too wildly, but it helps that Hurley is the one who sees the numbers. Yeah. Hurley ends up the numbers for Hurley. You don't necessarily need to know what they mean for them to be relevant to Hurley, you know? Yeah. But I mean, it, it, it would make less sense of, Neil Froger, yeah, saw yeah. the numbers. Like that was his fun little backstory. Yeah. Um, so number two, I've just got Claire's like weird fake baby. <laughs> yes. It's like some weird little dinosaur baby thing. Oh fuck! It's like it's like straight out of a fucking horror movie. Is it supposed like, to look uh, a little bit like Tower? It? I don't know. I feel like uh, like like Jason Blum would love to do a movie about her fucking weird baby. <laughs> I just love in one of the other episodes where she's like, how dare you? It's all I have. <laughs> oh, well, now now Kate feels bad about making fun of your fake baby. Uh, <laughs> my number one moment is just Jacob's assessment of Jack at the end. Sometimes you just need to sit and stare at the ocean so you can figure out what you have to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my number one is just the lighthouse in general, you know, seeing the way the mirrors work and how they allow you to like see things off the island and all the, all the people on the degrees of the thing. I don't know. All that I dug. It's like, we don't need this explained. Mm-hmm. It just, it is. Jack's is, immediately going to break it. So we don't have to explain it further. Yeah. I I feel like uh end of the season, Hurley's like, you know, I could have fucking used that thing. Yeah. It would have been a Jack. little bit helpful. I don't Although, know. How like how, Somebody, yeah, somebody made that lighthouse originally. So, yeah. Which I don't know if that really could be Jacob. Because Jacob, you know, I don't know that Jacob can read. 
I don't know that Jacob is improved by getting to know him more. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Like, I don't, I mean, obviously it's not like he went to a normal school, but like Jacob probably can't do basic math. I don't see him figuring out latitude and longitude of like cosmic viewing of people. Maybe it's just somehow inherent in, in being him. Yeah. I mean, across the sea bothered me more this time. Than it <laughs> yeah, it did. It for sure did. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I got a couple other details I want to talk about from the lighthouse. Uh, yeah, I've got more moments too. Just to start, Matthew Fox is fucking cut in this episode when he's yeah. like, he's got like his like unbuttoned shirt on, and you just see these like bulging like I don't even know what kind of muscles those are deltoids maybe I'm probably wrong, but it was like kind of like uh, just above the hip muscles. Mm-hmm. He notices he has a scar there. So uh, you got Matthew Fox's like physique here. And then you've got Matthew Fox's physique and Alex Cross. <laughs> His physique and Alex Cross is actually kind of scary. Well, he went on like that. It looks like he went on like that Madonna like torture diet. He was, was also probably doing the thing where like he just like drinks nothing but like diuretics for three days straight or something. Yeah. To, like, yeah, his veins are all bulging out. Imagine if he's doing that like while doing this show and it's just like mm-hmm. when he's not filming like Matthew Fox, it's just like running his lines in a diaper. <laughs> Jack, why'd you come back? Because early, I was high. Oh, he's, um, he's got a little incline exercise in his room, like I do. His room, I, I think it's supposed to be an apartment that he's in. It really looks like they're shooting in a hotel. I think this is the same house that he's in, roughly with Kate when he makes her breakfast. Because later, when is it? When the when they has breakfast with David and Claire in a later episode, I believe it's the same dining room. It could be the same set. I guess like when he's in his bedroom, it looks like a hotel. There's just like a big sliding door and a balcony outside. Well, and like, like David's room does not look like a human being lives there. Yeah. Which David's not a human being. What the <laughs> fuck is that kid? But like you yeah, that's my son, big Jack. That's my big question about the finale. But uh we see Jack of his kid, who's the kid from 13 Reasons Why, or grow up to be that kid. Um, Jack is the kind of lame dad who apparently only sees his kid once a month. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he sees his kid as like a Walkman or whatever. And I love that he's like, hey, what are you listening to? And the kid immediately is like, you haven't heard of them. I feel like Jack needs to come back and be like, excuse me, I listen to the Pixies. <laughs> yes, what lame sure. shit are you listening to? Fucking normie. <laughs> <laughs> Slap it out of his hand. And find out that he's listening to Avril Lavigne. Yeah. yeah. Um, and of course, Sideways Jack goes to his son's recital or whatever. And there's Sideways Dogen. Like, uh, your son is a gift. How long has he been playing? And Jack's like, um, a while. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And he just strolls out. <laughs> but like later, the kid is like, you used to sit and watch me practice. You were so into it. <laughs> <laughs> I really wanted Jack to be like, uh, I'm sorry I creeped you out so much, son. I'm sorry I cared. <laughs> ah! I feel like there's probably some sort of metaphor uh, suggested by Miles and Hurley playing tic-tac-toe at the temple. Mm. Mm. I mean, can you even imagine Jack and Juliet's marriage? <laughs> uh. I mean, I, they're both doctors. So I, could, I guess I could kind of see it. I feel like they, they well, hmm, I was going to say they probably got married quickly, but they're two like waspy people. That would have been like a long engagement with like a huge wedding probably, you know. I, but like if you told me that they were only married for a year, I'd believe. Yeah, it. yeah, for sure. Um, 
I like it. Jacob's like, Hurley, I want you to take Jack on a special mission. And like Hurley's like, you better give me advice on how to do that then. And I love that he's got this like activating phrase for Jack, which is you have what it takes. Yeah. Yeah, tell him he has what it takes. And as soon as Jack hears that, he's like, what? Take me to this person. But I feel like I don't want to hear that. Like, hey, if you tell your friend this, I'll do whatever you want. I'd be like, I don't want that to be what I heard. <laughs> That feels creepy that I know that this is what activates them. What I do feel like Jack in this episode is gaining the catharsis he's kind of been searching for the entire show where he he acknowledges himself. He's like, oh, I came back to the island because I was broken. You know, it's like he's finally able to acknowledge that to himself or before he I feel like he never would. I think also. Jacob knows that before this is all said and done. Jack is going to need to have a couple freaks out freakouts. Mm-hmm. Like if we save up all his freakouts to the end, this is not going to go well. So let's let him like you know blow his load a few times, including on this poor lighthouse. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and of course the the classic, like you said, as they're strolling through the jungle, and Hurley's like, "Why'd you even come back, Jack?" And Jack's like, "Because I was fucking high." <laughs> We got Claire and uh, Son in this and like the other random other guy who she eventually buries an axe in. Yeah, hardcore. Um, you know, I think Claire is a character where there's a lot of balls in the air of various characters and maybe this one got dropped. Um, I, I feel like at no point in season four did we get, well, maybe after like the first episode, we didn't get a lot of like Claire being broken up over Charlie's death. And they... They absolutely play her season six thing as like the loss of her child is what drove her nuts and turned her into even crazier Rousseau. Like that and the anger being left behind. But not the grief over Charlie at all. Which is odd. I mean, it is Charlie, so I understand. But um, true, true. you would think that would be an easy dramatic point to work from. And I'm not saying that Charlie should be more important to Claire than her child. Or that she was left behind by these people? Not at all. Well, but like or that she was manipulated by this ghost? Considering the fact that it seems like they have trouble coming up with things for Claire to do, yeah. you'd be like, well, she's grieving over Charlie. I can get like a half season out of that. you know? Yeah, I mean, you just think that it would, it would come up in like the litany of things that like broke Claire. But especially since we're going to be told that they're soulmates later. Well, I mean, yeah. There's some soulmates that we we hear about in the finale that don't exactly check out. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's one pairing of one of my favorite characters that just, <laughs> I don't think makes sense. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, do you want to move on to sundown? Yeah. What a great title. Sundown, the sixth episode right after the lighthouse. Uh, all right. uh I've got three here. I was, I was going to say, you have to go in this episode buying the fact that the others have a torture machine that can also tell you if a person is calibrated towards good or evil or something. Might be a little too on the nose. Yeah. Let me scroll here. I have eight total. So my, my number three moment is got to be Claire in the Buffalo Bill pit where she's like pouty glaring up at Kate and just being bananas. <laughs> Like uh, I noticed in the finale or the episode before the finale, a lot of Claire's other intense emotions really come from a place of like initially just pouting. Yeah. Yeah. She does a lot of that this season. Uh, my number three is when Saeed kills Dogen and then Lennon, especially Lennon. 
Mm. But like he like he does this like flying body slam with Dogen into the water to drown him. And then fucking Lennon. It was just so satisfying to see that guy get it. You're like, yeah, fuck off, man. You suck. Yeah. Uh, my number two is, again, this is all actor. Dogen's origin story. Like the character equates to not much, but I love this actor. And then Saeed straight up murders him for fun. I mean, mm-hmm. flying body slam into the water, you don't need to do that. They you clearly want air, to do that. Dude. They get serious air yeah. on that body slam. I mean, can you imagine blocking out that scene and Saeed or like Naveen Andrews is just like, what if we just jump as high as we can? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dogen's backstory is essentially he got in a car accident because he was drunk. His kid was going to die. And so like he agreed to come to the island if it would save his kid. Yeah. And Jacob was involved in that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also, there's like a, a Ben Cisco baseball that like as long as it doesn't touch yeah. the ground. Yeah. It's like there's you've got something that could be really interesting here. <laughs> uh, what's your number two? Or did you already go? It was it was Dogen. Dogen story. OK. Uh, yeah. My number two is Saeed. Just kind of the the state that he's in where he's just like the only thing I ever wanted died in my arms. He's just thoroughly broken at this point. Yeah. And yet, when he has a chance at eternal happiness, that's not what he's after. Or, well, I guess it's unspoken what that thing is. Right? Do you mean in the sideways universe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're led to believe that it's Nadia here, but it it maybe isn't. I think what we're supposed to get in the sideways universe is that it would never work out long term between Saeed and Nadia. I think mm. that's what they're going for. I don't mm. know. Yeah. I, well, I like the, the nature of the sideways universe is, but you get to try, yeah. Jack and Juliet. Uh, my number one is Kate diving into Claire's pit to escape the monster as it just rages over them concurrently with Ben going to Saeed, who's just having a sit by a pool full of bodies. And Come on, Saeed. I know a way out of here. There's still time. And Saeed, maniacal as fuck, is like, not for me. <laughs> and Ben is just like, oh, fuck. I better get out of here before he kills me. Well, like, more so than ever before, I believe Benjamin Linus just shit his pants. Seriously. Seriously, yeah. Um, speaking of Spoke Monster, is it me or is it... It started out in this show, like, very, very dark, almost completely black. And it's, like, gotten a little bit lighter as the show's gone on. It's more of yeah. a dark gray now. Yeah, I think I, think I liked so. it more, dark, like, the dark black. Yeah. Uh, my number one, as you mentioned, Dogen's story there, just the, the idea that everyone on the island is lost. I'm always mm-hmm. a sucker for that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, elsewhere in the episode, I mean, what do we, what do we learn Kimi. here? Oh, Kimi's- fucking Kimi in the Sideways universe also still sucks. Really great eggs. Yeah. I I put Kimi on my list. He's my number eight moment. The reason why is you've seen this scene a hundred thousand times. But I just want to know, before the guys go and collect Saeed, is Kimi like, all right, let's rehearse. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to bring him in. I'm going to do this whole monologue on eggs. Yeah. <laughs> going to fake him out, fuck up his mind a little bit. You guys are going to play along. I mean, like, how does this fucking it's like, work? This is my power move. I'm going to pretend like, like I'm just like, you know, making making some eggs and doing some cooking. Yeah. Because it's going to freak him out because I seem so casual, but he knows he's a danger. He knows he's dangerous because, I mean, seriously, look at me. Mm-hmm. I'm not a banker. <laughs> I'm a fucking creep. Yeah, I mean, like, I would think in real life henchmen would fuck this up all the time. I would just be worried, like, that I was going to burn the eggs or something. 
Yeah. Oh yeah, you're working on your speech. You're working on your weird facial like, expressions. Oh, fuck. Hold on a second. I just broke the yoke. God damn it. Just gonna start over again. Mm-hmm. He just can you take him out and then just bring him back in, in like five. We're gonna minutes? Saeed, let's it's a do over, okay? Yeah. You know how that works? It's a do over. <laughs> just say he just murders all those dudes. It's great. Um my number seven moment is sideways Saeed comes back into town hardcore lusting after his brother's wife. Seriously, being out man. of being outed by the kids who were like, Mommy, Uncle Saeed has a picture of you in a spank bank. <laughs> Well, in the show, like they established that, like, okay, the brother's kind of a scumbag and he's like in with the sharks. So you're kind of cool with him lusting after his brother's wife. You're like, nah, it's cool. Well, like that scene ends with like Omar or Umar has like absolutely realized what's going on. And then later he's like, say it's no big deal. Meanwhile, the money that I owe. Yeah. Well, he essentially says like, I. I know how you into my wife you are. So like you could really help us out here. You care about her, don't yeah. you? I mean, it's essentially prostituting her to Saeed in a way. Emotionally. Yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, you mentioned Dogen's machine that measures good and evil. It's, it's something I, I don't know if maybe that's too on the nose or not. A lot of the stuff at the temple maybe feels a little too on the nose. It, it reminds me if it's like the same technology as, whatever the fucking things they have in princess bride. You know what I mean? Yeah. They can like, it's mostly dead. <laughs> it's not all the way dead. I would have actually like preferred that where it's like, there's some sort of like bar that you raise and then like a water starts slowing down a, a thing and turning a wheel. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love when Kate comes back to the temple, which I love that the oceanic 18 folks are just, they found the temple and they're just coming and going as they fucking please. So she finds Miles, and the first thing he says is, oh, so Sawyer dumped your ass too, huh? <laughs> Burn. Um, another moment I like this episode is when Saeed goes to stab the man in black, and we get oh, that yeah. whole conversation, which will be like called back to in uh, Avaterno. The past. Yeah. yeah. Um, which is weird to have it be Dogen here. I don't know what that's supposed to mean, I guess. It's like irony, I suppose. Yeah, that that Jacob found out like what the man in black said to Richard. And so, like, I don't know. He told that to Dogen at some point because it's clearly not the like you can't kill the man in black that way. So regardless if he says it or not. Yeah. I don't know. Um, It's like a test of loyalty or something. Yeah. Uh, Also, Dogen versus Saeed at the start of the episode, which I mean, you have a literal Ronin samurai versus a ninja fight here. Pretty good fight. Um, then and then just just again this actor like, like Dogen's like really like talking at the man in black like, he is evil incarnate and so it's like and you want me to speak to him no I want you to kill him <laughs> uh, and then just like he makes every line like sound more epic he will come to you as someone you know someone who has died oh and he's like getting the special box it's like hidden inside of a plant and. He opens it up. And there's like this dagger and you might be fooled into thinking like this is just next level lore that we're like getting, but it, it's mm-hmm. really kind of comes to nothing. <laughs> yeah. It's just like, it's all like a big ruse, I guess. Yeah. It's not like he has a special Sif wayfinder dagger or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like, oh, this is like the blessed dagger or whatever that can damage the man in black. It's just a dagger. <laughs> I mean, watching this, I was 
this is where I started to think, well, maybe the sideways interesting is a lot more interesting, or sideways universe is a lot more interesting than I thought. Because like Saeed dies, he's gone in the afterlife. The only thing he wants is to be with Nadia. He doesn't feel he deserves her. So he's entered this kind of Buddhist fantasy zone to try and like unfuck his karma. Um, and then I was like, does the is the ending supposed to be that Saeed can't be perfect, so he needs to settle, and that settling is Shannon? I <laughs> I, I don't know. I pretty much interpret all this not as being some sort of purgatory, but just like a timeline where it's it's like as good as it can get for you know, like for each of these characters. It's not like a a heaven type existence for them, no. but it's like it's a second chance where they can, you know, right wrongs and you know, have a have another opportunity in life. It's not dissimilar from from being in the machine at the end of devs. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But what was interesting about that to me was, wasn't there something in devs where he's like, like I've recreated like an infinite amount of us. And like you and I are in this blissful version and like, well, this is other versions. This of us is are the like version the that it worked out as, as good as it could, you know, as best as possible, I guess, which is how I kind of interpret the sideways universe is something more like that. I know we're not there, but let me just say this before I forget. Like, like so Ben's sticking behind to continue to work on his shit. Does that mean that the rest of the Sideways universe has to contend with the fact that, like, there's been 30 people and unexplained disappearances? Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's, uh, do you have any more for 606? Yeah, I'm done there. Okay, so 608 Recon. This the, is a James Ford episode, right? Yeah, the Hulu plot description for this episode is just, Lock assigns Sawyer a mission. Yeah. All right. I feel like it yeah, could also Zoe. just be like Sora gets it wet. Yeah. Yeah. From a number of uh, bad habits. Yeah. All redheads. Uh, this episode is maybe not great. I think I like this episode. Okay. I don't know. I, I, I'm not really thinking. I think mostly sideways universe stuff, which I, I think I probably sounds like enjoy more than you. Like I wasn't as into the stuff happening on the island as I was in the sideways universe. It, it depends on the characters and the certain storylines. Like I said, I I feel bad saying this, but I've never never identified with the Kate Claire Aaron stuff as much. And I think by we this also point, didn't watch those episodes. True, but I mean in general on the show. Um, and I and I I think at a certain point in the show, I was like over what Kate did or what Kate's going to do or what have you. Mm-hmm. So, but like stuff of like Detective Detective Ford, I enjoyed a lot more. Um, I would watch this show. This was like the pilot to his detective show. Lafleur, yeah, it fucking rules, yeah. man. Um, and then, like, do you remember someone did the thing where it's like the like big capital L A. Fleur, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah, that would have been an amazing show that I definitely would have watched two hundred episodes of. Because my number three, not so much a moment, but just a concept. It's Lafleur and Miles. They're just a couple of hot cops working vice. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll take. Look, I'm not an unreasonable man. Okay. Bare minimum, I'll take 15 seasons on CBS. And you could do the crossover between Lafleur and like whatever show Lapidus is on. Oh yes, like I could whatever totally, show. Yeah, it's like for whatever reason, LA Vice has to go visit some island somewhere. It's like a little crossover two-parter. Yes, yes. That uh, that inevitable. I feel like any CBS show, especially something featuring Mark Harmon, probably mm-hmm. does the episode where like his like latest girlfriend gets killed, so he goes on a vacation to like. Like cliffhanger. Out oh, of sure. His, there uh, you go. 
his demons. And it's like, then he has to like solve a, a mystery there. And it's like, I got it still. Yeah. My number three moment, it's, uh, like you said, it's not even so much a moment. It's a concept. It's Charlotte's eyes. They are thirst lasers <laughs> boring into sideways Sawyer. Like he's a hunk of rock that she's going to whittle down and fuck the shit out of. I mean, I liked it at dinner. She's giving him a look and he's like, what? And she's like, you know what? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. <laughs> They're all horny on main in this episode. I mean, LaFleur is part of like whatever, I guess he's vice. I don't know. You know, whatever James Ford is doing as a detective, it requires him to actually have sex with this woman as part of like the sting. Yes. Yes. But also, he's wearing a wire or there's a wire in that room somewhere they have all heard him fucking (laughs) yeah they they just had to sit there for like 45 minutes or something like i feel like her attorney her attorney is gonna have a field day with that recording what is that shot of him like just like bare-chested and like slick and oiled up like putting on his uh badge that's like classic lafleur lafleur right there there's a, I'm reminded, there's a moment I just watched the episode of Community where Britta first starts dating Subway. And like the, the executive from Subway is like listening to the recording of them having sex. And he does this whole thing where he's just like, can someone hand me my jacket over there on the thing? And they're like, well, why don't you just get up and get it since you're walking out? And he's like, can someone just hand me my jacket? I don't even remember that, that was a plot line. What season was that? <laughs> season three. Okay. And then finally he's like, fine, I'm not leaving. I'm just going to sit here for a while. Well, like later on, Miles comes in at the police station, and he even he even he's got like the top two buttons undone. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on with these cops? Oh, he would be such a good, like, I don't even know who else, like whatever other role in the police department they have, and like a Hawaii Five O, whatever bullshit shows are doing now. Like somehow that fucking MacGyver reboot is still going, and it's got Desmond on it. It is. Now. It's still going somehow, but like. Like Miles and and James Ford here, what a perfect like tag team! It's like, you know, they're working Vice. Clearly, they don't play by the rules, but they get results. Miles is a little bit more the by the book guy. So there's the, the, some trivia that I remember, and I could be misremembering this, is I believe that right after Lost ended, some network was trying to do a reboot of the Rockford Files with mm-hmm. either Dylan McDermott or the other one. The don't Dermot Mulroney, one of those two, yeah. and it, the pilot was bad, and so supposedly they were like, "What if we just reshot the exact same script, but with uh, Josh Holloway?" And then I remember people thinking, thinking that was a slam dunk, but I don't think they ended up doing it, so they didn't go off with the show. Yeah, but yeah, I don't, just make I don't know what, Yeah, I don't know what like alien show he's on with the woman from Prison Break now, but Josh Holloway should be a a. a TV cop, like more so than Boreanaz for sure. Just Ford and Miles, LA Vice cops. Like I feel like that's that show writes itself pretty much. Yeah, yeah. That would be that would be crazy if they just did that as an actual spinoff of Lost. Like Sawyer's just like constantly betting redheads who, mm-hmm. who like might be like Miles's cousin or something. They're his wife's friends. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You like that as like a kind of almost Twin Peaks esque recurring motif is that all of Sawyer's one night stands are redheads? Yes. <laughs> is his mother is his dead mother that he's trying to avenge? Was she also a redhead? Yes. Obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm into the show more and more as we talk about it. Who's the captain? That's the deal breaker. 
Uh, I guess it can't be Pierre Chang, right? Because he's some sort of he runs a museum. museum uh, yeah, like um, paleontologist oh, or something like that. He um, would be so good as just being like, "Get out of my office, you knuckleheads! You oh, wrecked twenty cars. Get the mayor up my ass." I guess the question is: Are we looking for a captain from among the cast of Lost, or are we looking outside? Um, probably would be better if it was from among the cast. That'd be I mean, easier. It, it to could be like right? Richard Alpert. Oh, you don't think Richard Alpert is like the uh, like the slick DA they have to? Uh, he's already been like the mayor of Gotham. True. I mean, I don't know. Richard Alpert, I mean, Tom Friendly, I guess, if you want, like, just your big imposing captain. Um, Listen here, Ford. I don't get up from like, behind this desk. It's it's He's already played the role, but it, it could just be, you know, Lance Reddick, Matthew Abaddon. Oh, yeah. That's a little too close to the wire, but still. <laughs> but I like, I like the idea of, of the LaFleur character constantly, like, calling people by uh, pop culture nicknames that are, like, 20 years out of date, like mm-hmm. Enos. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think Miles even gets that. He's just like, <laughs> I'm going to go with it. Way to go, Gilligan. <laughs> what you doing here, Gidget? But yeah, um, I guess we should get Gilligan on to number, number two. two. <laughs> <laughs> this might be a long one. I just remember even when this show aired, everyone was just like, holy shit, LaFleur, the TV show, it's awesome. Because they, they have yeah. great chemistry together. Like, it, you could totally see these guys in a buddy cop movie. Uh, oh, yeah. My number two, small thing, but just, like, the car crash. Or, like, having that conversation in the car. And then just, like, Kate rams into the back of their car. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty good little jump scare. Yeah. Um. So, my number two is Kate's talking to Syed at one point, And she's like, are you okay? And he's like, nope. And then Claire, like, suddenly, like, grabs her from behind and tries to slit her throat. And Saeed's gone just insane enough that he's just like watching her dispassionately, like not helping her. That's like his energy that whole season. Yeah. Just yeah. being weird and crazy. And then fake lock grabs Claire off of her and smacks her across the face. Yeah. Not cool, man. Black. I was like, wow, you're fucking canceled. Yeah. Uh, let's see. My number one is just when Claire, after that attack encounter, she comes back later and apologizes. I thought that was a good moment between Kate and Claire. I like that every time Kate sees her after she flinches. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you about to do to me? Oh, you're apologizing? I mean, that's, that's even creepier. Probably, like, one of the closest moments Kate's had to dying on the island, I guess. Yeah, maybe. Um, I've always liked this moment, but uh, my number one is Fake Lock takes Kate to the beach. You know, talks about his growing pains as a boy, growing up with a crazy mother. And Kate's like, why are you telling me this? And he's like, because now Aaron has a crazy mother, too. <laughs> Always like that. Yeah, I like how um, as soon as Sawyer starts asking questions, intentionally or not, the man of black immediately, like, sends him away. He's just yeah. like, well, James, if you'd, you know, be patient, I would explain it to you. But fine, I'll tell you now. Uh, blah, blah, blah. Here's a little bit of information. Now go away. <laughs> Get away from my group. I wish you hadn't said that in front of everyone else. Mm-hmm. It's like he's like also kind of bound by a little bit of how Locke would have done things, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and maybe also partially bound by uh, the writers of the show being as inscrutable as ever. True, true, true. Um, uh, my number eight moment was going to be Sawyer meets old Charles Widmore, which I only put on this list because. 
they don't do anything with the fact that last season Sawyer met young Charles Whitmore, yeah. who wanted to cut off his hand. I don't know. Did it seem like ultimately they didn't have a ton to do with Whitmore? Like no, I, I just feel like not. he just kind of like he dies, and it's such like a nothing moment. You're just like, oh, I guess that was the end of Whitmore. Like he was yeah. more he was more interesting as like a name and like a presence in Desmond's life than like a villain on the island. Well, it's like I don't know. I'm always fascinated when. They've set up that, like, this character has this epic dynamic of this other character. Mm-hmm. But they've also got this pretty epic dynamic of another character. Yeah. And then it's like at some point they have to win out. So it's like, was it going to be a Desmond thing or was it going to be a, a Linus thing? Mm-hmm. I think the Linus thing is less, the audience has less of a connection to that. Yeah. And yet that's the way they went. Yeah. Um, so this moment... Again, because we're, we're bound by how good the show would be. Sideways Sawyer is watching an episode of Little House on the Prairie while drinking five beers mm-hmm. and eating the tiniest TV dinner ever. Um, he seriously has four cans of beer and one bottle that he's finished. That's some bachelor living and, there. That's some Rick Dalton living. And that inspires him to try and go make up with Charlotte with a sunflower. And I love that she's just like, you've got to be kidding me. I feel like if he tried a little harder, he might have been able to pull that one out. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think he would he would have had to give something of himself there, maybe explain himself a little bit. And yeah. seemingly he was not interested in doing that. No, no. Um I like the part where he like cuts a deal first with uh Widmore and then he goes back and cuts one with the smoke monster as well. And it's like because we know he's a con man, we're kinda like wondering how is he going to play this? Yeah. Um my next moment, of course, is the crazy hybrid monster stuffed animal thing that Claire made since she didn't have her kid. It's like the body of a stuffed animal with an animal skull and like metal buttons for eyes. <laughs> and like Claire's like, or Kate's like, my God, she has gone fucking nuts. Kate's just like, um, what the fuck? Yeah. And then Claire's like, that's all I have. How dare you shame me? And then, of course, my next moment was the sideways scene of Detective Sawyer entrapping Jody Lynn O'Keefe of sex. What was she on? What was what was her like popular thing? She was in some '90s movie initially, I think, and then probably like got spat onto a bunch of shows that got canceled. Yeah, she looked familiar. Yeah, I think Jerry Lynn O'Keefe was probably neck and neck in a race with like Jordana Brewster for a while, and then Jordana Brewster somehow got washed away in the the Fast and Furious nonsense. Probably something faculty adjacent. Is where oh, she was in She's her. All That. Okay, that's what I remember. She was like the the mean girl, I think, in She's uh, All That. Don't worry about Matthew. Or was it? Do not worry it? about Paul Walker. That's right, Paul Walker. Isn't Matthew Lillard also in She's All That? Yeah, he's like he plays a puck a puck esque rea- uh, reality TV type character who I think had been dating the Joy Little Keith character and broke up with her. That's something, right. Something like that. Yeah. I've only seen half of that movie. Oh, I think she might have been in one of the girls. I think the one that gets killed in Halloween H2O. Okay. Yeah, I've only seen half of She's All That, which is oh. still crazy to me considering my yeah. love for Ray. Really then quick. she was on Nash Bridges for 122 episodes. Oof. Yeah. Which is a Carlton, Carlton Cuse show. Oh, that's probably why they had that connection, yeah. Yeah. Um. Oh, so yeah, again, all these moments tie back and how great the show would be. My next moment, my last moment, is Sideways Sawyer working on finding his parents' killer. So he's 
So he's lying about his trip to Australia. And Miles is like, well, get together, my friend, because you've got a date tonight. <laughs> like, even though Sawyer just fucked a criminal the night before, Miles is really worried that his partner's balls are too heavy. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you're Miles, you want that guy dating a friend of yours? I don't know. Maybe you're just hoping that, like, like his wife's friend. Sure, but I don't know. You're just like, man, my my partner needs to like settle down. You know, he he needs, you know, I don't know, whatever whatever's offered a relationship. I think it's probably maybe only like ten percent that, and it's probably like Miles is like, man, I can't stand my uh, going to dinner with my wife's friends. Ooh. But what if my partner was there too? I can see that he just like wants a wingman. Because he, uh, my last, uh, I was gonna say you you could imagine a world in which his wife is like, I don't really like that guy, but like if I can set this guy up with someone, then he's like acceptable. Doesn't like the mm-hmm. idea of him just being you know out there solo. I mean, I never understood why Danny Glover's wife tolerated yeah Mel Gibson's character. I can't remember which is Briggs, which is Murtaugh. Um, tolerated he's, he's Mel Riggs. Gibson. Okay, just like showing up for breakfast every morning. Mm-hmm. Um, my last note is just that uh, Sideway Sawyer is reading Watership Down and Wrinkle in Time, and Charlotte's a bit of a crazy snoop. I mean, he did tell her to look in that drawer. Oh. I just like that uh, uh, she's like, wow, the guy I fucked. This has got a lot of children's literature. <laughs> Like, he may not have his GED. I'm just wondering, like, it seems like they might have skipped dinner there. Is she hungry? That's a good point. Maybe he could microwave her up like a very tiny microwave dinner. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've got some Swedish meatballs here. <laughs> the, the uh, I'll avoid the usual joke. I, I Yeah. I, <laughs> I completely forgot, about, or I misinquated it. One of my favorite moments from Ninth Gate, of course. Which is a movie that I almost want to say we should do at some point, despite the fact that Polanski's canceled trash. <laughs> yeah. But and, and of course Johnny Depp's canceled trash too. But I love the moment where Johnny Depp comes home and he doesn't give a shit about life to the degree that he just takes the microwave dinner out of the freezer and just throws the whole box into the microwave. <laughs> I've always loved that fucking moment. He doesn't even read the instructions. He just like throws it in there and like hits some buttons and walks off. <laughs> all right i think it's time for Abiturno. like he's got a tapeworm for sure but whatever mm-hmm. all right abiturno we call this the the successful big big reveal flashback episode um this is the richard episode who's mm-hmm. called cardis by jacob his birth name is apparently ricardo so i think it's safe to say that you could call him ricky ricardo i'm just gonna call him richard alfred that makes sense um we did miss in our rewatch here, the scene where Jack and Richard are in the Black Rock playing Russian roulette of dynamite. Had that happened yet? I think I think I don't think that happens until after this. Oh no, I could be wrong. That might I, have been six oh seven. I think it's in the it's in the previously on stuff. Yeah, it's in six oh seven. It's the one that we skip between sundown and a recon. But yeah, so this is the one where they're like starting the episode with like finally demanding answers from Alana and Richard. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, so let me scroll here. What's your number three? Um, seeing the statue and the lightning, pretty fucking cool. Um, mm. I guess the effect of uh, the ship crashing into the statue is about as good as you're going to get for a TV yeah. show. 
it worked overall. It, it just that that face of the statue is creepy enough as it is. Like you got you know dark rain, lightning flashing, and you see that thing, and they're just like, "Oh my god, it's the devil! We're in hell." Mm-hmm. Though, do you believe that that boat would take out the entire statue except for the foot? If a wave is getting up that high, I think the wave can take it out. Okay, but yeah, I don't. If if you're somehow able to th- fling that boat through the air, I think the boat loses. Although I don't know, we don't know like construction wise how you know sound that statue is. I mean, it would have had to have been enough to like be there for hundreds of years. So who knows? That boat was Hanzo made. So yeah, I mean, it was, that was a serious like rogue wave that threw that boat all the way up to the head there. Great band. Um, my number three moment is it's moments hardcore. It's on the island in Richard's store, like flashback. The slaves are alive in the hold after they've crashed. One of the officers, Whitfield, comes down, starts like stabbing them all with his sword one by one. <laughs> so he won't have to like feed them or worry about killing them, them trying to kill him later. Um, and then, of course, the monster comes down and like kills that dude and uh, scans Richard. Yeah. Which my question for you is later when Isabella comes to visit Richard and they hear the monster together outside and she seemingly runs outside to be slaughtered. Mm-hmm. Is the monster just able to throw his voice? Or split into two entities? Yeah, yeah. Because mm-hmm. that presents all other kinds of questions if he could split into two. Yeah. Like, if you did a thing where, like, Locke comes out of the woods and, like, Saeed stabs him. The, and, like, he disappears into smoke. And then, like, another Locke comes from the other direction. Yeah. The, I mean, not to mention in Season 5, Locke, is, you know, the Man of Black, is seemingly, like, going back and forth between the two islands. Yeah, yeah. Which it's unclear whether or not he can travel over water in smoke monster form. It seems like that might be a limitation of him. I can't believe that they haven't in all their attempts to do like X-Men adjacent things Mm -hmm. like whatever that Fox show was about mutants and what have you. Why they haven't done the Jamie Madrox show. Multiple man. Because they eventually did a comic where he just like ran a private detective agency. It was great. It was mm-hmm. fucking great. Okay. Uh, my number two is when Richard, it's like present day, you know, and Richard is saying that mm-hmm. they're all in hell. He's kind of like losing his mind here. And it's just like, you don't want to know where we are. We're in hell. Yeah. Because it's very much, that was like a theory, you know, they're in purgatory, they're in hell, that sort of thing. So it's, it's fun to have a character come out and say that. And we can presume that they're incorrect because it's not the finale of the show yet. Mm-hmm. Well, I think it's like shoot the wad now. Like Jack, let, yeah. let Jack have his freak out, so he will be a little hey, more. What, are you like doing something with your hands there? No, I'm just leaning on my table. Okay, Mike's picking it up. Oh, sorry. Um, cats are freaking out over by the window, though. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's like letting Jack have his freak out now, so he doesn't. Whatever. Mm. My number two moment is Jacob explains to Richard kind of what's going on here: the wine and the cask and the cork metaphor. Tries to explain how he brings people to the island to prove that not everyone's terrible, doesn't want to step in and do anything, even though the man of black will. And then he's like, do you want a job? And Richard's like, me? A job? Doing what? And Jacob's like, being my sweet little bitch forever. Yeah, it's actually my number one. I have the dialogue here for that because I liked it. It's basically Jacob just explains the island and kind of the whole show. Mm -hmm. Uh, Jacob says, think of this wine as he's holding a bottle of wine. Uh, as what you call uh, as what you keep calling hell there's many other names for it too malevolence evil darkness and here it is swirling around in the bottle unable to get out because if it did it would spread 
The cork is the island. It's the only thing keeping the darkness where it belongs. That man who sent you to kill me believes that everyone is corruptible because it's in their very nature to sin. I bring people here to prove him wrong. And when they get here, their past doesn't matter. And Richard says, before you brought me or before you brought my ship, there were others. And Jacob says, yes, many. And Richard says, what happened to them? And Jacob says, they all died. And Richard says, but if you brought them here, why didn't you help them? And Jacob says, because I wanted them to help themselves to know the difference between right and wrong without me having to tell them. It's all meaningless if I have to force them to do anything. Why should I have to step in? And Richard says, if you don't, he will. Which is kind of the whole show right there. Yep. Yep. Um, Number one is Hurley acts as a medium and does almost ghostly phone sex for Richard and his deceased wife. Yeah, that was some uh, that was some ghost there. Yeah. And he's like, Oh yeah, your wife says you have to stop the man of black from leaving the island or we all go to hell. And then we cut across to uh across the island where fake John Locke has seemingly heard this mm-hmm. and stares at us, honestly, the viewer. Um, there's a moment that I've always remembered from The Simpsons, the one where they have prohibition returns to Springfield, and like Homer and Bart have started like uh uh bootlegging. And there's a great moment where uh, uh, Homer's just like staring out at like, he's on the, like a the hillside, like staring out at the the town at night, and he's just like, or uh, no, I'm sorry, the, the the cop who's supposed to catch him is staring at him. He's just like, I'm gonna get you, like Mass Bootlegger or whatever his name is. And then Homer's nearby, he doesn't realize, and he says, No, you won't. <laughs> I always think about that with this. All right. Um, um, yeah, other I mean, in general, I think this is a really fun episode. It's. I, I don't because we'll get to the cross the stars and why I think that's fa- a failure in a little bit. But I feel like this adds new interesting information about Richard that mm-hmm. fleshes him out. It doesn't feel like it's retconning anything. I don't know. I feel like it's a successful. Hey, you've always wondered about this guy. Here's his backstory. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the moment the priest damns Richard to hell. It's pretty hardcore. Now got across the stars stuck in my head. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Richard Alpert. As like uh, like long hair bearded, like that's a good look. Like you could just put this guy in like the next parts of the Caribbean movie. I like I feel like he'd totally fit in there. That truly is hell. But I like uh, uh, you ditch Johnny Depp and like this is your new captain. Like uh, put this uh, guy put this guy at the helm of a pirate ship. His look here, and I feel like Hank. yeah, he fits right in. Captain Handsome, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that Richard finally gets to Jacob for the first time and gets the shit kicked out of him. Jacob just beats uh, him up. Well, yeah, like, like he's like thinks he's in hell. Jacob drags him to the surf, starts dunking him. And he's like, "Where's the money, Lebowski? Where's the money, shithead?" <laughs> it is pretty bold that like a lot of this episode is subtitled too. Yeah, yeah. Like, um, I don't, I don't. You probably still don't get that that much on like network television. Yeah. Uh, next moment I have is the flashback of Richard's at his sick wife's deathbed. And why this moment? Because one religion is a prison that Richard will be trapped in for the rest of his life. Um, two, look at this man. He's filthy and gross. And yet Richard Alpair is a single. She's all that makeover from being like the immortal hunk that we all know and love. I appreciate that. All right. Um, we get the callback with the man in black saying, it's good to see you out of those chains. Like now we know why he reacted that way. When the man in black mm. said that uh, in the the premiere, 
Well, it's like, to me, it's like he's flaunting his power, but like Richard should be like, oh, this guy's been fucking with me for a while. Um, lastly, final verdict on our homeboy, Nestor Carbono. That's totally guideliner, right? Natural or not? Oh, I think he's always, like, through the whole show, been wearing some form of eyeliner, yeah. Yeah. That's just part of his Richard Alpert mystique. Yeah. Um, but when Jacob's drowning Richard, <laughs> they still think you're dead. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed that part of it. Um, this, this episode looks amazing. I feel like in season six, the cinematography and the visuals like they they found some new locations and they were like i wonder if maybe they were like leaning more into like shooting at like certain times a day to get like the mm. good light because like there's some shots here like the kind of meadow they go to where he buries the cross like they just look incredible this episode looks a lot better than across the sea as well yeah there are elements of across the sea that i think are Dodgy. straight up cheese cheesy looking <laughs> yeah yeah well there's it's the, some uh, Xena shit yeah, the ghost wife effect or ghost mother effect that they they drop from one shot to the next, uh-huh. which is basically just like shining a spotlight on her. Yeah, it's like a big light. Yeah. Um, what, what do you think about Titus Welver as the man in black? I don't think it's that fleshed out, to be honest with you. Yeah. Don't really have I, a sense it, of him as a person. Yeah, it's not bad. It's just... It's hard to find him super compelling, let alone tack him onto what Terry O'Quinn is doing. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like, you know, sometimes when they have like one character that's playing another character, the actor will like make sure to like pick up certain mannerisms to show mm-hmm. that they're, it doesn't seem like they were really doing any of that. Which, on one hand, the, you know, I say that, but I also, I like the idea that he's, He's taken on a, kind of some of the persona of whoever he's inhabiting. Well, I would think that it 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 gets thrown into the mix. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you would think though that that would make him less evil as time goes on, as he takes on more people who weren't like insane, malevolent. Oh, I mean, I it's, it's like in Westworld when the the Dolores that's in Charlotte Hale's body is seemingly taking on, you know, she has all her memories, and so she's taking on parts of her personality and changing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, to an almost like schizophrenic like level. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Or or dare I say, like something that I think was hinted at in like dollhouse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting idea. It's just you you don't have nearly enough time, especially if you don't want to <laughs> nail anything down to like to explore that. Yeah, yeah. Uh let's see, you don't have anything else in this episode. I think that's about it. I mean, I, I remember really liking this episode. When it aired, mm-hmm. although I want to say that in the initial airing on ABC, there is a giant fucking logo for that V show taking up like a quarter of the screen. It was really annoying. It was like down in the corner. Do you remember that? Yeah, for for several of the episodes. Yeah, but I, I especially remember it for this episode just being like super distracting. Yeah, I remember watching the show as it broadcast and being like, Elizabeth Mitchell, call your people here. This isn't working for me. <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. It's like they went to the, the the big flashback reveal for Richard Alpert, and it was like, man, you nailed it. And then they like went back to that well again for Jacob, and it's like, ooh, didn't nail it. I just, 
more questions in a bad way. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about 614, the candidate. We skipped like four episodes here, 10 and 11, 12 and 13, which as I recall are mostly where we start getting into some of the Desmond stuff and Widmore's group and kind of all that business. Yeah. Yeah. Which I don't really feel uh, like we're missing. No. This is, we started this episode with Sideways Jacks, like Fix Locks, Dural Sack. Also, this hurt me because there's a part here where we see Sawyer get physically bested by a 40-year-old dude who looks like a 12-year-old. Again, Charles Woodmore, not hiring top-tier talent. Are you talking about the uh, the little, like, scrimpy dude? Yeah. Yeah, that guy. Like, did you run out of your usual goons? Because these guys suck. Yeah. It's like mean, the, 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 the talent guy... agency that provided you with Kimi. They, like, won't work with you anymore. And so you just got, I mean, these guys look like they you got them from like a, like a LARPing society or something. I feel like that guy was probably cast as somebody's little brother when he was 10 and he's been playing that role forever. Only uh-huh. now he's like little brother's a henchman in a private army. Um, also, Alan Dale's New Zealand accent really wants out in this episode. <laughs> you have to wonder, since he's the only, I guess because he came to America, but he's like the only actor from that country who didn't end up on either Lord of the Rings or Flight of the Concords. Yeah, I think I read. Out. I think I read a trivia thing where like he married like a Miss Australia or something like that. <laughs> All right, so six fourteen, the candidate. Uh, my number three for this is at one point it's like Jack. I'm trying to remember the the cast characters here. It's like Jack, Kate, Sawyer, Miles, Hurley, and maybe Son. I think or they're all like trekking through the jungle, and then like Saeed comes out of like the the bushes or something, and like they're all so fucking tooled up that they all like draw on him immediately. And it's just like, this, like, you know, like you wouldn't be surprised if son just like pulled an Uzi out of her waistband or something like they're like, so armed to the teeth at this point. Yeah. So again, I had eight moments and I ranked in my importance. So this is why you're going to miss some things mm-hmm. here. But my number three is well, you can just Jack and back Sawyer. Here. Yeah. Jack and Sawyer are having their science versus faith face off when over whether or not the bomb will go off. And Jack is like, Trust me, which is, to be fair, from Sawyer's perspective, I think this is a big ask from Jack. Yeah. And Sawyer's like, sorry, Doc, I don't. And he like, yanks out the wires. So um, I just love the, the the frenzy of all this. Like, Saeed gives Jack a roundup on Desmond's location, and Jack's like, why are you telling me this? And Saeed's like, because it's going to be you, Jack. And he grabs the bomb like a football, like runs down the corridor only to flow up. And then the the kicker like i i don't think i was mentally prepared for what that meant until later hurley's like where's saeed and jack's like there is no saeed devastating yeah devastating my, my number two is uh when jack is kind of explaining his theory to them that Locke can't kill them it's like he has this realization he's like no like you know i i know why he wanted us all in the subs because he wants us to, to die but he can't do it himself so all we have to do is do nothing and like i like that concept you know, the idea that they would just sit and wait for it to go down. Because he's already tested that with the uh, um, Richard yeah. with Richard and the dynamite stick. Yeah. Which, like, anytime Jack is, you know, staring down a bomb and thinking he can win, I, I feel like that's a good moment. <laughs> oh, that's that's a catnip to uh, Matthew Fox. Uh-huh. I'd watch a whole movie of that. I'm not even joking. <laughs> like, if it's just like a two-hour movie and it's just like a countdown, I don't know why the bomb is going off in two hours. Um Number two moment, of course, uh, Sun and Jin die. Biggest frowny face of all time. Aww. We 
end with this like blurry underwater shot of them holding hands in death at the cabin as it's filling with water and then like their hands separate because they're, they're dead zo. <laughs> and it's heavy because the scene of them trying to get out of this moment lasts for a while. And I think you really think that they're that, that he's gonna find a way to get her out of whatever the fuck she's trapped on under. And then you realize, no. It's yeah. just it's just ironic, tragic. Like she wanted to leave him at the start of the show, and now at the end he refuses to leave her. I mean, this episode's pretty dark. I mean, they kill three main characters. Yeah. Three of like the last like seven or eight, you know. Um and and Two episodes before the end, or one episode I, before the end. I have to wonder if maybe this was inspired by the stand. It feels, it feels like they were going for something like that, where like we're gonna have a big bomb situation that's gonna severely, like you know, accelerate the timeline. Mmo move. Uh, my number one is after that bomb has exploded, and Jack he he's trying to get people out. I think Sawyer's unconscious at this point, and he's. Like he gave an oxygen tank to I think Kate to get out with someone else, and now he's telling Jen like, "Here, you hold on to this oxygen tank. I'll get Sawyer out." And he's like, "Oh, I can I can get Sawyer out without it." And Jen just looks at him. He's like, "No, you can't, Jack." Like, <laughs> I, I like the it's like Jen knows exactly what the implication of there is and everything. And Jen knows he's not getting out, but I don't know. I, I like that line between them. It's like a, kind of an mm. understanding of like, yeah, this is happening. Uh, my number one moment is on the beach at the end. Jack, Kate, Hurley, and Sawyer have survived. Sight's gone. So are Son and Jen. And Kate and Hurley cry. start crying. Well, Jack just like walks over the ocean and just fucking breaks down, like full on massive ugly crying. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh shit, like this is real. Like this just happened. And like again, this is a character who gets to feel these things, gets to cry, and you don't get that anywhere else, I don't think. Um, also, I love it. This is Jack, Kate, Sawyer, and Hurley, the four characters from the end of season two that Michael brought to the others. Yeah, they're the last four. Um, other stuff in the episode. I like that Jack gets Anthony Cooper's name in the Sideways universe from Bernard. Yeah. I like I like the way they're really able to weave into some of the, like, the, the you know, the supporting cast. The, the Sideways Jack comes to see Dr. Bernard is a great scene. Like, they realize they're on the same flight as Locke. Uh, and he's like, if memory serves, you were flirting with my boy. wife while I was in the bathroom. And Jack's just like, <laughs> is this going to be weird? Jack's like, that's only half true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, also, they get Anthony T to be back to play a stroke victim. Kevin um, Ty. Is it not Anthony? Oh, he's Anthony Cooper. I'm sorry. Anthony yeah, Cooper, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, also, his, his uh, portrayal. It reminded me of the Baroness from the Ninth Gate. <laughs> I think up that move twice. Anthony Cooper as a drooling vegetable. This kind of supports my idea that the Sideways Universe is like their ideal life, you know. Well, or at least like karmically, <laughs> yeah. This is what he deserves. Uh-huh. Yeah, fuck that guy. Um, even though it's like seemingly he was like a, a saint in this universe, sure. Up until the whatever accident, mm-hmm. the plane accident. Did they mention at one point it was a car accident and then it changes to a plane accident? I don't recall. Um. The next moment is a uh, shootout at the, at the submarine. Like Kate gets shot. Jack shoves fake lock in the water, which I feel like slows him down a lot longer than it should. Um, yeah, it, he, he's like, I don't know, underwater for maybe water is like his uh, Achilles heel or something because he's down there for a while. Like uh, uh, Jason in that Freddy vs. Jason movie. Yeah. But like 
if you're a supernatural monster cloud, would you spend your time just like walking around Terminator shooting dudes? Um, but yeah, well, it's like the, they kind of established that like he he likes being in a human body more than a smoke monster body. Yeah, and it it it's unclear. Like it seems like he's a little more tied down to this particular body, either because he killed Jacob or because of something to do with like inhabiting the body to begin with. Like one of those two seems to have like limited a little bit more than usual. I think you and I were both saying to ourselves and to others that we felt like there had to be a transformation scene in the finale. And I, I'm still kind of shocked there isn't. They never do the expected like CGI scene. Yeah. Where, I mean, he does like a Clark Kent. Like he runs, it's like a phone booth, and then like suddenly it's like Locke is back. Yeah, yeah. They they never do the scene where like Locke begins to dissolve into smoke or anything like that, or, or like you know the other way too. Maybe they just wanted to save money. I don't know. I mean, I feel like it would have been so cool and really hit harder the point in the finale where like suddenly he's he's corporeal, he's flesh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, I love this 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 submarine shootout scene. Everyone is like diving for cover or we're trying to return fire except for Jack who's just like out in the <laughs> open just blasting away Jack is just blasting yeah he's just standing up straight just bang 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 what um, a maniac there's a moment there's a lovely little moment it's far too brief where son and Jen have been reunited and like Jen is asking about their daughter yeah she's putting the ring on for him they're just goddamn adorable mm-hmm. I wish they could have had more scenes together because they only got reunited like in the previous episode well, I think that's another one of those things where they kind of like resolved their their kind of overarching arc by like the end of season three, probably. You know, like yeah. Sun and Jen were then happy together again and there was no more issues between them. And so it's like, well, now what do we do with them? We just keep them apart. So we'll do a season where Sun just asks every person she yeah. sees, will this bring me back to Jen? Also, do you have any alcohol? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel you on and that, then, <laughs> my last moment is uh sideways jack and Locke having their conversation in the hospital hallway there's just so many callbacks these guys like story relationship and jack is just like nut up and let me operate on you you bald bitch yeah. um I know, it's just sweet to see these two guys like affirming each other well to me to, to, this to me is what is so great about the sideways universe stuff is like just seeing these two characters interact in a they're they're still themselves and yet not, but you know they they get to have that conversation. You kind of always wanted them to have, mm-hmm. um, yeah. The, when they're talking and the whole like you know it's time you know you need to let go. Maybe you can go first, um, and then later on Jack has a line. I can help you, John. I wish you believed me. Yeah. Uh, let me see if there's any. Oh, like <laughs> yeah, Locke is like this doctor is creeping me out. <laughs> He's obsessed <laughs> with me. Yeah, you already mentioned it, but the uh, the Jack saying, "Why are you telling me this?" And Said says, "Because it's going to be you, Jack." Love that. Yeah, yeah. It's also I, I, mean, I think when Jack shows up to save the survivors from the cages, that was kind of a funny moment too, just because like the smoke monster is out there, and then it's just like, "Ta da!" Here's Jack. He's like, "I'm yeah. him." Well, it just. Naveen Andrews' like schedule has been an issue for six seasons. So what do they do? They kill him like four episodes before the end. And they're like, oh, the no, only thing we'll that can take him down is he sacrifices himself with a huge ball of C4. Yeah. Uh, devastating. All right. No well, 
I think maybe part of the uh, part of the reason that across the sea might have been unsatisfying too is that it followed the candidate, which yeah. ends on this just like massive gut punch where we lost three of our favorite characters and they're like, before we return to that, let's have a little interlude to like the Jacob and Man in Black origin story that's not good. Episode six fifteen across the sea. Well, we're gonna set up. The finale with some things you've never seen before. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not even sure if these count as like top moments that I have listed for three, two, and one. It's kind of like, oh, yeah, that annoyed me. I'll write that down. Let's see. I, yeah, I mean, all these episodes, I, I had like, uh, I'd have like eight moments, you know, good or bad. Uh-huh. I have four for this one. Mine are mostly like just that's... critiques. Um, yeah. I, I think I said in the past that I think the worst episode of Lost is Fire and Water. I'm actually not sure after rewatching this episode again, this might be the worst episode. Because I think mm-hmm. it, in Fire and Water, like you still are with characters that you like, you know, mm-hmm. even if you don't like the Charlie and Claire and Locke plot, plot line in that episode, there's still other stuff going on there. Whereas here, you're, you're just like stuck with these three characters you don't really care about and don't really enjoy through the whole mm-hmm. thing. I have to assume that they didn't really have these specifics down in season five, hence the Christian Shepherd showing up to Jack yeah. in that one episode. Yeah, yeah. Him. I mean, I, it, this episode very clearly feels like it was written to a, a series of points that they needed to like backfill in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like well, we have to we have to show why this is this way and this is this way, but it wasn't like we have a good origin story necessarily. They're just like writing two points. Um, well, and I mean, take this episode where you have seen Jacob and the man in black probably five or six times at this point. Mm-hmm. And you have a whole episode to set up their thing and it does not work as well as a single three minute sequence with Juliet Burke does at the start of season three. Seriously. Yeah. You know, I mean, and then like I, I haven't really watched a lot of Clone Wars, but it reminds me of like the Ghosts of Mortis and that whole father, son, daughter, ancient sci-fi mystical family drama nonsense that yeah, I'll with creeps that. all this. Yeah, I mean, and really we're dealing with the product of two little mama's boys. Because I'm they're, special. They're, yeah. they're love for like sassiness and drama. Um, my number three moment <laughs> is when they find the game of Senate which is probably the oldest game in the world, even older than the Royal Game of Ur. Um, and whereas we roughly know the, the how the Royal Game of Ur is played, we actually don't know the rules of Senate. But Jacob is such a fucking mama's boy that he immediately runs and tells her about it. And then when she goes to talk to the other one, mm-hmm. <laughs> the other one, she takes credit for the game and claims there's nothing else but the island. This is nothing else across the sea. I just like she's such a fucking like – no more wire hangers. It's, it's just tough on Allison Janney. I like her as an actor, but yeah, yeah, that's a it's a tough role for her to just come in out of nowhere too. Um, yeah, never had any hint that this character exists. Also, did you know? Because um, the the Blu-ray is the big like Blu-ray box set for Lost. It comes with that game. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, it actually comes with like a working like you know game pieces and whatnot for it. Do you have that mm-hmm. by any chance? I was, uh, I don't believe I do. I do. I apparently just learned. I, I didn't go look, but like there's like a secret Blu-ray inside that thing. If you like take like the, the lid apart, like there's like a secret Blu-ray in there with like extra features on it. 
It's like hidden within the packaging. Was that the one where you would not find it anywhere unless you bought that, where you get the new man in charge epilogue? I mean, I don't know if that's the only place you can get that, but I know that's included in it. Yeah, just I, I, I never even knew there's a secret Blu-ray there because, like, there's the regular special features disc, but apparently there's a secret one. It's like hidden under the uh, lid or something like that. What if we don't talk about across the sea and you just talk about the secret Blu-ray for twenty minutes? Yeah, I, I, I meant to go look at it, but I didn't get around to it. Mm. Um, my number three. Like I said, these aren't really like my favorite moments, but when the mom says, uh, this is after she's talking to the man in black when he's like explaining his plan for like the frozen donkey wheel and all that. She says, how do you know all this? How do you know it will work? And he says, because I'm special. It's just like, okay, everybody got that. We're not going to explain it. What if the Blu-ray just features that interview where Lindelof takes the creep from the verge apart? Mm. That interview. Um, my number two moment is uh, when the boy in black tells Jacob simply that mother isn't actually their mother, and Jacob like flips out and knocks him down and starts beating the shit out of him. I don't know why. It's yeah, just yeah. <laughs> so I got uh, when the man in black explains the funny way that metal reacts in the island and like his plan to use these properties. Just because the whole time I'm thinking like, what year is it? Like, would he have a fancy metal dagger? Like, yeah. are we in, like, e- Egyptian empire times? Like, what? Where are we, timeline-wise? I think, supposedly, this is 2,000 years in the past. I guess that dagger seemed pretty impressive to me. Like, it wasn't, like, yeah. a bronze dagger or something. That was just, like, a regular old steel dagger. I have I have, I have, have a lot of questions that we'll get to yeah. after we get out of these moments. Um, but number one is the creation of the monster, even though I feel like it creates a lot more questions. Because, number one, he gets thrown down into the cave. Uh-huh. We see the smoke monster rage out of the cave uh-huh. and it goes off into the woods. Elsewhere in the woods, we see the man in black's body. So you would think initially that he was a smoke monster and then he collapsed and coalesced into human form here. But no, this man in black is dead and laid to rest with the mother, which is creepy. So the smoke monster is presumably his consciousness but a separate entity it yeah it's weird because you would think when he finds the man in black afterwards like you know like washed up in the creek that's kind of like when you like the uh the guy who's a werewolf like wakes up the next day type of moment you'd think it's something like that where it's like oh he's he's transformed back into his human body but no that is apparently just a dead body and the man in black now exists as black smoke which like, should just be nanoparticles, but it's not yet. I would love a sequence where later he comes across his own dead body. Yeah, but also that that would require I don't know investing more in the man of black character, which I think they they held out too long to make it interesting. They yeah. they, they they held on to that secret so long that by the time we got to it, you, there's no time to invest. Also, let me ask you this before we get to your last moment. By peppering the flashback of Jack and Kate and Locke finding an Adam and Eve here, we use the sequence from that episode where Kate's like, I wonder where they came from. And Jack's like, where did the polar bear come from? It makes it feel like in context that none of these questions matter. Yeah. It, that, that, I was like, that's not a good idea. <laughs> that whole sequence is so cringy where it's like forcing, like just really like hammering home. Like, hey, everybody remember the, you know, bone, bones they found in season one. This is your answer for them. 
You can check that one off the list. Uh, my number one is when the mom says, you will never be able to leave this island. The man in black says, that's not true. One day I will prove it. And it's like this establishes the motivation of the man in black. And yet it it's so unsatisfying because it, mm-hmm. it feels like you'd already said, well, the man in black can't leave the island. And they're like, well, why is that? And they just went back and been like, because the mom said he can't <laughs> because yeah. of magic or something. And then we'll just explain it in this scene. What if the finale just went exactly like it went, except he's been made flesh. He still falls. He doesn't die. He just breaks his back. And then they're like, you still want to get off the island? Because we'll take you. You're just going to be John Locke for realsies now. Because like, it's like, what face. can he do? Mm-hmm. What can he fucking do? Let him off the island. Go live a mediocre human life, you piece of shit. Whatever. Yeah, because it, at that point, it's not a person. He's some sort of uh, personification of evil or, you know, who knows. Whatever. Um, yeah, other stuff from this episode. I feel like this episode in general suffers from their answering, quote unquote, answering questions mm-hmm. in the most kind of inscrutable and unsatisfying way possible. Like the mom at one point says, I've made it so you can never hurt each other. And you're just like, okay, like how, (laughs) you know, like, like it it was better if you just never said it. And we would just intuited that they can't hurt each other to have the mom come out and directly say, I have made it this way magically through some process that you were unaware of. It's just, it's like super unsatisfying. Well, it's like, the next episode, you know, like Jack, I want Jack to be like, hey, Jacob, is there a user manual? And and Jacob's like, honestly, man, it's mostly bullshit. And the other half is I just tell you something mm. and you just believe me. So you never try it. You assume it's a mystical rule. Like, honestly, my brother could have killed me a well, like, hundred thousand years ago, but he just never did because mom said something once. If you really wanted to invest in that story, you could dramatically get to a place where you see why they can't hurt each other or, you know, like. You could you could make that something that you build up to, to and and really like it hits you know emotionally for you. You understand what's going on with these characters, but they don't. The mom just says you can't hurt each other, and they're like, oh okay, yeah. It's like they don't care enough to really like make those plot points land. Or like later on, the man of black's just like, why can't Jacob see you? And like the woman is like, because I'm dead. And you're like, oh okay, sure, whatever. Why can't why can't why can you see her? We don't know. He's special. Yeah. Uh, the other moment I've joked about this before in previous episodes there's a moment I totally forgot about when we're watching this so uh, I think it's Claudia gives birth to uh-huh. Jacob and the other one and again the sad, you know, it's like oh I've got a white blanket and I've got a black blanket guess which <laughs> one of you is which but I love it I totally forgot the mom was like I only thought of one name <laughs> <laughs> sorry you sad piece of shit well like so when the ghostly apparition of the mother comes back, like, what is that? Is that just yeah. one of the ghosts of the island, I guess? Like, what Hurley can see? Yeah, yeah. Like, who is the mother? Well, and, like, does that inspire him to be, like, you know, what would be fun? A fun prank that I can play on literally everyone. Mm-hmm. Is what if I just appeared as dead people that they know? Like, the end of Buffy. That was cool. Yeah, it it's better to not try to explain it because when the show starts to it, it's you see all the seams and you're like, which uh, the concept, especially utilized on a TV show, which features dead characters that you want to bring back for emotional stakes in, in revelation of roles. I really enjoy. It's why I like yeah. the first evil. 
And that's why I like that as a skill set of the monster. But the way it's done in this episode, or, or some of the ways it's done with this character, it just leaves me with questions. Number one question, was Mama also a smoke monster? Yeah, exactly. She a lot of people in that village. Who was this mother? And yeah. yeah, was she also a smoke monster? And I think you're it's steering way too heavy into like religious allegory. Mm-hmm. Or like there is no science component really, other than the man in black vaguely saying, like, oh, there's this metal reacts funny here. You know, like it's it's yeah. way too much like this weird kind of quasi-biblical allegory happening. Mm-hmm. And not enough of the science part of it. I mean, you think after the last 40 years, he'd be very curious about why sonic waves keep him yeah. out or whatever. Um, speaking of, he talks about like there's smart people in my village. He also says his village is full of bad people. So I'm mm-hmm. asking, how bad are they? <laughs> are you asking if the man in black got a wet? Whatever. Three question. Is Jacob a 40-year-old virgin or did something freaky happen with Mama? I mean, I think he's like a like a 4,000-year-old virgin. Well, but I mean, at the point where they're like suddenly Titus Welliver and uh-huh. uh, the guy from Big Lebowski, is it like is like Mama like just like, if you touch yourself, I'll pour boiling hot water in your genitals? Oof. Or is she like, we got we to gotta jerk the bad humors out of you? You know, that is the other weird thing that's episode establishes that uh, the man in black's goal to get off the island precedes his quote unquote, like becoming evil. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm wondering what the intent of this episode was. Were we supposed to sympathize with the man in black or see that like, Oh, he must be stopped because like he seems fairly reasonable in most of the episode. Yep. He's just yep. like, I want to go live with people. You're lame mom. Mm-hmm. And, and like, he wants to get off the island and she's like, no, I'm going to prevent you from doing that. Like, I don't know. I guess we're supposed to see that his desire is uh, relatable and yet it can never be or something like that. I think he's supposed to be presented as um, um, relatable. You're supposed to sympathize with him. Uh, The problem is the character falls so fucking flat because, I mean, essentially he's trying to escape like child abuse. Yeah. And and in doing so, it's kind of like uh, what's it, what is that character, the Beast from the Magicians, where it's like he's the child abuse yeah. that turned him into a monster, and then it's like I feel like you get well, I guess it, Lost is different from other shows, and it's like it doesn't redeem everybody. It just seems weird because this is we've been told that this is the personification of evil, the smoke monster, mm-hmm. but this episode doesn't really accomplish that. I don't think. But it also so, it it also doesn't seem like it's trying to make this guy seem like a good guy because he's ultimately uh-huh. the villain of the show that they must murder at the end to 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 win. So I, I'm not really sure what the point of it is. So do you think like the eventual spinoff will be like new characters come to the island and like Hurley's the new Jacob and like his man in black is Randy Nations? Oh God! <laughs> I. I I feel like if they were going to like do some sort of reboot or something, you just you go all new. I think. I think at least for a while, you don't want to bring in any of the old characters in. Um, I do see part of this episode as a certain metaphor for me that I could relate to in a new way because I too went down into that cave, mm-hmm. otherwise known as the theater, when they were playing Rise of Skywalker, <laughs> and the experience not only killed me, but my rage became a sentient black cloud that flew into the sky. I could never be satisfied. Yeah. Well, I really I don't, don't know why if you watch this episode, you're not rooting for the man in black. 
shouldn't you be like, man, that guy got totally screwed. Like, why why shouldn't he be able to get off the island? Yeah, yeah. It, it almost seems like the resolution is to help the man in black to find a way to make him human again so he can leave the island. Realistically, the happy ending that's more achievable than people ever want to realize is the one where everyone gets what they want. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I yeah, I, especially when he's been turned human in the end of the finale, uh-huh. just let him leave. I don't think he's going to find the human race as exciting <laughs> as he wants. And it's not like you can make an argument that the human race isn't already corrupted. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, uh, 616, what they died for. So let me just say, I remember that when this episode title got released months in advance, and I was fucking freaking out. Really? Okay. What they, I mean, upcoming episode of Lost towards the end of the last season, what they died for? Hell yeah, I was freaking out. <laughs> I um, mean, how did you feel when the episode came after Sunjin and Saeed all die, and then we had that wet fart of an Across the Sea episode? Well, I'll say that after the candidate ended and knowing that Across the Sea was going to be like the prequel uh-huh. episode, I understood this episode title <laughs> a lot more, but still. Yeah. Um, I'm going to do some scrolling here because I had nine moments. From this I mean, I've got a bunch of stuff. I, I I picked three, but then we can go into the rest. Yeah. Yeah. So what's your number three? Uh, it's just when Jack is stitching Kate up at the beginning. Mm. I'm, I'm just going to say it. It's hot. Yeah, it is hot. Um, my number three moment is sideways high. Locke, the substitute teacher, is returning to school after being ran down by Desmond in the parking lot. And LOL, Desmond is there, revving the engine, ready to <laughs> run him down again. And then Ben Linus is just like, don't you dare. I'm performing a citizen's arrest. Who are you? And Desmond's like, do you want to know who I am, brother? And he starts beating this shit out of him. Um, also... Later in the episode, Michael Emerson has some um, nasty shiners because apparently Henry Ian Cusick really punched him in the face. Nice. <laughs> that method acting. Uh, yeah. My number two is when Jacob explains himself and how he chose them because they're all flawed. Um, in a way, I don't love that moment because it is maybe over explaining, but I think I like that at least they they made the effort to, I don't know, have I, I guess that there's something satisfying, even if the answers aren't good, at least they're finally providing them instead of him just being like inscrutable and being like, I'll tell you later. Or like, mm-hmm. like there's a lot of stuff where it's like Jacob, the last Jacob a question, he just like won't say anything mm-hmm. or he won't answer. So I guess in that way, I enjoyed it, even though it is maybe a little easy. And yet there's a hilarious moment in all of that too, where Kate's like, why was my name crossed out? And he's like, because you became a mom. If you want the job? Seriously, I'm on a timetable. He's like, it doesn't really mean yes anything. It's you. just a name on a wall. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but anyone who says yes, it doesn't even have to be the four of you. Mm-hmm. One of somebody, do you have somebody else? It yeah. could be Vincent. Yeah. That'd be a show maybe. Um, my number two moment is move over forced cannibalism of the martyr and Christianity because once Jacob was stabbed, then burned, then his ashes were collected. Then they could be burned again to create some kind of shared hallucination, which I presume you can get high off Jacob smoke. Sure. Which Jack does. That's why he takes the job. <laughs> I'll do it. <laughs> Jack just wants to snort some of that ash. <laughs> can I, can you, uh, we cut up some lines for Jacob for later? Mm-hmm. Uh, my number one is just like the moment with Rousseau and she's like thanking Ben for helping Alex out. Like, 
I don't know where that goes from there. Like, are they just like a family now or I don't know, but um, it was a nice moment. It's just nice to see like this weird, giddy, dorky, happy suburban mom Mm -hmm. Rousseau. Yeah. Like in a skirt and high heels. (laughs) She's like, by the way, I'm the Meryl Streep of Czechoslovakia. Um, My number one moment is the moment you mentioned Jacob gathers everyone around the fire and tells them what's up. Here's what's up. And he mouths off some bullshit, but they need to get what he never got, which is a choice. Um, Then basically he's like, hey, one of you do this or the world will end very, very badly. And then uh, Jack almost immediately volunteers. And later Sawyer's like, I thought this egomaniac had a gone complex before. (laughs) I thought this guy had a gone complex before. And Hurley says, I'm just glad it's not me foreshadowing. Hmm. The other stuff in this episode... It picks up basically the next morning on the beach there. Yeah, like I said, the Jack stitching up Kate, like I feel like you've got like the whole like plain doctor vibe happening there, but then also like the extreme pain. That's just that's a good vibe. That's right, you're into that. Yeah. Um we get one of our first like quote unquote like awakenings, kind of. Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe not a full one with Ben, but he he kind of has those flashes in the sideways world to Desmond beating him up. I mean, I'm trying to remember like what we were thinking like during this episode. Like, I think I was probably still on like the alternate timeline track. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're thinking he can see an alternate timeline, but then the question is, where can that even go? Well, like, I'm gonna like, say that gonna like, till quote unquote, a portal. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say that till the end. But I do think there are places they could have gone there. Um, okay. I like the moment where they uh, they pass by Alexander's grave. And Miles is kind of sensing it there. Also, Alex and those pigtails. I'm just going to, you know, no further comment needed. Exactly. Best uh, we step away from that one. It's like the sun. You get a sense of it and you look away. Uh, I really enjoyed the sideways opening. You know, Jack wakes up still bleeding from the neck, that pain of a wound from a previous life. But then his son, that creep, is like, I made breakfast, meaning I opened a box of cereal, which is super brand. Which, man, enjoy shitting, everybody. Did you get uh, a vibe that maybe Jackson is like, I don't know, 40% into Claire? Well, let me continue here. So there's a concert tonight, we find out. David's mom will be there. We still don't know who she is. David hopes Jack won't be weird about it. This is not Sarah, by the way. Claire's staying with them. So you've got Jack. You've got his ex-wife, the smoking hot Dr. Juliet uh, Carlson Burke Shepherd. You got his weird-looking son. You got the cute pregnant Australian half-sister of Jack. This is porno setup territory, my friends. <laughs> Porno setup territory. Especially this is when the, Jack's uh, walking around without a shirt, all like, yeah, muscular. Mm-hmm. And I feel like he's like waxed. I feel like we've seen hairier Jack before. Yeah, he had no hair on that chest. Um, yeah, so this is the Jack Shepherd tab on Pornhub. <laughs> oh, there's a moment a little bit later when uh, Richard's going to like meet the smoke monster in like Darmaville, and he just like gets yeeted like into the into the horizon. <laughs> I I kind of wish like you see him later. My only complaint is that I wish he had gotten thrown farther. It's just like the other side of the island, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well it's unclear at this like point just... whether or not Richard is still immortal. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so like I had the the Miles happens on Alex Gray, like you mentioned. Um 
they get the C4 out of Ben's safe. Um, and I like, he's just like, Richard, it's your idea. Are we looking to cripple the plane or blow it to hell? Blow it to hell. Then we better take it all. So there's a lot of like back and forth about like bombs on the plane and the submarine and whatnot. I think that's all related to the Widmore stuff where like, I don't know, they're going to like booby trap the plane so the smoke monster couldn't leave on it. The, yeah, the way that he fools them into getting the submarine is, it's almost James Ford-esque on how simplistic yeah. of a con it was. Seriously. Um, but I like, uh, the other moment I like is Sideways Universe. We've got Desmond, Kate, and Saeed in the back of a prison transport van. And Desmond is just cool as fuck. He's just like, I'm going to set you all free. And if I set you free, I want you each to do something. I mean, I want this movie. <laughs> or I want this storyline of the Fleur show. Mm-hmm. And then they pull over and Anna Lucia lets them out. And like Hurley shows up to pay for it. And I was like, wow, this is great. Yeah, I was delighted once again to see Anna Lucia. Um, yeah. Another moment was just where the man in black, after Richard gets yeeted, he's going to go inside and talk to Whitmore. And he's just like, wait out here. You don't need to see this. And Ben says, I want to see this. <laughs> I almost put uh, Zoe getting her neck slit on, on this too. Yeah, she just gets, it's like, go away. We're done with you. Well, I mean, like, talk about... I know there's, there's a uh, Elizabeth Sarnoff is credited on the script, but I feel like this is an example of two guys writing a woman character. Yeah. I mean, because it's just like the reasoning he gives is like, well, you said that she couldn't talk anymore, so she had no more value to me, so I cut the bitch's throat. Mm-hmm. It's like, God damn. Um, the, well, like uh, both, like, and then Widmore, too, just gets shot, and it's just like, all right, well, that was that. I yeah. guess that plot line ultimately came to nothing. And this is where this is where I have frustrations. I think with the middle part of the sideways universe is I feel in the on island parts. I feel like you could have, whereas like season four felt like we were just getting the hits and yeah. one after another. You could have just made this every episode a slam dunk. You know, with more stuff could have been better and it could have played out. It almost more makes you wish like they had like longer to write the last season or something like that. Like yeah. it's not fully baked. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also that morning after Saeed, Sun, and Jen died, and like the when Jack's like stitching up Kate, classic lost. The bullet went straight through. Yeah. Uh-huh. You'll be fine. He only has enough string to like sew up one side. <laughs> I don't think she'd be walking around as much as she is, as quickly as she is later. But also the Alan no, no one in this scene is mourning Saeed, a god who walked the earth. I mean, if nothing else, they should just be like, how are we going to accomplish anything without Saeed around? Or like, if, imagine if like they're watching like, you know, Jacob and Jack share communion and, and Sawyer's like, should have been Saeed. Yeah. Or I mean, like when they have to fix the plane, it's amazing they can fix it without Saeed. Yeah. Oh, God. The fucking fixing the plane. Which is like, I love that the first part of that is just like fixing the window. Yeah. I, I have some comments about them welding the window with a blowtorch. Yeah. Um, I like the, the bit where when Jack has decided that he's going to be the new Jacob or whatever, he says, this is what I'm supposed to do. And Jacob says, is that a question, Jack? <laughs> and Jack's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, and the, the classic Jacob line. Now you're like me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we learn at the end that Desmond is a fail safe to destroy the island. And it's like, Sure. Desmond's special for electromagnetic reasons that uh, probably don't need to be explained more than that. Because he got slowly dosed over the course of three years. Yeah. 
Yeah, I guess that is a good question. Why is he originally special? I guess just being in the the hatch would make him so. I mean, maybe it's like that in a combination of he was the one who turned the dial on the failsafe in the hatch too, so that was more electromagnetic shenanigans. I mean, I guess it's in Daniel's journal, but it's like again, Mrs. Hawking is the one who basically sent Desmond to the island and told him it was his destiny. Yeah, and really, we find out. She doesn't know shit. She just read a journal. <laughs> I did like the bit where they've Hurley's, uh, you know, rescued them with Anna Lucia there from the, the, you know, paddy wagon. And then Desmond, like, he's like, oh, Kate, you're with me. And he, like, gets this bag out of the trunk of his, like, little sports car. And he just, like, pulls out this tiny little black dress. And he's like, here you go. Put this on. And she's just got to be thinking, what the fuck is going on here? Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, if you, like, season two of LaFleur and Henry Ian Cusick is, like, LaFleur's Moriarty. Oh, he's the bad guy? Okay. Yeah, he's just, like, breaking people out of jail. And it's, like, he knows that Kate would be the good foil for LaFleur because they had sexy times. And, like, Saeed, I mean, they need to say more. The guy's awesome. Well, I think yeah, I think LaFleur is definitely, it's, it's like a case of the week. And so, like, you'll you'll get, like, once or twice a season, like, the two-parter or, like, the, you know, the longer arc. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you can, you can just have Desmond show up every once in a while as a villain. But then it's, like, season four. At the end of season four, shocker, somehow, Henry Ian Cusick has become uh, the mayor. Yeah. <laughs> even though he's clearly a villain. And it's just like, what the fuck, son of a bitch. Yeah. This show would be so good. All right. Well, I think it's time for episode 617, The End. Um, well, the thing is, this episode only happens once. Everything before this was just progress. All right, so I have a top ten moments here, and then we'll we'll go through those, and then we can just kind of run through the finale itself. Yeah, man, this is hard. I uh, we can do a top ten. I I did collect eighteen moments. I mean, are, so, are some of those? Can you just hit them as we go through the episode? I mean, I hopefully can. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Because it makes my my top ten now seem very odd in the middle. Okay, <laughs> but I can live with that. What's your number ten? Uh, when Hurley finds Charlie, he just has this big smile on his face. Like mm. I feel like that is where the finale is most successful, is in just reminding us of these characters and how much we like them and like how much they cared about each other. You know. <sighs> now I have to do my moment against that. Uh huh. Well, let me just say in the same vein how much we like these characters, how much they mean to us. Uh, my number 10 moment is Juliet's dress. <laughs> um, you mean at the concert? You know yeah, you don't have to talk about it. Perhaps I did not notice. You've, you've always been more of a Juliet guy than me. Let me, let me you know here. what I'm talking about. I, I actually don't. <laughs> so. Go to the scene where they're in line together. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. We've talked about this before. Perhaps we have. I'm looking for it here. Oh. There's a moment where David is looking right at his mom's cleavage. That's too. right. Yeah. Yeah. I remember that now. And I again was like, what even is that thing? <laughs> <laughs> I kept waiting for the reveal of David to be like the secret villain trapping them all. Ooh, it's the man in, in black. Like Edgar Casey, sexy clip show thing. Also, I loved it. Everyone in this episode is soaked at some point. (laughs) 
there's so much moisture in this episode. Okay, yeah. There, I, I could almost screenshot this. <laughs> yeah, that's a push-up bra. All right. Well, number nine. I've got... Uh, hey, she's a doctor, all yeah. right? Rose and Bernard just being like, well, we helped you, but now you got to get out of here because we're not in for the drama. <laughs> Whatever you're about, we ain't in having it. Yeah. Again, like season six, the end of season six, Rose and Bernard just magically show up. Hmm. One last time. Um, my number nine is, see, I have, I have, I hope I can hit all these moments later. Um, my number nine is Sideways Sawyer and Juliet meet at the vending machine and touch hands. We should get some coffee sometime. We can go Dutch. Wow, that's your nine, huh? I, I have 18 moments. Okay, <laughs> There's just, so many good moments. I'm surprised that wasn't like your number one, personally. <laughs> the other moments just hit me a lot harder. Okay. Uh, number eight, I've got the flying jack punch. Yes. Going into commercial. Yes. Check it's just, it's so move. over the top. I love it. Jack's like doing He's some like full on like moral combat moves there. It's like time for me to jack off. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag jack off. Uh, my number eight, somewhat related, is Jack and Locke have their first confrontation at the beginning of the episode. And it's hostile and it's civil and it's sexy. And he's like, so it's you. You know, Jacob being who he is, I expected to be a little more surprised. You're sort of the obvious choice, don't you think? <laughs> and then they're going to go to the same place, the heart of the island. And Jack's just like, that's where I'm going to kill you. And Locke is a little bit like turned on. Hey, oh, wait, a little turned on like the rest of us, but also a little bit like, holy shit, this guy might have the juice. Mm-hmm. He seems like he's got the juice. I mean, the man in black has been watching these people long enough to know that like Jack's nuts. Mm-hmm. Like you should be worried about mm-hmm. Jack. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, I think if any, if anything, whatever his mystical abilities are, he can predict. He's like a tactician. He can analyze. Yeah. Jack is. <laughs> there's no predicting what will happen when Jack jacks off. <laughs> so number seven, <laughs> the classic line, uh, this is a place that you all made together. Um, yeah. Maybe some issues with the the final 10 minutes or so of the episode, but that is a nice line there. Mm-hmm. Um, number seven is in the heart cave uh, Jack and Locke lower Desmond down and Locke is like uh, doesn't it remind you of old times there was a button down there we could fight over pushing it and Jack is just like this motherfucker you're not John Locke you disrespect his memory by wearing his face but you're not him turns out he was right about almost everything well not really yeah. I just wish I could have told him he's still alive and Locke's like fine be that way <laughs> and we get the great Locke's callback like shots I was trying him. to have a moment yeah, lowering Kate down the hatch in the season mm-hmm. one. Let's see. Um, around number six. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just when Locke kind of has his own awakening after the surgery. And then he's talking to Jack. And he says, you don't have a son, Jack. Like, for some reason, that line always tickled me. Mm-hmm. It's so Twilight Zony. Yeah. Um, my Can you number imagine six just is... like, like talking to someone? Like you have like a a child and the person's like, no, you you don't have a son. You're like, what? The next time you see somebody on the timeline tweet about their kids, Mm. just tweet that at them. You don't have a son. (laughs) I'm sure that'll end well. Yeah. Very well. Um, (laughs) That's almost as good as I know where they sleep. 
Um, sideways Locke and Ben, number six, having their final goodbye before Locke goes into the church. And, you know, Ben apologized to Locke for what he did, that he was selfish. He was jealous of everything he had. And Locke's like, what did I have? And he's like, you were special, John. And I wasn't. And Locke forgives him, which I think might actually be Locke's superpower. Forgiving people? Yeah. Okay. How, how expand on that? I have no idea. Okay. I have no idea. I'm just All saying right. that. I uh, found the moment very touching, even though I don't know if it fully pans out. Sure, sure. Well, it is weird because, like, we kind of haven't seen Locke in, like, a season and a half. <laughs> yeah, but again, like, like Ben Linus especially is a character who has, like, a fascinating dynamic with just about everyone he encounters. And it's like, who does he get a, does he get a moment with? Locke and Hurley. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like he's, like, like he's like doing his, uh, his 12 steps where he just goes around apologizing to everyone he's wrong. Hey, Saeed. My bad. Sorry, I turned you into a homicidal maniac. <laughs> I mean, I have questions about this this purgatory situation. Like, who is Alex in this? Is she actually Alex? Real? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, number five. When Sun and Jin do the ultrasound and they they kind of awaken, they remember. Um, I mean, a lot of mine are going to be that, as you can probably guess, but. That was that was the first. I think he kind of got an idea of what was happening there. That was one of the first mm-hmm. ones I think in the episode. I love that when Juliet walks in at the start of that, she's like, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I just read your file. You can't speak English. I will try not to talk too much." <laughs> and then, like later, she's like, "By the way, you guys speak pretty good English." <laughs> um, my number five, of course, is the Lock and Jack final fight on the cliffs, including the Jack Shepard flying punch, and then Kate shoots Lock. Straight in the back, maybe through the heart. Fuck and yeah. she's like, I saved you a bullet. Motherfucker. Yeah. Yeah. My number four is uh when Ben is like uh kind of the, the race to escape. You know, Ben's on the walkie talkie. He says, Frank, how's it going over there? What's your timetable? And Lapita says, Don't bother me. And he just like throws the walkie talkie away. <laughs> yeah, we forgot I, uh... to mention that Lapita's just like like just like washed up, you know, on some uh, life jackets or something. Somehow he got out of the sub because I was he like, everyone like, is wondering suddenly, like what happened to him. He just suddenly like plopped up out of the yeah. water. <laughs> I'm alive. Like, like as if he, as if he'd been underwater for five hours. <laughs> <laughs> Can't keep a penis down. Um, I thought I was going to have to like re-download all these. I was so relieved to see that uh, Hulu had. The end part one, the end part two, and then it had the end uncut. Huh, okay. So there's like the full like hour and 45 minute episode. Oh, yeah, I watched I was, the, the full one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was reading that like when the show was on Netflix, they cut out like 20 minutes. Seriously? Like big moments. Oh, yeah. How? Yeah. I don't I don't I, really see what you cut in this episode. Yeah. That sucks. Um, I can pull it up on the Lostpedia later, but the stuff they cut would like, like you don't have a son, Jack. Ah, oh, that's a criminal. Can you can you imagine not having that line? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, or like uh, Richard Alper saying, "I think I want to live." You know, he has gray hair. Yeah, it's like the the cap to his entire character. Yeah, can you imagine not not being in that episode? Yeah, anyway, um, my number four, it's Hurley realizing that Jack is going to go back down to the heart of the island, and he probably won't survive. So Jack makes him like him, which is so touching. This is like I finally really like resonated with with the sadness of, of Hurley here, but also Hurley more satisfying conclusion than King Brandon Stark. 
Yeah. Yeah, because uh, Hurley has a personality. That's probably a well, big like, part of it. Also, imagine this. Imagine if Jack is like, look, man, I'm sorry. I got to go down there and I'm probably not going to come back. And I, I believe in you, Hurley. But you're going to be like me now. And then imagine if Hurley said, why do you think I came all this way? <laughs> I think partially the concept of being the new leader of the island is more interesting than sitting the Iron Throne. Yeah. The Iron Throne is just kind of like you win, basically. Well, especially since the last scene of Game of Thrones shows you that really it doesn't matter who sits in the chair. Yeah. Especially since your leader might be immortal and he's going to go zone out and like look for dragons. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That That's one of the things I don't hold against Benioff and Weiss because I'm pretty sure. I mean, that's got to be a Martin thing, right? I can't imagine Probably. that they wanted that. But it's like we may I can never start get the book, so the, I can start to see the connections of, of Bran becoming the king yeah. from the very beginning. But eh. anyway, what's your three? I really want to go off on the Game of Thrones tangent, but I won't. I'll restrain myself. Maybe at some point we'll do a Game of Thrones episode. Uh, my number three is Vincent. What a good dog at the end there. Mm. Next to Jack as Jack expires. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three is two moments tied to each other. Uh, it's Kate saying to Jack, tell me I'm going to see you again. And they have their final kiss on the island. Mm. And Jack kisses the fuck out of her. Good kiss. Tied with, uh, I stole your pen. That's how I know you? No. That's not how you know me. <laughs> just Kate in her slinky dress meeting sideways Jack after the concert. Well, now I'm pretty... And just the, the I really missed you, Jack. I'm very curious what your top two are going to be now. Uh, They're pretty ominous. I guess so. I don't know. My number two, you mentioned earlier, jo- Juliet and Sawyer, remembering the We Can Go Dutch thing, uh, call back to LAX when Juliet says that as she's dying. Which to yeah. me suggests more of a sideways universe situ or you know alternate timeline than afterlife, but it's like she's zoning in and out of the afterlife as she dies. Yeah, then. which I I could see the kind of connection with that at the very end of this episode. Anyway, my number two, after the sideways surgery, Locke's toes are wiggling and he has his like flashgasm of Jack, um, and he tries to bring Jack along with him, but Jack's like fighting it because Jack's just gonna fight it for like the last hour, and Locke calls out to him and he's just like Jack. I hope that somebody does for you what you just did for me, <laughs> which is very touching and also seems slightly sexual. <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, my number one, as you, I think, I think this is your number three, just Kate. No, that's not how you know me. Um, my favorite mm. moment in the episode by far. Mm. I love um, me some Kate. My number one. And it just, uh, it just felt right. Yeah. Well, and, and, it felt to me like redemption of their entire coupling mm-hmm. well, after all this time. Cause I felt like, like the Jack and Kate relationship honestly lost its heat, yeah. lost its juice. And it's also just a great line. Like just yeah. the, the line dialogue itself is nicely crafted. Well, and, and, and little things like that, the her saying like, I really missed you really tied home the nature of the sideways thing to me. Just that, you know, for all we know, Kate died as an old woman. Yeah, Kate could have lived till she was 80. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Uh, my number one, it's a bunch. It's it's problems and all, warts and all. It's Jack's conversation with his dad. It's seeing everybody in the church. And it's Jack on the island laying down at Vincent and finally resting. I mean, uh, when this episode ended almost 10 years ago, I 
remember walking out of the room with the TV and going down the hallway and crying. And I, uh, I might've gotten a little misty last night watching this. That's pretty it much, just hit me, man. That's exactly what I did when I stopped watching this episode uh, when it first aired. Yeah. I got up, walked down the it, hall and cried. I mean, it just, it's, it's emotional. And it, this is where I always like, I thought I really liked the show. And I guess I, I me saying I really liked the show just touches the surface of how much it affected me. Man, I hope this isn't too dumb and pretentious to people listening. Whatever. I mean, Good I think if you like this show, you probably liked it for these reasons, especially yeah. if, if you enjoyed the finale at all. You know, I, yeah. I think the people who didn't were probably less in, invested in the characters than they were in the mystery. But I think it's fairly satisfying as far as character endings go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it just it hits you, man. Yeah, like this is this is just resolution. It's, I mean, it's ending. Even the beginning of this episode, it's all these kind of slow shots, like intercut with like the coffin being unloaded from the plane, where it's just like, "Hey, look, it's Linus," or like, "Oh, look, mm-hmm. it's Locke," and he's looking at his wheelchair. Like, it's pretty much just like all, the show knows all we need to do is show you Sawyer looking in a broken mirror, and like you will do the rest because you're so invested in this character. I read that they also they cut the stuff with the oceanic plane here at the beginning in the Netflix one, mm-hmm. the, the fucking score over this montage too. Uh-huh. Man, I was getting emotional here. I was tearing up at the end, but yeah, the look on sideways locks face in the, in the opening montage, he's like in the hospital bed being a wheel away from his wheelchair. I love his little like, toodaloo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so long handicap. But it's, I don't know, it's like the, the show is savoring every last moment with their characters. You know, it's like it doesn't want to go. Yeah, I mean, I I read about the ending montage of Six Feet Under. And maybe mm-hmm. if I had watched that show, I could understand where that would be emotional. But this kind of felt something similar for me having lived through the show. Like this is the the process of saying goodbye and acknowledging how special that time was. Mm-hmm. Um. It's to me like thematically, it's the same thing as like the office finale. Um, I think a lot of people give Andy credit, that fucking idiot Andy, that buffoon, because he has a line in the office finale of, I wish that when you were in the good times, you knew they were the good times so you could appreciate them more. Granted, this is a show about smoke monsters and yeah. murder and stuff, but yeah, it's it's about saying goodbye. It's about acknowledging. I don't know. Yeah. I love the shot of Jack standing like kind of like uh, mid calf deep in the water there. And he's kind of facing mm-hmm. away and like Kate comes and sees him. And it's, it's as though she knows that something has changed within Jack now and that there's, there's going to be something between them from here on out. And so she kind of walks away. Also, you know, how sometimes you need to hear something to realize it sounds funny rather than just reading it. Uh-huh. In this case, I needed to see the opening montage. I needed to see the words Christian Shepherd together <laughs> to be like, who boy. Well, and later even Kate, Kate LOLs about it. Yeah, Kate calls it out. She's like, Christian Shepherd, seriously. It's a little on the nose, don't you think, writers? <laughs> also, I love that they slap a sticker on the cargo box that just says, human remains. <laughs> yeah, so Kate's watching him in this this thing. And well, it's like, you know, he's become one of his God complex. And I think she's seriously thinking, do I want to fuck him again? Hmm. I mean, Is you, it back? Can you fuck a God? I guess he can. Uh, well, hello, I watched the first season of Watchmen. <laughs> yeah, 
He just uh, saw it. It's just like, God, this guy's going to be insufferable now. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, I, I like that Sawyer's just like, whatever mission I can volunteer for to get the fuck away from yeah. this guy for a while. Uh, Hurley gets a drop. I've got a bad feeling about this, which again reminded me how much I hated Rise of Skywalker, and it still hurts. Um, Who has the line in Rise of Skywalker for I got a bad feeling about this? Uh, Dominic Monaghan. No, I'm kidding. I don't know. I can't remember. Oh well. Yeah, that's. I think that's telling. If I can't remember, that's bad. Mm-hmm. It might be Billy D. I think it might be. Yeah. Yeah. At least it's not Dominic Monaghan or or uh, uh, Greg Grunberg. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Charlie and Hurley are reunited. Uh, Charlie's an asshole. <laughs> Charlie sucks even in the sideways universe. Uh, I did like him just getting shot and flopping over. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like Jack Hurley are like walking to the heart of the island and Kate's like asking Jack why I took the job. And he's like, the island's all I have. It's the only thing in my life I haven't ruined. And Kate's just like, Jesus fucking Christ. Maybe I don't want to fuck him again. Well, she's, she is still down for the J train here. She's like, that's not true. You haven't yeah. read everything, Jack, if you take my meaning. Yeah, yeah. This episode definitely has a lot. I and mean, really, this whole season has a lot of like, we got to go over here. Nope, now we got to go over here. Like, there's just a lot of like trekking around the island constantly. That's the show. But I feel like it got more so in the past two seasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because like, like even Miles was just like, go to the Orchid, go back to the beach. That's the only two plans you people have. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, again, like I said, finale last season, Rose and Bernard and Vincent return. I love the, oh, we built this place back in 75. <laughs> <laughs> then we jumped in time. Yeah. I don't even know if Desmond's ever had a scene of Bernard and Rose before this. He really seems to hesitate of like, should I let these people die? Yeah. Uh, there's, I, we didn't even get any of the episodes where like Desmond is down in the well and yeah. they like rescued him from the well. But yeah, like Sawyer meets up with Linus and Locke and like Sawyer, I, th- I think it's here where he just like basically elbows Ben and like takes his gun and mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, walks off. Like it's seemingly Locke could turn into the smoke monster here and like in this dude, well, I guess he couldn't because of the rules or whatever, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I mean, does the rules matter if Jacob's dead? Uh, whatever. I, I think uh, they still he's finally do. smoked I, off. I think the rules still count. I, I think the rules stop counting when they pull the cork out of the island. And then. Wouldn't I, the rules stop counting now that Jack is Jack? Oh, yeah, that's true. Uh huh. Yeah, because I don't know if Jack's making any lists. Yeah, because Sawyer, I think, in this scene is like, it's Jack. Like, there's there's no more candidates or something like that. So, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. he could have just killed him at this point. Yeah, but like Locke, he's got his villain moment there when he's like threatening Rose and Bernard to Desmond. And I love that he just adds, I'll make it hurt. <laughs> Although now that Jack is the new like god of the island, can he just be like, new rule, you can't kill my friends. I don't know. We, we don't know new how rule, that works. New rule, you suck. Yeah. I, yeah. Can he just new like rule, Kate loves me. make Kate immortal if he wants to? I don't know. Could he just make all of them immortal? Yeah. yeah if... <laughs> Jacob can make Richard Alper more immortal just because he's like, yeah, that I can do. Tell me that Jack Shepard is not the kind of guy that I mean, he's like shin deep in that dirty water. He's not going to be like, all right, Jacob, uh, where's the operator's manual? I want to look at that. Yeah, he wants to see the documentation. Yeah, that was absolutely. And the warranty. Oh, you better give me the copy of the warranty. 
who do I call when this doesn't work? Um, yeah, I like when Miles finds Richard Alpair, who got mega booped <laughs> by the smoke monster. Uh, Richard wakes up. He's just like, got to blow up that plane. I feel like um, it's a it's a testament to Ken Long and Nestor Carbonell that like they managed to like these characters have almost never interacted really on the show other than a little bit this season, but they managed to make you feel like there's a camaraderie between them. And yeah. like later on, he's like, oh, it looks like you got a gray hair. Like it shouldn't work, you know, but it does. My recollection going into this last week was I remember that Lapidus had survived because obviously he flies the plane at the end. Uh-huh. But I was like, I could not recall, honestly, a single Miles or Frank Lapidus moment from all of season six. Mm-hmm. And that that kind of bothered me. But they're great. They're great. They're not like mega mo- memorable moments, but they're great. Um, so anyways, Sideways, there's a concert happening tonight in the Sideways world. This is the kind of event that would be an episode of Party Down for sure. Like they could bring back J.K. Simmons for this one. Was J.K. Simmons in Party Down? Oh, wait, oh yeah, that's right. Party Down. For some reason, my mind heard Party Down and thought Party uh, Party of Five because oh. of uh, <laughs> Matthew Fox. Yeah. Yeah, no, Party Down, definitely. Uh, yeah, whatever character Matthew Fox played on Party of Five, he would become a doctor. <laughs> Um, I love that Pierre Chang is running a museum that is putting on a charity concert or whatever. I could just see him bumping to a caterer and being like, watch it. I, uh, I forgot. You that he fuel. Was Those are supposed to be heated. <laughs> you call this big salmon. Ah! Apparently like um, buffets are like canceled forever now after coronavirus. Like people have been saying that for the best. That's probably for the best. I guess. I mean, look, as a kid, I got excited when the family was like, you want to go to hometown buffet as an adult. Ugh. Yeah. I mean, I, the Vegas I went once as an adult, a couple years ago, the one time I went worse. to a Vegas buffet, I, it was, it was all right. I feel like I got my money's worth. Like I enjoyed that. I know you and I got, and I got screwed that one night. Oh, we Reno? tried to go to a buffet in Reno and everything was closed. Yeah. That we should have just gone home. Yeah. Instead we, we, <laughs> We tried to get a cab, but we stopped when we saw the woman was crushing a tall boy a beer, finishing off tall boy a beer. Yeah, it's like a and taxi. Then, never mind. <laughs> and then we found a local Reno theater to watch Amazing Spider-Man Two. Oof! Just uh, what a fail that night was. Yeah, I kind of wish I had never seen that movie. What is God? We're so stupid because like we arrive in at like eight thirty or something, somehow yeah. not realizing that it's like two hours to Sacramento. Just, Should have just gone been, home. We've been driving all day. Uh-huh. And I think we had talked ourselves into, fuck yeah, Reno Buffet. That'll hit the spot. Uh-huh. No, 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 garbage. No. Um, so son's in the hospital. She's pregnant. Jen's with her. This is when we get Dr. Julia Carlson, her maiden name. Is this where we first see her in the yeah. Sideways universe? I believe so. Yeah. Um, this like they see their, their flashes together. Carlson would have been her maiden name if Burke was like her ex-husband's name. Yeah, yeah. Um, so now she would be Dr. Julia Carlson Shepard, maybe? Or I like that she just went back to Carlson. Or maybe yeah. she never took Jack's name. Good for her. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, this is like, a little bit like this show has a little bit, it's put a little bit in like the old style of the finale where it's like a clip show. I think it, yeah, it yeah. kind of intelligently manages to cram a few clips in there without it feeling... A few. A few, yeah. With, without it feeling like you know like a sitcom from the 90s or something like that you know? yeah yeah oh my god 
When's the last time you watched that one in Seinfeld? Oh, the last episode of Seinfeld? Like, no, 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 no. The clip show episode of Seinfeld, where he's just like, oh, hello there. Oh, I, I mean, when it aired, probably. I don't really want rewatch the sitcom, so, yeah. Okay. I do remember there's a good moment with, like, the Superman theme. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so these two are having, like, their shared metaphysical awakening, and Juliet's like, uh, yeah, the miracle of life. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be a girl. You guess correctly. <laughs> you've sure got a little blob of something inside of you. Way to go mm-hmm. team. Um, so Sawyer catch up with Jack and the crew. They're all going to the same place. Um, Jack visits of lock in the sideways universe. They're having a good chuckle for surgery. And then on back on the Island, miles Richards and miles is like, welcome to the club. And Richard sees he has his first ever gray hair. And then Lapidus just out of nowhere just surfaces. Yeah. Just um, like, I, Get me back to that plane. I'm a pilot. So this is where I'm sad that I forgot about Miles because this is a touching moment for Richard. He's like, he's looking at this hair and he's like, I just realized that I actually want to live. And Miles is like, yeah, good timing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, there's just like, they're just paddling through all these floating dead bodies. Um, oh, this is another moment too where. They're, they're telling Lapidus about the plan to blow up the flight. And he's like, why don't you just take off in it so he doesn't have a plane anymore? Yeah. And he's like, I don't know if you noticed. I'm a pilot. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed from what I'm wearing right now, but I'm a pilot. Yeah. Well, Lapidus and Miles both have this ability to just like roll with whatever situation they're in. Mm-hmm. Like Miles is rowing across the uh, the water with uh, some immortal dude from the island. Mm-hmm. And it, like it doesn't phase him at all. No, no. Well, he's been talking to ghosts all his yeah. life. So. I mean, it's it's more. I think Lapidus can roll if anything. <laughs> so you keep uh, him supplied in tequila. He's good. Yeah, and chest hair. Um, Locke's crew, which includes Desmond and Ben, which Ben is still alive in the finale of the show. Like he is the Stannis, the Manus who lived. But it's um, impressive that he, they've managed to not redeem him necessarily, but kind of, in, kind of. But they they integrate him in, into the show, like. But you, you still don't totally trust him, I guess, you know? No, but I think he's totally declawed in this episode. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, after it helps he shot because he had Charles his, Widmore, uh, his sideways universe stuff. Yeah, but after he shot Charles Widmore, he's just like, well, that's it. I'm a good boy now. Um, they meet up Jack's crew, which includes Sawyer, Kate, and Hurley. Uh, I love that Kate immediately grabs that gun and starts blasting away at Locke to no avail. Um, <laughs> setting up her line later, he's like, you might want to save your bullets. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's where the man backs complaining about Jack being the obvious choice. Mm-hmm. And then we <laughs> we get another awakening here with uh, Shannon and Saeed. I like how Hurley's just like, he knows that this will only work if uh, Saeed like, feels he needs to go rescue someone. So he's just like waiting for that to occur. And like Boone's getting beat up and Saeed's just like, meh. But then like Shannon gets thrown to the ground and all of a sudden he's like, oh, trying to go kick some ass. <laughs> And I love that they just then watch them make out in a street. I do love the, like, when Boone comes over, like, he just has, like, a really funny expression on his face. He's just like, ah, what do you think? Should we go soften? And uh, Hurley's just like, nah. Give him a moment. But, I mean, like, the this is what I love about this finale is that, like, you know, never a big fan of Boone necessarily. But, like, seeing him in the finale, I'm just like, Boone! Well, and he's not being a dick. Yeah, yeah, he's being a good guy. 
even though seemingly went and like engineered a uh, scenario to like get his ass kicked so that that would all play out the way it did purgatory punches are like calories they don't they don't stick yeah um Saeed and Shannon does this make sense so no um (laughs) just want to make sure we're on the same page there I mean you know they hooked up a few times on the island nothing wrong with that relationship apparently it was it was really good like soulmate good soul searing sex yeah um it doesn't I mean the it doesn't work because she's barely been on the show in five seasons yeah you know like if if they'd had a longer relationship and been around longer even even though you could say well technically that was only like you know three months or something it it would work if we'd seen a lot of them together but honestly probably like three weeks yeah but it's it's been so long since we saw them on the show together that it just it doesn't like we've we've seen saeed like in all the seasons since then with nadia and so you're like why is shannon the i mean i don't it doesn't yeah i mean i guess you could say it because it's somebody else who's on the island interacting with her would remind him of being on the island but it doesn't make sense that like they just start making out you know like it makes more sense that they're just kind of like happy to see each other yeah like nadia who was the woman he'd been pining for forever uh, dies. He spends years like avenging her death. Um, he's still broken up by when he gets to the island and he dies. I mean, it's like, is Shannon still your soulmate if you haven't thought about her in five years? Yeah. But then later, I look at the group of people in the room and it's like, well, could Penny actually be here? It's not like she ever really set foot on the island, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she's like kind of just Desmond's plus one. Mm-hmm. Now, according to the script, Frank Lapidus is in that room as well. I don't think that's the case. Yeah, I don't know if we see him there. But yeah, so Sideways Universe, what were you going to say? I was going to say, just the Shannon and Saeed thing, it just, I think they they were trying to make it too much of like, this is your soulmate and not like, we're just reminding you of the island. Like, I think they could have played that a little bit differently and people wouldn't have had an issue with it. Yeah. I mean, like I said, it's not like I despise this. It just... It's like, I'm just like, I'm kind of like, I'm in that ginormous fucking Humvee of Hurley's and I'm like, so we're doing this, huh? Well, it's like if, if Shannon had died in like season five and like she'd been around the whole time and like her and Saeed were like a regular couple, then you're like, okay. Like, even though we know he had his thing with Nadia, but he had like a a big thing with Shannon too. But like, we haven't seen Shannon in such a long time on the show that we're just like, I mean, it's it's nice to see her again. I'm happy they got Maggie Grace back. It it felt wrong that Michael wasn't in this episode, but mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the Go Waltz. yeah, positioning them as like soulmates just seems odd. I mean, and don't get me wrong, because Charlie and Claire only make about two percent more sense to me than Syed and Shannon in this context. But at least they had like a little bit longer of a time together. Yeah, I would have honestly thought more likely Claire would have got off the island, fixed her wacko head, washed her hair, and probably met somebody who was like her soulmate, but whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sideways Universe at the hospital, we see Jack Reno's ex-wife, Juliet. They're coworkers. They're civil. They can joke around. I don't know if I like this or if I love it. I, I dig it. Uh, I dig it for sure, yeah. I kind of want to watch more of it. Um, I like that like Claire's going to go to the concert with them later, and Juliet's like, Oh, I can't wait to meet this mysterious sister that you never, ever mentioned the entire time we were married. Jack's just like, I'm sure you're going to love her. She's extremely pregnant. (laughs) Doctor, doctor. 
<laughs> like they should have mugs that they clink together as they walk off. I mean, what a work situation that's like. The two doctors uh, at your hospital who were divorced, they still mm-hmm. work together. I mean, isn't that every hospital set TV show? Sure, I guess so. Because, yeah, I mean, I've only had to go to the hospital a couple times, usually for other people. I never realized before TV, like how much doctors just fuck on the premises. <laughs> that like, reminds no, me, the, the, no scene, wonder you can get infections there. The scene where she's doing the ultrasound. Have you ever had an ultrasound? Uh, I haven't been pregnant in a while. So no. no. Also, I mean, they do them for more than just being pregnant. Um, that jelly what? they put on you is so fucking weird. Um, is it cold? I seem to remember that it was hot when I had one. Cause I, that, that was like when my like small intestines got twisted. Uh, oh, the torsion. Yeah. Um, it was they a you bizarre experience. I, I, in my memory, it was like hot gel, but I could be wrong. It was, it was weird. Extreme, though. Extremely hot. Now you have and like it, a it weird tickled like Dr. a Fantasy? motherfucker. I remember that. It's hot. And they have like a doctor fantasy. Yeah. No. Some, someone has to give you a diagnosis where you can shoot. Nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, Juliet gets in the elevator. She passes Sawyer. Uh, he definitely checks her out. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Though, I don't know. Maybe that's like a, a character detail for Detective James Ford. He checks out every woman he walks past. I mean, she's not a redhead, so I don't know. Um, meanwhile, Maybe that's why it lasts. Yeah. Meanwhile, back on the island, this is where it's uh, Locke, Jack, and Desmond are going into the heart of the island. A big glowing cave. Do with that what you will, symbolically. Uh, and lowering Desmond down. I mean, it looks cool, I guess. I wonder how much they spent on this set here. Oh, Hurley tells Jack, I believe in you, dude. Which is touching because later on, you know, Jack tells Hurley he believes in him. Mm-hmm. But I kept thinking, like, you know that Hurley wants to say something, but he doesn't want to skip, slip up and say, you have what it takes. <laughs> Also, there's a storm coming. Everyone got that? <laughs> um, this is also where uh, Miles, Lapidus, and uh, Richard arrive on Hydra Island, and Claire walks out with her like rat's nest of hair and a assault rifle. And they're just mm-hmm. like, well, great. <laughs> Claire, we could smell you coming. I mean, uh, Richard's the one who kind of like steps forward to confront her. Is this because he assumes he's still immortal or I don't know, maybe he's just fearless? Yeah. Lapidus um, is just standing back there like, well, now what? Yeah. I, and Claire's God. just like, I don't want to go with you because I'm too weird now. And they're like, fine. <laughs> yeah, they're like, yeah, whatever. That's, that's, that's fine with us. <laughs> not my, uh, not my sanitarium, not my monkeys or whatever the expression is. Um, I like when they get to the street and it leads to the cave. Like Locke ties a rope around a tree. Jack ties the other end of the rope around Desmond. Desmond's like on this like hippy dippy like thing telling Jack about the sideways world. Um, basically recounting their first scene together at the start of the season. Literally, I'll see you in another life, brother. Mm-hmm. And Jack's like, you know, all this thing is going to be fine. We're going to do this thing. And Jack's like, Desmond, I tried that once. There are no shortcuts, no do-overs. What happened, happened. All of this matters. Which is the second time Jack has said what happened, happened this season. It's like Jack, after trying to blow up the universe last season, has maybe learned his lesson. Oh, when Jack fails, he takes it hard, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's like a little waterfall inside the cave, and the three of them go in there. There's a bunch of light. Um, Back in the sideways yeah. universe, we see Daniel Faraday, who I think we've seen 
once before, just in one of the episodes we didn't watch. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This is also Juliet's dress, that that whole scene that you pointed out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Charlotte has to wake up um, Charlie here because he's passed out and has a sign on him that says, I'm with the band, wake me up. Just so that she can like have a moment with Faraday, who I don't believe goes with them. No. Because it's like... They're just like, you know, they're like looking at like blocking out that final scene in the church and they've got the list. And they're like, do people give enough of a shit about these characters? I don't think they do. I mean, some of that may just be like they couldn't schedule everyone. You know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, they, we get one last little scene with Faraday and Charlotte where, I don't know, the they meet and smile at each other, which like you can, you know, expand on that in your imagination as you want. Oh, so he's Daniel Whitmore. He's Daniel Widmore for some reason, yeah, and he's uh, got a goofy hat. Oh, because he's he's the uh, son of Charles Widmore. I mean, who was Faraday? Was that just like a name he picked for himself, or that maybe she picked for him? Yeah, maybe. Or I don't. I mean, is her maiden name Hawking? Is her maiden name Faraday? Who knows? Yeah, it's a good who question. Knows? Why is he Faraday? <laughs> maybe she just picked it because the like Faraday cage and that old business. Yeah, I like the way he sums up Charlie though. Oh, he's the bass player for Drive Shaft. They're accompanying me tonight. <laughs> I, when this season aired, I took it as Daniel Faraday is a piano enthusiast uh-huh. whose family has enough money oh, yeah. that they can hire a band to play with him. Dad wrote a check. Then I started to wonder, well, what if he's actually like secretly like a really good like famous piano player in this universe? I don't know where I've where I've actually come down. Because mm-hmm. I love, but I love it's like this has been banned as accompanying him. It's not like they, he's the guest piano player or whatever. Anyway, um, Claire and David sit at the, at the tables for the concert with Desmond and Kate. And Kate and Claire are both like, you! <laughs> uh, Dr. Pierre Chang, who I didn't actually think was going to be in this episode, says hello to everyone. And chooses Daniel Widmore, accompanied by Triumph Chef. And this is some um, real jazz odyssey shit, like this this stage performance here. It's just like a lot of piano with just like the just like the limpest of guitar and like drum backing ever. And no bass at all. Yeah, no bass because Charlie just spaces out when he sees Claire and like walks off stage. But also, I know it's a mystical construct of a universal system, but can Charlie actually play? Like, has he rehearsed? Has he done a soundtrack? Is he still stoned on Trank Juice? I assume that uh, you can just put a instrument in a musician's hand and they they go for it, especially a bass player. You know, what are they, they don't need to practice. That's not really real anyway. Yeah. From the stage, she sees Claire at her seat. And he immediately goes goo goo gaga to the, to the point where she's like, this is awkward. She's like looking so, behind her. Like, uh, so going? awkward that her uterus is like, damn girl. And she starts to go into labor. Uh-huh. And then Kate goes after her because she's long been self appointed to be all up in Claire's uterus. <laughs> like to the point where like Kate's been stalking this, this young woman in her reproductive business. Yeah. So Charlie, who's just been staring and not playing all of this time, goes after them. I was really wanted Liam to be like, like kind of like smack him in the shoulder and be like, hey, man. <laughs> I wanted somebody who's like, I paid $25,000 per plate for this yeah. to know what the fuck is going on on stage. I mean, it is the bass player of Dry Shaft. So. True, true. But he's the one who adds the falsetto to, you all, everybody. I mean, do they even sing? They have mics, but... I guess Daniel Widmore going to do a piano accompaniment of you all, everybody. Yeah. Uh, so then we go back to the heart of the island where we've got this pool 
that's like Skeletons. flashing with like bright white yellow light and do you say there's skeletons? There's skeletons all over this place. Oh, I didn't notice that. There's like a bunch of skeletons. How? Ancient symbols. Where do they come from? Great question. Yeah, well, who, who carved who, all this shit? Yeah, who built this? Did the mother build this or? Who does all this like canoe form? You're like, yeah. Yeah, so there's I mean, a, there's a big like cool. stopper in the middle, and Desmond gets in there like kind of like I don't know, overwhelmed by all the electromagnetism, magne- magnetism, but then he pulls out the cork. And it turns red like it were in hell now or something. And, and Desmond's just like, no, like something's gone wrong. Yeah. Uh, Desmond's been training for this whole entire life. Every morning when he gets up, takes a shower. He's learned how to do this. He's just um, been like tasering his balls with electromagnetism or something to prepare for this. Oh, he is Scottish. Yeah. Uh, Locke and Jack watches from above and Locke's like, looks like you were wrong. Goodbye, Jack. Well, so they, the, there's a waterfall coming in from up above. And then it's guided in like a little kind of like carved out culvert into this pond thing. Well, when you pull, other channels of water coming in from the holes in the wall too. Sure. But you pull the cork mm-hmm. and then the water drains and then it also stopped coming in from everywhere. So is it yeah. just some sort of fountain system where it's recycling itself? Yes. I guess so. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's recycled karma water. Uh-huh. Um, and so I wouldn't drink it. Basically what we intuit from what this has done is that this kind of turns off the island, but it also makes the man in black like mortal again. Yeah. Well, I love that he, he doesn't need to kill Jack as far as he's concerned. He just wants to leave. Yeah. So he, like, he walks out and of course Jack tackles him from behind. Uh, this is when they see, as he lays there, he sees that Locke is bleeding now. He's mortal now. And Jack's like, looks like you were wrong too. And so Locke's like, eh, Grabs a rock and bashes Jack in the head of it. There's also all these earthquakes happening now. I read a, an interesting theory about what that heart of the island is, uh, mm. where it's time. Which yeah, is, I bet. Which is why when they kind of switch it off, the island starts like aging rapidly, which is why like parts of it are falling apart. Interesting. Yeah, it was it was a cool theory. There was like a bunch of other stuff that connects to it, and like like that's how the time travel works, and um. You know, all that kind of other stuff, but it was, it was a pretty cool theory. I mean, theoretically, wherever the, whatever the island is, it's something metaphysical at the heart of what we know as the world or reality. So the I would honestly, yeah. I would honestly think that like, it doesn't really matter if you get off the island, like wouldn't the rest of the world just kind of implode on itself later? It's a little unclear as to how the rest of the world is affected by this one or the other. I mean, we were told by the mother that um, everyone has a little bit of this light inside them, but this light in the island is the source of it. And if it goes out here, it goes out everywhere. Yeah. So, sure, yeah. Well, it's like, that sounds reasonable, but also she was batshit crazy. Yeah. Um. So Jack lays there for a little while, like, woozy. Um, also, uh, Locke's grabbed his bag and, like, run off, because the running off's good. Um, well, this is when we go back to the concert. And Desmond's just really enjoying this jazz odyssey here. And uh, Eloise Hawking comes and sits next to him and they have like their cryptic conversation. Uh, oh, also, uh, when Kate's helping Claire in the backstage, they're both like small world, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're watching they're watching Daniel Whitmore rock out on the piano as much as that's possible. And Mrs. Hawking Whitmore comes and sits with him. She has this is this was on my list. This was like number 16 or 17. She has mega big soap opera matriarch energy. Yeah. 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 Uh, She's like, 
like, what are you going to do after you wake them all up? And he's like, then we're leaving. And she's like, are you going to take my Daniel? And he's just like, not with me, no, as he pats her on the hand. And I feel like this almost humanizes her because like, this is the place, like she obviously gets what this place is. Yeah. I think, but it's like, she has a moment to like raise her son to be like a goofy piano player here. And she wants it, you know, she lost him in the other, the real world. Yeah. This is why I would prefer it to just be an alternate timeline as opposed to an afterlife. That's like about to collapse on itself. Um, Is it though? That's the question. Well, yeah, we like what happens to Daniel Faraday after they all pass into the light. Who knows? Um, well, it's like, like, does Ben just get folded into a new reality? Or is it like the world, the sideways world moves on, but it's just like, never mind the fact that these 30 people disappeared mysteriously. Or like, so Jack and Kate have finally awoken and like they, they remember each other. They remember that they love each other. And it's like, hey, this is their time to be together. Wouldn't they want to mm-hmm. not move on? Like, wouldn't they want to well, the be able to live yeah, their lives? The idea is that they're moving on together to something new. Yeah. I presume that they're just entering another sideways world where they get to be happier. I mean, I, I guess the way I read it is they're about to, you know, move on to the permanent afterlife. I don't know. Like, I guess if, if it were me, I'd be like, I'd hang here for a while. I'm not eager to go. Either way, this season of this show walked so the good place could run. Yeah. Um, um, but but imagine if like season eight of La Fleur was like Miles is like my partner went to a weird church, some kind of wagon wheel religion church last season, disappear in a flash of light. And now I'm going to spend the whole season investigating him <laughs> and 30 other people's disappearance. Yeah. Uh, so this is the part where we get some more. Who's going to fuck all these redheads? <laughs> They're not going to fuck themselves. <laughs> well, I guess they could. Uh, so Kate awakens first she's recalls like the process of helping claire give birth kind of you know kick starts that and then when claire is holding aaron that kind of like wakes her up and then charlie comes over and him just kind of witnessing that i think she like takes his hand or something because she she remembers charlie claire does and that wakes him up so Uh, prior to that he is just watching this woman give birth like a fascinated creep yeah and kate is scared to help. She's like weirdly into the whole giving birth thing. Kate's like way obsessed with Claire. Um, I don't know. But yeah, they, they, the two ladies cry it out as they like share this goopy baby. Mm. Um, yeah, they kind of, the, the two of them kind of remember their kind of sort of love. And then Evangeline Lily like remembers that this is her ex-boyfriend. So she gets out of there. And Desmond comes by and is just like looking smug when he talks to Kate there. He's like, nice, huh? Yeah. Nice. Um, so she asks, so now what? Yeah. Hey, what are you doing over there? Sorry, I leaned on my table. Right. Um, so then it's back to like earthquakes and then like, you know, the camera shaking as everyone pretends to stumble over. They're also doing like a weird color filter on everything where it's like kind of darker. It's, I think, you know it's why? A, why? It's daytime. It's like it's sunny daytime when they're filming all this. Oh, no, I know that. But like it, it's I think they're trying to make it seem like it's cloudy, like it's a, there's a rainstorm. But it it mostly just looks like they darken the image. Like it doesn't really mm. look correct to me. Mm. It's like one I of the few effects tell. I feel like they don't really nail. 
I could not tell when they were when they were, when you were watching the Jack and Locke stuff that it wasn't raining because of how wet they are. But they filmed that in sunny daytime. You mean on the cliffs? Could, yeah, on the cliffs. Oh, I could totally tell that it wasn't raining. Like it just looks so fake to me. Like the the color no, I grading. Mean, the, some of the some of the rain CGI in looks really good to me. Anyway, um, Jack wakes up from the bonk on the head he took. He goes back to the cave. Still, everything's like shake, rattling, and rolling. Uh, calls out for Desmond and he goes running after Locke. There's a whole uh, thing where like Linus is trapped under a log or something. Yeah. Uh, this the, is also, I think, where they're like welding a metal plate onto the plane with a blowtorch somehow. Mm. Um, I think the worst line reading of the episode is as everything's shaking. And it's funny to me because they don't have the experience of this. Whereas like on Star Trek, like they had it nailed yeah, down, yeah. like how much you shake. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a great behind the scenes video from Star Trek Picard where Frakes and Patrick Stewart are like reminiscing with the younger cast about uh-huh. like what level of shake you do. Anyway, um, Kate's asking what happened and Sawyer just yells, I'll tell you what's happening. Locke was right. This island's going down. <laughs> it makes me laugh. Um, yeah, the uh, the welding the thing on the cockpit. Lapidus hasn't even checked the electrical systems yet. So the plane can take off in maybe five or six hours. And Richard's like, you've got maybe one. I just don't think you can actually weld like like half an inch thick plate steel with a dinky little blowtorch. But couldn't I don't know. I had forgotten that the tree or the, the co-pilot had gotten stabbed through the yeah. gut of a tree here. You think they pulled it and to pull him out as well? I mean, I guess at some point. Uh, yeah. So Ben points out Locke has a boat to get to the Hydra Island on the cliffs. Um, there's a bamboo ladder that I think Locke could use to show Sawyer one of the secret caves earlier in the season. I would not want to get on that ladder. <laughs> Fuck no. Would you want to jump off the cliff like Kate? Man, that those shots of them jumping, like they don't clear it by much. No, I mean, obviously that's not like real, but like it's it's not like like it definitely seems like you need to get a good running start to to even make it. Yeah. Um, cause it's hilarious. The, the fact that they do the thing where Locke's body doesn't even hit the water. I, I kind of wanted Jack to have like the, uh, like the one liner of like, why don't you leave the Island now, motherfucker? You know, something like, I feel like there's a line there he could have when he like kicks him over the edge. Just imagine network TV. Jack yeah. Jefferson says, motherfucker. You want to leave the Island? On a- Sayonara. Click. Also, we got to talk about the fact that this was wild because the previous episode, what they died for, aired on its usual Tuesday night. This episode aired on a Sunday. Did it? Okay. May, May 23rd. It aired on May 23rd. And I, this is dopey. I took the next day off work. <laughs> I mean, like I, I scheduled it in advance knowing that I would want the next day off work. I believe I already had um, it off if I recall correctly. Oh, you're thinking ahead. Yeah. yeah, so Jack and Locke see each other. They face off. Uh, Jack offs. Locke pulls his knife. Um, Jack gets stabbed, like, basically under the armpit. <laughs> I thought it was lower. It was maybe like maybe mid, it was a little lower, yeah. Yeah, mid-abdomen. Um, I love that they do not, unlike other wounds, like Kate's gunshot, they don't play like this is, like, something Jack can walk off. Like, he can barely walk the rest of the episode. Well, I mean, that... You can't get stabbed there and just walk it off. That was it went in deep, you know. I'm just saying, I don't think I could get shot in the shoulder and be running around the island later or jumping off cliffs later. Yeah. 
Like I, I it'd be kind of tragic if Kate does this epic jump off the cliff and like passes out in the water. Well, Jack, so gets, has to drag her. Jack gets like skewered in the side, much like Jesus Christ. And then uh, Locke's like kind of like pressing the knife down on his neck. It's starting to cut in his neck. And I can't remember the exact the, line he has, like something about like. Oh, I, I, I have it somewhere here. Um, I want you to know, Jack, that you died for nothing. <laughs> yeah. And then Kate blows him away and it's just like, say to you a bullet. Um, I think this fight looks great, though. Like the ground shaking and the cliff face like falling off the sides. There's one point where they're like fighting over the knife. It's like ra- it's like rattling towards the edge of each shake. There's some helicopter punches some big or helicopter shots and some big punches. Mm-hmm. I mean, this scene. You have this scene and it looks good. And I think you need to have this scene before you can have like the ending of Mission Impossible Fallout. Sure. Okay. Um, and then back in the sideways universe, this is where Locke kind of has his awakening after surgery there. His toes are moving. He's supposed to be like knocked out, but he like wakes up from the anesthesia mm-hmm. early. I like how Jack's just like, like, uh, I think Locke says something like it worked and Jack's just like, well, you know, it's, let's not uh, jump to any conclusions here. John, it's highly unlikely that yeah. you would regain sensation that quickly. And then he looks over like Locke is just like wiggling his toes. Son of a bitch, I'm good. So Locke has his flashgasm and he like asks if Jack saw that. And Jack starts to, and Jack's just like touching his forehead and resisting this. He needs to go find his son. And Locke's like, You don't have a son. <laughs> it makes sense that Jack would be the one to fight it to the end. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think uh, this is also you, where. Sorry, go ahead. I was like, This is where you start to get a sense that that's, this is where we're really going, though. Yeah. Is whatever this is, Jack is the one fighting this kind of awakening. Also, it's fascinating to me because in the Hulu broadcast, the uncut finale, Locke is dead. Like the villain is dead. And I was like, holy shit, there's still 44 minutes left. Yeah. Well, and because we just saw Jack getting like cut in the neck, now we're like, okay, that's what the whole bloody neck situation was. That's where that came from. Um, Which has happened like three or four times in the sideways universe. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this is also where. Um, where is it in my notes here? Sorry, I just lost it. Oh, yeah. Um, Sawyer sees Sun and Jin. He's, like, coming to check up on them. Mm-hmm. And, like, I love that they're, like, so delighted to see him. And it's, like, they mm-hmm. clearly, they know what's up and Sawyer doesn't. And they're just, like, ha, ha, ha. Like, you know, this will be so fun for you. And Sawyer has, like, no idea what they're talking about. Well, he, at one point he mentions that he's a cop. And they're, like, ooh. Yeah, they're, like, <laughs> That's <"Ooh."> funny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're just LOLing all over it. Yeah. Um, it's sunny on the cliffs on the island now. Like Kate helps Jack lay down. We see these that, that nasty gash on his side, and he's like, "Ah, I'm fine. Find me some thread, and I can count to five And she's like, "Not the time." And they have their kind of last goodbyes here. Uh, the the island's still shaking. There's still earthquakes, so it's like, well, it's not totally over yet. Um, and then yeah, this is where we cut back to Sawyer meeting Sun and Jen here, and then we mm-hmm. go back to the island again. Lapidus is, is this where he does the whole duct tape thing? Yeah, he tosses yeah. Miles some like plans and some duct tape to go basically patch up the hydraulics. Then Miles has his line, I don't believe in a lot, but I believe in duct tape. Oh, I forgot Linus was at this scene too. Linus is on the cliffs too. And, uh, well, yeah, he's, he's like, uh, Frank, what's it look like over there? What's your timetable? Yeah. And Frank's like, don't, don't bother, bother me. <laughs> and Ben's like, sounds like they're making progress. Uh-huh. We get the goodbye um, so, kiss. We get the kind of last kind of handshake between Sawyer and Jack here. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, so much so this how daunting this cliff jump is that even Hurley's like, nah, I'd rather die. <laughs> yeah. Um, but basically, whatever, you know, it doesn't matter that Locke's dead, Jack needs to go turn back on whatever switch Desmond flipped off. I mean, uh, it more or less adds up. It's like, okay, you've turned off the special powers of the island to make Locke mortal again. So you could kill yeah. him. Now you gotta go turn it back on. Yeah. Ben tosses the walkie-talkie to Sawyer and he's just like, if the island's going down, I'm going down with it. Um, Miles and uh, uh, Richard are like looking over some schematic and just like duct taping up some hydraulics here. Mm-hmm. I don't believe in much, but I believe in duct tape. Uh, Jack and Sawyer run to each other in the hallway of the hospital in the sideways world. Jack gives Sawyer directions to the vending machines. And the vending machine eats his dollar and tries to get an Apollo bar. And he's got his arm in that thing, like, in it up to his elbow when Dr. Juliet comes in looking red hot. Um, and he's like, don't worry, I'm a cop. Yeah. And so she gives him this adorable, like, advice on how to scan the machine. And she's like, technically, it's legal. Let me ask you this. As a uh, as a scholar of Juliet Burke, does the uh-huh. uh, medical coat, does that add to it? Let me say yes, mm-hmm. and then you can just assume how serious that yes is. Okay. Because it's very serious. I mean, she's got like a stethoscope and everything. Yeah. She can take your temperature. She can like listen to things. Hell yeah. Um, but this one, yeah, this, so this, like, one, this awakening felt satisfying just because like coming from off of season five, it seems like they kind of did Julia dirty. And so yeah, this yeah. was like, I don't know, like. Like pay, not payback's the wrong word, but kind of like, I don't know, they 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 wronged that right, I guess you'd say. Well, and it's funny because it feels like, whether it feels totally organic to you, it, there's like this kind of connectedness to having her repeat dialogue yeah. from her death and the premiere. Um, so they're so relieved when they have their flashgasm together to be back together, holding each other, crying happily, um, and they kiss. They're like sexy Blondie and Dagwood here. Dagwood, huh? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So at the concert, like Jack gets there, it's over. Everyone's like starting to leave. Jack's about to make a call when Kate walks up in her slinky dress. Oh, real quick. The, uh, before we get to that line, because I love that yeah, line. Yeah. Um, yeah. When Sawyer was walking down the hall and he like passes Jack and asks him about food. Afterwards, mm-hmm. he says, thanks, Doc. And then he like he stops because I think he's like, he's wondering like, why did I just say that? Because that's what he would all call Jack on the island. So mm-hmm. I, I like that little moment there. Um, but yes. Kate, well, he, had, he had just said on the island, thanks, Doc, for yeah. everything. Uh-huh. But yeah, Kate, no, that's not how you knew me. Great moment. I love his confusion, but kind of like I mean, from his perspective, he's just like, there's this like attractive woman. I'm mm-hmm. into this, but I'm also confused. <laughs> so much so that this attractive woman is like, hey, we just met. Drive me to this strange church in the middle of the night. And he's like, hell yeah. Well, he gets some more flashes, but then he like he pulls away again because he's not yeah. ready. He's not completely ready for them. And Kate, of course, is like, yeah, that's fucking typical, Jack. Let me, yeah, I'm going to have yeah. to take you somewhere. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, but I, I just felt the way she read the line. I missed you so much, Jack. Uh-huh. Um, so on the island, Hurley's helping Jack pass the bamboo forest back to the heart of the island. There's another quake. Big fucking boulders flying at them. And this is when like Hurley realizes Jack's not coming back from this mission. And Jack's like, this is what I'm supposed to do. 
So you got to drink this gross pond water. It's just, well, this scene is hilarious the way they film it because he gets the bottle from Ben. I love that the, both this scene and the one of Jacob. It's just like, does anyone have a cup? Yeah. Hey, coincidentally, I do. Um, you know, because Jack says, you know, I was only supposed to do this for a short time so you could do this. He purposely, like, he brings the bottle to that filthy pool of standing water and then he dips it behind a rock. Do you notice that? Like, just so we won't have to see him filling it up with disgusting oh, water. He pulls it back out and it's like clear water. And you're like, sure. Yeah. 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 That's not muddy it's at like, all. Yeah, there, there, was some, there was some clear water behind this rock off screen. Yeah, that's part of his and Jacob so, powers. Yeah. So Hurley, Hurley drinks all that shit. Um, and he's just like, is that it? And Jack's yeah, you're like, 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 me. like, me. You've got what it takes. And then, um, so uh, yeah. Ben is going to stick around to help. It's kind of established here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, they're back at the plane. The they're like cap. trying the engines. The engines are working. So they're in business. And then this is, yeah, where they're lowering down Jack. And when he gets to the bottom there, he finds Desmond and uh, ties Desmond back up. We get the LC and another life brother. Because yeah. Desmond yeah. is like, it should be me. Like you, you don't have my electromagnetic like immunity or whatever. But Jack's just like, no, I'm dying anyway. So. It is kind of funny that like one of the loose threads of this episode is that like Desmond's still on the island at the end of it. Yeah. Also, it should be Desmond. <laughs> I guess, yeah. Well, but also like because that's that's the thing too is it's not really so much a loose thread because they do address it. They, yeah, they do. Like, but, uh, you know, because Hurley will say like I need to get this guy home somehow, but no one's allowed to leave the island, and like Ben's like that's how Jacob ran it. You ran it however you want, champ. Um, yeah, so the plane's about to take off. Clips are falling off the side of the island. Sawyer and Kate find Claire. She doesn't want to go back because she's pouty crazy. I kept, doesn't want Aaron to see her like this. I kept waiting for Claire. I, I feel like she never says this, at least in the episodes that we watch. Like, hey, Aaron's with your mom. Like, relax. <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like that would have put Claire a little more at ease. No, but Kate's like, you're not alone. I'll be there with you. I am literally desperate to help you. I'm so invested in your thing I, it's crazy to me they why if, don't like, i just have my own kids it's say in the background kind of like i was kind of hoping me and kate could get together off the island but now i don't know is claire gonna be around the whole time that's kind of a deal breaker i you mean sawyer yeah because <laughs> i was like sight and kate thanks <laughs> yes well i mean i know people were joking that like imagine that apartment like it's just kate and sawyer and claire that's sexy three's company Oh, and a fucking kid. I mean, would would Sawyer have to go look up uh, Kim Dickens? I wonder if he's going to have to look up Clementine. Yeah, yeah I don't know. Well, because it's... I don't know. I mean, will Sawyer and Kate have a thing off-island? Or they just be like, nah. Yeah, who knows. Um, so, Lapidus is like back to plane up. He's about to take off on this runway. This runway, by the way, that this is what uh, Kate and Sawyer will build, were building when they're captive by the others in season three. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, uh, yeah, Kate and Sawyer and Claire all run out. So they stop to let those guys in. Jack goes and puts a plug back in the hole and the water starts flowing again. And he's happy as he's kind of like the, the flashes start again. It's kind of like this crazy electromagnetism going on all around him, but he's kind of, mm-hmm. you know, at peace with himself. Lapita says, "Amen." As the plane gets off the off the ground, 
Uh, Hurley and Ben see this. They start pulling somebody up, but it's not Jack. It's Desmond. And Hurley's like, Jack! Well, so, so uh, hmm. I was going to say, our, our final roster here on the plane, who gets off the island? It is Lapidus, Miles, Richard, Kate, Sawyer, and Claire. Who ultimately make it off the island here. I mean... On a different show, it would be fascinating to see, you know, after six seasons, like who finally gets off the island. You know what I mean? Like if they never did the middle stuff, the yeah, yeah, three true. years forward. Um, yeah. I do still Sideways. think it, it lands well enough to just that feeling of like they made it, they're off the island, you know. Well, yeah, presumably with no more nonsense to bring them back. Yeah. yeah. Um, and nobody being left behind. Other than Jack, who chose chose that, it's Hurley because everyone else is dead. <laughs> yeah, um, like the Man in Black. At least he did this for Hurley. He cleaned house. <laughs> uh, so sideways, Locke gets a taxi to the church. The cab driver puts him in a wheelchair. I like how later Ben's like, "I don't think you need that thing," and he's like, "You're right." He stands up and like kicks it away. Uh-huh. They tap dances. Um, yeah, so everyone's inside. This is when Ben apologizes. I don't know that Locke was really special, but. Because I think the whole thing where Ben was perceived him as special. Yeah. Well, but like it's it's the, the manipulation of these two guys by the man in black. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Locke forgives him. That's why I, I kind of wonder if that's the one thing he can do, especially when he when he greets like young Charles Widmore and he's just like, whatever, nice to meet you. I don't know. It's not fully thought out flop, but I thought maybe that's his one ability. Hmm. But yeah, so Locke forgives him and you know it matters more than he can say. Um also anyway. We're going to see more and more that this is some sort of pantheistic church, which is kind of nonsense. Uh, we'll get mm-hmm. to that in a little bit. Back on the island, this is where they've pulled Desmond out and kind of been volunteers to be Hurley's uh, wingman here. And, and, you know, he can change the rules. We can get this guy home, all that business going on. Yeah, Hurley can do what he does best, take care of people. And Hurley makes Ben the assistant to the regional manager. And um, then we cut to the flash sideways where... There's Hurley coming out and sees Ben out there. And he's like, hey, are you going to come in? Almost everyone's here. And Ben's just like, I think I'll wait out here a little longer. How long that is, who knows? Yeah. Who knows how reality works in the Sideways universe? You know, you were a great number two. Well, you were a great number one, Hugo. And who knows that we were co-workers for a thousand years. <laughs> seemingly not, though, because Walt becomes like the new leader, like not that long after. It's in It's in the... um like the extra materials, but like the new man in charge, like Walt. Yeah. Walt is like at the, uh, Hurley's like insane asylum and they go find him there and take him to be the new leader. So like, it's seeming that Hurley only lasts like a couple of years there or something. Is he actually being taken to be the new leader or is he just being groomed and like being put on the staff? Yeah. Who knows? I mean, I feel like they got a weird, like camp counselor staff vibe to what they're doing there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so Jack, so yeah, Jack, Jack Jack pull up in his, uh, his jeep and she's like mysterious and he's like this is uh, she's like do you know where we are and he's like this is where we're gonna have my father's funeral why are we here and she's like to have your father's funeral so you just basically picked up a smoking hot stranger to be taken to a late night funeral hot. he's like can, can we go somewhere else <laughs> i mean i know i have daddy issues yeah. but this is a little on the nose even for me yeah. um so on the island like jack wakes up in a pond somewhere like basically like fl- out of the heart of the island he's like still fucked up and starts like staggering out of the water and keeps moving meanwhile church jack walks into the church and there's 
lots of kind of stuff in the background of like, oh, there's a cross, but then there's a menorah and like a Buddha statue. Um, it's, it's the stained glass window. The stained glass window with all the religious symbols. It doesn't totally work because this is clearly a church. Like no one's going to mistake yeah. this for like a mosque or something. And so it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's very, very Christian, except a couple like kind of like, you know, images of some other stuff just kind of sprinkled in to kind of like, I, I don't, I'm not really sure what they thought they were accomplishing with this. I think they wanted it to be like, oh, this is ecumenical or whatever, but it really isn't. So you're, you're bringing up this criticism and somewhere in a hallway, Christian Shepherd is just like sighing. Yeah. Because <laughs> his name's Christian Shepherd. Uh-huh. Uh, but also, on the, the stained glass window, there's the fucking wagon wheel. So it's not just a wagon wheel. That's a real religious symbol for another religion. Is it really? Yes. Okay. I told you that last episode. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Religion's a prison. Um, yeah, so there's also Jack's dad's coffin, which he touches it. He has like another flashgasm. This time to the opening of the pilot where Jack's eye awakens on the island, like runs out, rescues Claire. Lots of Kate in this one, including their final kiss, which we saw 45 minutes earlier. And then he opens the coffin, it's empty, and then we hear, hey, kiddo. There's yeah, John Terry. Oh, the wagon wheel is the Dharma wheel, actually. It's part of Buddhism. Yeah, well, that makes sense. Um, so Jack's having a hard time understanding. Like, how are you here now? Oh, um, this was in my this is my number 18 moment. It's the way when when Jack is asking his dad, How are you here? How are all the people here? And Christian Shepherd does this sassy little eye roll where he's like, well, there is no here and there is no now. But we, we do get the kind of like, it was all real. What happened on the island? That all happened. Pay attention, yeah. bozos. It wasn't purgatory the whole time. Yeah. Everyone dies sometime, kiddo. Jack has to realize this that he's place. dead. I do yeah, like that moment where he's just like, am I dead? <laughs> And he starts crying about it. Yeah, I mean, this is this is this is where like I started crying. Um, yeah, the whole point of this was to remember, to appreciate, to let go. You know, he needed all of them; they all needed him because no one does this alone. So not so much leaving as moving on. Mm-hmm. Jack's like, well, "Where are we going?" And he's like, "Let's find out." Let's, we're gonna have a fancy uh, kind of you know meet and greet with the rest of the cast of the show here, and they're all dressed in uh, nice clothing. And oh, look, even Libby's there. Penelope, Kate changed clothes. She's like, I'm not moving on in this slinky black dress. Yeah, Kate, uh, Kate went and changed clothes uh, to sound like uh, kind of like green blouse instead. Yeah. Penny's pants. there for some reason. Maggie Grace uh, is taller happy. than everyone. Yeah. Locke's happy to see Jack. Jack and Desmond hug. There's Boone. <laughs> Boone's going away by himself. Actually, like, who's the other tall blonde here? Is it Libby? I think it's probably uh, Juliet. Maybe it's Juliet. Like, would Boone and Shannon made more sense as as? Well, just as not. as like, I mean, they don't have to be soulmates. Is the thing like Locke wasn't well Jack's soulmates doesn't have to apply romance. Yeah, well, like because like Locke woke up with Jack. It wasn't like oh yeah, these two. Yeah. If only. Yeah, and as everyone's, it's like slow motion, great score, just you know, working overtime to uh, get you all misty-eyed as they're all kind of hugging each other. And it's nice to see everyone there. And then Jack's like stumbling through the bamboo and he eventually collapses kind of where he started on the island. And then Vincent, the dog, being a good dog, runs up next to him to keep him company as he dies. 14 out of 10. Good boy. 
Um, yeah, Charlie and Aaron are glad to have Charlie with them. Or not Charlie. Uh, Charlie and Claire are glad to have Aaron with them. Um, what does it say about dra- Aaron in the sideways universe? Yeah, like what's he being dragged on to? I, <laughs> I like that like there's seemingly no protestation whatsoever from Jack and uh, Juliet about leaving their metaphysical demon child behind. <laughs> there's a cool shot when Jack is staring up with Vincent next to him where the plane goes by overhead. I love that shot. Um, and then Christian kind of like pats Jack on the the shoulder there and he like walks to the back of the church where the doors are and opens them up and it's just like this like kind of bright yellowish white light and they're all like ooh we're passing on prior to this uh kate is making sexy fuck eyes at jack like she's chewing her bottom lip like she can't wait to get him alone which is what i'm saying I mean, what, are you, what are you so quick to move on to the afterlife here man jack's like everyone i have a proposal what if we pause this for at least 24 looks over at kate 48, 48 hours. hours. Yeah. <laughs> I think we all have a lot of juice. We need to get out. <laughs> then we can go experiment in the universe. I mean, like um, Juliet and Sawyer, you know, they just kind of got back together. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, just, mm-hmm. You know, you don't need to run off right away. What, what I like about the shot of him seeing the plane flying overhead is that on one hand, literally it's his friends have escaped the island. They're going to be fine. Mm-hmm. He can die happy. I think metaphorically you could say this is also the plan from the sideways universe hmm. starting over. Okay. You know what I mean? Like obviously Jack's not underwater or whatever, but it's like Jack is just like seeing the happy afterlife begin. I don't know. All right. Well, any complaints on the season? <sighs> A bunch. Also the Hulu broadcast did play those enigmatic um, B-roll footage. Oh, mine, mine did as well. Yeah. My download did which freak people out. Which is just, it should not be there. Yeah. No, because it, it it seems to imply that they all died in the plane crash. Yeah, over the credits, you just see old, like, unused footage of the original plane crash on the island. And it would, some people thought that there was a saying, like, oh, they were dead the whole time. But that's not the case. That You know, the, the show creators didn't even put that in there. That was, like, something the network did. Yeah, yeah. And they thought it would be, like, tonally a nice little cool down period. Yeah. Um, Nope, no. Uh, man, lots of things. I it wasn't crazy about Sun and Jin's ending on the island. It's um rough. I wish I wish we could have massaged more of Saeed's storyline. So even if his ending stayed the same, it's like it's not this like question of like, am I a stone cold demon killer? Um just a lot of stuff in the middle on the island. I mean, like Claire's storyline is a mess. Uh-huh. I think it's an idea, but it's like not executed well my god fucking across the sea i just don't know (laughs) yeah i've got some complaints i i I do think the show was always really good about balancing between the science fiction and the kind of supernatural religious aspect and kind Mm -hmm. of always being ambiguous and the kind of right down the middle so you can always lean either way and in this season that just feels like to completely steer into like religious allegory and like abandon the science part of it uh, it's not even just completely. spiritual. Yeah. 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 It's, it's full on religious and it just, I don't know. It's, it's weird that I, I think that it would have worked a lot better if they just always left that up to the viewer, like how they wanted yeah. to interpret things. Um, a lot of the plots on the Island, it's just characters pinballing back and forth all over the place without a lot of dramatic weight. It's like, Oh, we have to go here. Oh, we have to go here. You know, um, mm-hmm. Lennon sucks. 
just he does and yeah across the sea all the answers we get are like really irritatingly vague and they they feel like they were created after the fact to explain things rather than like a true origin story that they like always had in their pocket mm-hmm. um also, it's a shame they couldn't get a Harold Perrineau for the finale. He was in one of the other episodes we didn't watch, but not in the finale the, for some reason. The Whispers reveal yeah. or whatever. Yeah, he was the one who shows up and is just like, by the way, Hurley, the Whispers are dead people on the island. Oof, that was a clunker. I'm out of here. Yeah. Walt! Yeah. Uh, make one change? Something along the line. I mean, probably getting rid of Across the Sea. Oof. That's a change for sure. Um, how about this? end at an airport instead of a funeral at a church and so you're like not really steering into the religious stuff and but like they're going on a journey together and i feel like you don't need to be like you're all dead i feel like you could have left it ambiguous and and maybe just kept it a little bit more as like this is an alternate timeline i did read a thing where they're suggesting like that there could have been a way that some some sort of dramatic thing that needed to happen in the sideways universe Mm-hmm. that was also accomplishing the goal in the other universe, like some shared goal they're working towards to like remerge the timelines or fully defeat the man in black or something like that. Just because mm-hmm. the sideways universe is really, it's just like frosting. Like there's no real conflict there. No, no, that's, that's partly why I think I've had, I've remembered having issues with it because it feels ultimately until the finale, like toothless. There's a lot of like grace notes, but no. That's all it is. Yeah. There's no. There's, yeah, there's no, no real stakes. conflict. There's no stakes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the idea. I mean, I feel like, like having something where the man in black is also an entity in the sideways universe. I mean, that's very Stephen Kingy. Well, and something where I they mean, had to remember, they needed the, to have their like awakenings to remember their, you know, parallel lies in order to accomplish this last task or something like that. Hmm. Um. I do appreciate, though, that going to the finale, you know, like Lindelof did an interview about, you know, not all your questions will be answered. And the yeah. questions that, that you should ask is just what is the sideways universe? That's the primary thing, um, which, you know. Sure. I think it could have been finessed. I mean, alternate timeline is fine. Or like you said, something ambiguous where it's like I could definitely read it as purgatory or some kind well, of they, karmic gym they really steered so hard into the alternate timeline at the end of season five beginning of season six it's mm-hmm. i don't know i guess that was their twist but i don't think it's a very good twist personally yeah yeah all right well let's do some power rankings so i have 25 i have 30 wow okay well kick i off. will run this last five because they're lame uh zoe is in my number 30 <laughs> okay yeah, I didn't have Zoe on my list. Is is C four on your list by any chance? No, but it should be. Yeah. It's basically a character. Um and it's more important than Zoe was. And it accomplished a lot, yeah. Yeah. Uh twenty nine, I have Kimi and Omar. They make good eggs. Twenty eight. I don't know why he's not lower, but your boy Lennon. I um, I didn't even list that motherfucker. 27, Alana Verdansky. And 26, I've got Charlie Pace. Oof. Oof. <laughs> I'm drunk of power. <laughs> so, my 25, perhaps controversial. Mm-hmm. I did not feel that this character was ultimately particularly interesting. Jacob. Ooh. You know what? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. You know what? Yeah. Yeah, he. I for, 
he's kind of a dud as a, an actual character as opposed to like a concept. Okay, let me just say, there's a lot of characters in this show. Hmm? I forgot to list Jacob. No, and I don't blame you for it because he doesn't he doesn't really register as a character. No, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. Um, in fact, it's kind of comical, though, considering that my 25 is Boone Carlisle. <laughs> Poor Boone. I've got uh, Boone a little higher. I've got uh, Liana Verdansky at number 24. Hmm. She, We didn't watch the episode where she just like blows up exactly like Dr. Arts does. Mm-hmm. Uh, 24, I've got Ana Lucia Cortez. Oh, I do not have Anosi on here. Although if I did, she'd be higher. She's, you know, continuing on in the sideways universe and rich because Hurley's gotten gotten her paid. I mean, she could be a character on the LaFer show for sure. It is insane how much these characters graft on to the show. Oh, you know how uh, we totally didn't even get into that episode in uh, season two where Sawyer is after Anosi has died. He's just like, I screwed her, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was like right I before mean, the finale. I don't know if he can fuck her when he's a detective and she's like a patrolly or whatever. But what like maybe they both go. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't know if that's ever stopped. He's a having sex with his suspects. So I don't know if that's True. stopping him. True. Um, so his spunk will come up as evidence in court. But uh, like they could go undercover. Sure. Yeah. You know, and like to feel the heat. I mean, I want this to go all the way. I know I'm I'm saying it's a CBS show because CBS seems like it would run this in a heartbeat. But like, I wanted to like crossover with every one of these dumb fucking shows that people watch. Like, I want like the Law and Order, the Fleur crossover, <laughs> where it's just like, sorry, Olivia Benson, we do things differently in LA. <laughs> hey, where are we at? Number twenty three. Yeah. Yeah. Year 23 was uh, who? I have not said it yet. Yeah, going first? Okay, sorry. Um, Dogen. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I mean, uh, as a character, he's kind of a dud. I like the actor, basically. Absolutely. Uh, 23, I have Shannon. Oof, man, you're not a fan of Shannon and Boone, huh? I am a fan of Shannon and Boone. I find them... I find their... How do I put this? They're the two characters that I honestly find that their flashback drama more interesting than their on the island drama. I can see that. Um, like, and I think the show was always smart to really like. I said like every time they had an episode, they had a, the first they had the Boone episode, and I was like, man, Shannon's a monster. Then the Shannon episode, and I was like, no, Boone is actually the monster. And like they kind of would like always like tweak it back and forth, like they were fighting over who was worst. Uh-huh. Worse, um, I don't know. I I love them whenever they show them flashbacks. She's in this very little. I like her more in Boone, obviously. But there's a funny moment there, like a little in joke where Hurley is like, "It's hard to get her, like you know, because of her schedule." Yeah. Uh, we're at number twenty-two. Yes. Got uh, have not mentioned this character at all. I think on the podcast, Cindy Chandler, the flight attendant. Oh yeah, Cindy. Who was like. Join the others, but then when she found out that Mr. Smoke Monster is coming to the temple, she's like, later, I go join Locke now. I guess she's still on the island. I can't no, remember. I think, Did they all get I murdered? She's probably dead. I think they all got murdered off screen or whatever. But like, she seemingly joined the others just to be the nanny to those two kids. Eh, maybe she's still on the island somewhere. Who knows? 
We didn't even talk about in the uh, Stranger in a Strange Land. She has the great bit where she shows up when Jack's in the cage. And he's like, what are you people doing here? And she's like, we were told just to watch. <laughs> um, 22, I've got Charlotte Staples Lewis. Okay. I'm a big fan of Charlotte. You know that. Of course. Them eyes. <laughs> are these redheads going to fuck themselves? <laughs> Number 21, I have... Probably going to regret that, huh? Uh, number 21, I have Pierre Chang. Uh, okay. Nice to see Pierre Chang again. I That is one of the things that, like, I feel like this show is one of the first shows that was able to go back and, like, get those cast members to return. Because, yeah. like, in the in like the 90s, that just didn't happen. Like, mm. the character leaves, and it's just like, oh, that's, uh, you know, that actor's busy doing other shit. We're never getting back. Mm-hmm. I mean, the story was that supposedly... They put out the offer to Mr. Echo and um, his asking price was like three times what everyone else wanted. Which is probably his way of saying he didn't want to do it. Yeah. I'm just kind of curious what would have been his sideways role. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's a good question. I mean, like, it'd be like, yeah, but it's like you've got Christian Shepherd. You've got a guy named Christian Shepherd. Yeah. I don't know if you need a priest. Um my 21 is Charles Widmore. Um, he's basically coasting on this list based on his, his name and his Ooh, legacy. You know, Widmore like, is not on my list at all. I'm not shocked. Yeah. It's it's like not – it's his appearance in season six is not befitting of Charles Widmore. No, because I feel like it, it lessens him to actually – like he's, he's better as like a rumor and a name that you hear. Like when he actually shows up, I, he's, he's just like got like just some real fucking flunkies working for him here's what happened is seasons two through five charles widmore pulled out two glasses uh-huh. and he only only poured whiskey in one because season six charles widmore is not worthy of his fucking mccutcheon exactly exactly um where are we at 20 20 yep daniel faraday or i guess i should say daniel widmore but you know mm. what i mean even yeah, yeah. even with his weird hat and his jazz odyssey music um I don't even know if it's Jazz Odyssey. It's more like, uh, what was the other one they wanted to do in Spinal Tap? Saucy Jack? <laughs> uh, we're at number 20 is Dr. Pierre Chang, who, okay. I mean, come on, it's fucking Dr. Pierre Chang. That guy just automatically is a slam dunk whenever he shows up. Absolutely. Uh, 19, you mentioned her earlier, Miss Charlotte Staples Lewis. Mm. So... Let me let me see if we can do this. Okay. Charlotte, I'll say Charlotte Staple Lewis. What? I don't know what you're going for there. Uh, you're supposed to say, you know what? You know what? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number 19, I, I teamed them up is Alex and Danielle Rousseau because. Oh, I do not have them on my list, but I should. Oh, how dare you? Um, it's just great to see him. I love that she's like, even though. Uh, what is her name? Tanya Tan- Raymond. Tanya Raymond. Yeah. Like, even though she looks like she's 30 or at least late twenties, like she is so like bubbly and like, hi, Dr. Linus. <laughs> I want to say at this point she was like dating Jeff Goldblum too, which made it a little weird. Yeah. She's I only think, 32 now, by the way. I think we're going to eventually hear the news about Jeff Goldblum. Yeah. 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 She'd have been like 22 then. Yeah. He would have been like 50. I mean, I don't know. It's, 
you know, grown ass women can make their own decisions like, uh, you know, Florence Pugh and all that. But I guess you kind of more wonder about the guy in those situations. Yeah. yeah. I just feel like it's a shame when you have to be Florence Pugh and you have to do that announcement. Because like nobody agrees with your relationship. Well, I mean, I, I can understand why she'd be upset from her side. It's totally absolutely absolutely, absolutely. her decision, you know. Um, she has agency. Yeah. Uh where are we at? Number nineteen for you, I think. That was my nineteen. That was your nineteen. Okay. Wait, who's your nineteen? Alex and Daniel Alex. Russo. Oh, that's right. Yeah, Alex. And in Florence Pugh. Uh-huh. And Florence Pugh, yeah. Uh number eighteen. I have Shannon Rutherford. Maggie Grace, yeah. nice to see you. Right, I she's definitely one of those characters I wish they hadn't killed off so soon. You know, you could have maybe yeah. killed off Charlie early instead. Nobody needs Charlie. And then we could have had like Shannon's greatest hits. <laughs> Just picturing Shannon riding not Penny's boat on her hand. <laughs> Desmond's like, this is odd. Uh, 18 Dogan. I mean, again, it's the actor. It's the idea of the character. Uh, I just wish that like they didn't undercut him at every turn. Like again, he pulls out the special dagger that means nothing. Yeah. Uh, it's like to hear Jack give Saeed this pill. I want to say like that's the first time Jack gets sassy where like he tries to like eat the pill himself. I mean, it's yeah because they, they won't tell him what's in the pill, so he eats it himself. Yeah, so the show doesn't do Dogen any favors, but still, I wanted to love him. Yeah. Uh, let's see where we got 17 here. This is probably yep. too high for this dude, especially in this season. Charlie Pace. Mm, yeah, it's way too high. Yeah. Apologies. I should bump up, I don't know, like Charlotte or something instead. I mean, because conversely, my number 17 is Bernard and Rose. Okay. Do I have them on here? Oh, oh I might have forgot. You know what? I feel like I was going to and I got distracted. Sorry. My my I feel like I would have put them like number 10 personally, but yeah, apologies to Bernard and Rose for that. Mm-hmm. What's your 16? Maybe you'll maybe you'll save it. Probably not, because it's Boone Carlisle. <laughs> nope, you didn't save it. <laughs> I did enjoy seeing Boone in the finale. Um he was more likable than probably he ever was on the island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I guess he was doing like Vampire Diaries at this point, right? Yeah, that show ran for like 15 years, right? I think he was on it the whole time. I think the Nina Dobrev left the show eventually, but he stayed on, I'm pretty sure. That's right. And there was like just the two brothers. I think they were still there the whole time, yeah. And then there's saw... the other uh, character, Carolyn, I think, the blonde one. I think she kind of became like the new lead of the show. Right. I saw the first episode of that show. I watched like two and a half seasons, maybe it was fine. Um, I don't know, maybe someday I'll watch the rest of it. I, I, I don't know. It's got the whole like two spinoffs now. That that's a lot. I don't really know if I want yeah. to commit to that. And yet, uh, I feel like um, the lady. Because like I don't, I really wonder. Like, was Kevin Williamson ever really involved with the show? Because it kind of seems like it's the other lady. Uh, I don't think he stuck around long term. Yeah. Whereas, like, she's made it her kind of empire. Yeah. But, like, everything I've seen with her, she seems like she knows what she's doing as far as how to manage her fans and manage their expectations. And I think it's a stark 
contrast to other showrunners well, with the, rabid teenage fan bases. Yeah, her and Marlene did like a joint interview that one time, and you could kind of see the difference there. I was just implying it. You just okay. straight up said it. Okay, there I did. Cool, I, cool. I went and said it. Yeah. Uh, who's cool, your cool. sixteen? Claire Littleton. Claire. Rat's nest. Hair. So glad to see Claire. Yeah. Oh God, that hair has got to be disgusting. Um. Oh. Oh, I'm just thinking about it. Oh, oh, I can feel like I can smell. It. I feel like I can taste the smell of her disgusting air. Mm. Um, mm. And there's a lot of things I wouldn't want to do on the island or be forced to do. Like number one, that that thing in season one where like Hurley's like, "Fuck, I need a shit. Yeah. What can I wipe my ass with?" Yeah. Um, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't want to be a lady trying to figure out things on an island. I mean, just in general, just ugh, ugh. Mm. Um, but like, it's nice to see Claire. It's nice to see Emily D. Raven. Um, she's adorable. She's a lot more fun on the sideways world, even though she does nothing to do there either. But I just had to crack up every time she would be like pouty, like, I'm going to stay here because I'm crazy. Well, it's one of those things where like the it, it's like the death of all TV shows is like eventually a character gets pregnant and has a kid. And like, then what do you do with them? And yeah. like they like they really like went for it by immediately putting that character into the show. Like she's already about mm-hmm. to have a kid, and proving that they didn't know what to do with her after. A certain yeah. Point. Uh-huh. Uh, number fifteen. Do you just say do you do you remember? I don't always flash back to me the way that Connor was born on Angel. Uh, it was um from uh Darla. That's okay, right? Yeah, with but do you remember how he's actually born? Yeah, yeah, she gets staked, right? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. like there's something wrong with the birth, so uh-huh. he's staker. Yeah, <laughs> and he just like, plops out. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was your 15? Uh, John Locke, you don't have a son, okay? Jay. So just actual John, Locke. actual John Locke, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Um, cool, my 15 is Hurley, okay, Mr. I feel like I'm doing him dirty. I I always have a hard time. Like it's like Hugo or uh, Jorge Garcia is such a likable dude. I always have a hard time connecting with Hurley because he is basically all of his like nerdy affects uh-huh. that he has to drag along with him. And I always just dislike that character. But man, like the emotions that he feels when he realizes Jack's not coming back that hit me. All right, I have at number fourteen, Mister Desmond Hume. Mm. who I feel like he's another character they totally didn't know what to do with after like season four. Yeah. My number 14 is uh, Daniel Whitmore. It's just nice to see that guy back. Good old Faraday. His daddy wrote a great big check and now he's playing with drive shaft. Yeah. It's accompanying (laughs) them on the piano. No, they're accompanying him. Sure. Whatever. Um, number 13 i've got claire littleton uh mostly okay. just for having the weird like creepy baby thing i <laughs> i, I want to give claire a lot of credit for that she really went for it that and just burying an axe in a dude's chest yeah. in front of son or gin axing a like, dude motherfucker <laughs> axing a dude having a weird like bone baby and then like kind of calling out Kate when she, you know, starts to like shame her for having that weird baby thing. <laughs> um, we're at 13. My 13 is Frank Lapidus. Lapidus. 
Fuck yeah. I don't know if you noticed, but he's a pilot. He's a pilot. <laughs> don't bother me. Uh, <laughs> number 12. You probably have her higher. And because it really like, I feel like from here on out, I could just put these gonna, all at number one because really like, I love all these characters. It seems stupid for me to even rank them, but I had to put them somewhere. So I have Juliet Burke at number 12. Wow. That is not going Dutch. Sorry. I mean, she's just not in it very much, but no, she's not. She's not. Um, 12. I've got miles strong. Okay. Miles is sticking around. <laughs> he's, he's still there. He's still making comments. Richard Alpera is like, I'm, I'm finally want to be alive. You, <laughs> it's like good timing. You watched all of person of interest, right? No, no, no. I you seen, left off in the middle of season three. Okay. You've seen most of his character. I think then I've seen, yeah, several episodes. Of yeah. That. His, his character. I think it's Leon on person of interest is like, what a great, like guest, guest starring role that he like pops up in occasionally. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Number 11. I've got Richard Alpera. Number eleven is, yeah, Ricardus. Yeah, number eleven is where I have Desmond Hume. Um, I there's an episode we didn't watch where I kind of felt for Desmond when he's like I think first like he wakes up and he's been brought back to the island by Charles Widmore. Uh Um, I don't know, man. Like Desmond in uh, the Sideways Universe is so inscrutable and fascinating. Um, but kind of one note. Yeah, yeah. Rich Desmond. Uh, let's see. Number 10. I've got Sage Ra. Wish I could put him higher. It just it was another season where he doesn't have as much to do. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I mean, he saves the day, but then he gets blown up like four episodes before the finale. Yeah. Uh, at number 10, I've got Christian Shepard. Oh, I do not have him on here. I, I don't know. Like, it seems like he's probably the right person for the role he has in the finale, especially for Jack's part in it. Plus, I just love the way like just treat yourself and go back and watch is the way he says, well, there is no here or now. <laughs> uh, number nine, together again, Sun Ho Kwan and Jin Su Kwan. Nice. Poor, poor Kwan couple there. They They really got done dirty in the main timeline. Yeah, yeah. Ji Young's just growing up alone, and like yeah. it's not like it's not like Kate and Sawyer can show up in South Korea and be like, "Oh, we're friends," you know, like we want to take care of Ji Young. Like that's just not going to fly. No, no. I mean, say this though: Kate should be rich. At least there's that, unless she blew all the money on the house. Yeah, I mean. Survivor also, of two plane crashes. I, oh, the, I actually I forgot to bring this up while we were talking about the show. Um, what the fuck does like what does Frank Lapidus tell people when he lands in Guam? Absolutely. <laughs> what did they say? Like where? What like, the fuck? Do Sawyer's, you tell Sawyer's theoretically been dead for three years. Uh-huh. Uh, Claire, Claire has supposedly been dead. Miles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah where did you come from, Richard Alper? We don't. Who are you? We have no records of you. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he might have like a fake passport. Who knows? But yeah, Lapidus is like, so I landed the plane. It's in a little bit of bad shape, and uh, all the passengers are dead except like these two people. Yeah, <laughs> like Richard Alper. At least they showed him not physically, but like, well, I guess they didn't show him physically. He has, you know, the the Juliet stuff. He was off island. Yeah. So at least he's like 
aware of the modern world, like cars, penicillin. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you imagine just like, hey, man, remember how your wife died? Yeah, that wouldn't have happened theoretically now. I mean, you would have been in the pocket of big insurance for a while, but whatever. What does he do of his life? I don't know, man. Just enjoy modern uh, conveniences, I guess. Just Richard Alper on a beach. Yep. I mean, I guess Sawyer could just become James LaFleur. I guess so, yeah. I just like, what is... Like, they're never letting Lapidus fly again, right? Unless he's, like, working for himself. I think that he just has to land that plane in the middle of nowhere and they all just skedaddle off. Maybe, yeah. Maybe he's just like, I know a guy. I can land there. Well, the sad thing is because none of them, none of these characters, I think, except for Lapidus and Miles, actually met Michael. They need to get on the Michael track because Michael clearly had to have like a fake identity, right? Yeah, but who set that up, I guess, is the question. Did the others or did he just presumably no? Yeah, he must have done it himself. I mean, I don't know. I don't know how Claire gets her baby back from her mom. I'm just all about they they just land in Guam and Lapidus is like, look. You got your plane back. What do you want from me? This is where you really need a jack to do the talking. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Maybe this is where J- like Sawyer is just like, I will just make up something as a bad con man. He's like, well, you see, officer, it's a funny story. What in the world is that behind you? And then they just run. <laughs> Except for Claire, who just pouts. I smell like a toilet. <laughs> Oh, poor Claire. Uh, I did my nine. Did you do your nine? Yeah, I did. It's Christian Shepard. Okay. Number eight, I've got Miles Strom. Good old Miles. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Solid hang. Yeah, definitely. Um, Number eight, I've got Sun and Jin. Like you said, reunited. Adorable. Um, Also, I didn't love... I mean, as a remix of their off-island stuff, I didn't love their sideways stuff until, you know, they're in the hospital there. Yeah, it's all just kind of... It's it's just filler. Yeah, I hate to use mm-hmm. that word for TV shows, but it's really just like filling time with them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, because all oh, the thing of the fucking watches and like Kimi and all that stuff. Yeah. But it's like I don't think that you can do anything with like the the Jin doesn't speak English and Sun does. Like it's like we're not. This isn't a real show right here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, number seven, I have the Man in Black. Okay. Who I should probably feel more sympathetic towards. I just don't. Um, I wonder if maybe part of that's Cassie and like Tyus Welliver is kind of a weird dude. Mm-hmm. He is a weird dude. He's kind of scary. Uh, number seven, you were correct. Juliet Carlson Burke Shepard. It's just a joy to see her. I mean, hello, that dress. But also, it's, is the dress also she, on this list? It should be. Um, I don't want to get like Clintonian about it, but like, uh, she shows up and it's just like a like a breath of fresh air. I love that there's like not a lot of drama between her and Jack. Um, I can't imagine them actually married because he seems kind of boring compared to her. But what is David? What is that thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, what like if what was... exactly is or like what happens to Alex in the sideways universe? Like is like it seemed like Ben, maybe there's a little something there with Rousseau, like they're going to be a happy family, and then he just disappears the next day. No, Ben doesn't go. He stays behind. 
okay, sure. I, but like, I don't know what, what is Alex? Like, is she a real person? Is she going to awaken at some point? Uh, maybe, but like if David is a functioning bit of, I don't know, universal ectoplasm, whatever, like, is he just like now parentless? <laughs> I think it's like, that's fine. I wasn't real anyway. Um, but, I mean, were, there had been the, a scene. Were there any like simulation theories for Lost? I think maybe that wasn't a popular thing yet. There was everything. There was the, it's all on a turtle's back, you know, crawling yeah, yeah. across the cosmos. Yeah, there was everything. But I mean, if there had been a scene in the finale where like, da- like David and Jack talk and like David's like trying to convince him to like, like whatever these weird flashes you're having, just ignore them, dad. It's fine. You're okay. You know, we'll go find mom and we'll stay here and be a happy family. You know, it's the thing yeah. where he's like trying to like last temptation of Jack Shepard him. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. The simulation angle could be interesting. It, so you never read that uh, Fall book, right? But like they, spoilers for Fall. Um, it's not the greatest novel as a novel itself. They eventually kind of establish like everyone's essentially living in a simulation at some point, and they because like, they they've created it like for people to live like as a kind of a simulated afterlife, mm-hmm. and they like they figure out that like the, the the simulation that they have, it has certain kind of uh, like laws of that universe, kind of like the speed of light, for example, um, that are that way because of like how like computer processing works. And Mm -hmm. so it's like, and it's like, Oh, well that explains why these rules exist in the simulated reality. But then it's like, Oh, that actually explains why they exist in our reality too, because we're actually simulation of something else too. Uh, It's because it's kind of like this, you know, Russian doll type simulation theory thing happening, which I don't know. It's something else you could have explored if you wanted to go science instead of, instead of going to like quantum physics type stuff in loss, they could have gone there, but instead they went with a big church. I mean, there's a, there's an episode of Star Trek next generation where Riker leads an away team. Everyone gets like hit with the smoke passes out. Then Riker wakes up in sick bay on the enterprise and it's 16 years later. Nice. And so what happened was he got hit with some kind of infection during this away mission that was going to eventually like hit him. And so for the past like 16 years later, he's the captain of the Enterprise. Picard's an admiral. Everyone's got promoted or whatever. And unfortunately, like a week ago, the infection hit him and he went into a coma. And now he can't remember anything the last 16 years. But he has like a dead wife and he's got a kid. And he's like trying to like navigate his way through all this stuff. And of course, the kid is not real. Uh-huh. It's all like a simulation on a planet. And this kid's like an alien who now wants Riker to stay and be his dad. Um, it reminds me a little bit of that. Yeah, I don't know. Um, so what's your number six? Frank Lapidus. My man. Uh, really high. Yeah. What? I mean, can you argue with it? He's Lapidus. He's nope. a pilot. Why would, I, why would I argue with that? What does your top list look like? Wild. Um, I, I, I was looking on the lost subreddit. I just like went and took a peek over there. They all hate Kate, which is hilarious. Um, mm. Some guy had like made like a tier ranking of the characters. And then like the first mm-hmm. comment was like, I like it, but you need a separate tier at the very top for Frank Lapidus. And I was just like, I understand you. Fair. Yeah. Fair. Um, my number six is James Ford. Um, yeah, I... Maybe, maybe, maybe not because I'm uh, really invested in this LaFleur TV show 10 years later. Absolutely. Number five, I have Benjamin Linus. Okay. Who we, it's 
pretty good writing that we we learn to empathize and appreciate a character who's pretty evil. Mm-hmm. Uh, number five, I have Saeed Jarrah. I mean, he's Saeed. Mm-hmm. Uh, crazy Saeed, like evil Saeed is still excellent. Um, would have been higher, but not in this season as much. Yeah, yeah, true. So number four, you had this guy a bit lower, Mr. Hugo Reyes. Mm. I feel like I, I wanted to bump him up. I think he's pretty good this season. He's doing the whole like ghost whisper thing, which I think gives him a little more utility in the plot. Mm. Yeah. He gets to be the Whoopi Goldberg for Richard Alpert and his wife. Yeah. yeah. She says, touch me. Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> okay. We're doing this. You are a very handsome man. All right. Well, right, it's happening. Um, my number four is Kate Austin. Uh, I think Kate's usually been lower in my list. Uh, Kate's great. And I think the, I don't fully sympathize with the people who hate Kate. Um, but I start to only because I feel like her, her place on the show gets diminished over time. Um, or she makes decisions that I don't know, leave you confounded, but I like Kate in this last season. Um, especially in the end, you know, I, I, I really felt the fact that she's losing Jack, I don't know. It's plus I'm, I don't know. I'm just very intrigued by how into Claire's life Kate is. <laughs> All right. Well, number three, I have James Ford. Okay. Um, yeah, he's, I mean, you get the, the LaFleur spinoff. I think he, we probably didn't get as much development for him as we got for Jack, but I mean, they had a lot of work to do with him because he had to like, kind of like, come to terms with like Juliet's death at the start of the season and like not just go murder Jack. So I think mm-hmm. they, they navigated that fairly well to like get him a place where he is at the end of the show. Mm-hmm. And there's just such a delight to see him back together. With Juliet. There's like a whole episode where like he goes and like blasts like the stooges just or whatever. Drunk, yeah. Yeah. Like Dharmaville. Um, my number three uh, grouping these characters together is not accurate, does not make sense, but I did it just because I did it. John Locke and the Man in Black, okay. and wherever they meet in between. Um, I really like the John Locke Man in Black, though there are points where he's it's like, just what, what, what is even your plan, man? Like, what are you doing here? You don't need to be doing this. Um, but when he gets to be like real sassy and saucy, I, I love that. Um, just the Jack, I wanted you to know you died. For nothing. <laughs> this is all because you wouldn't fucking reminisce with me over that waterfall, bitch. Um, and John Locke, I really like John Locke in the Sideways universe, even as, I don't know, it's like he's happy where his life in the real world is so tragic. I feel like they really rediscovered him. some of the essentials of the John Locke character in the Sideways universe. Yeah. Also, not taking Helen with him. Yeah, sorry, Helen. <laughs> Uh, number two, I was really tempted to put this person at number one, just fuck the haters. Um, but I, I put her at number two, Kate Austin, my fave. Um, it's bizarre. Well, not your fave. She's number two. Well, I mean, she's one of my faves. But like, <laughs> it's weird. Like, if we go to the Lost subreddit, they fucking hate Kate on there. And they're just like, oh, that fucking bitch. And it's just like, wow, okay. Um, I don't know. Kate, she kills the big bad of the show. She has the great, you know, that's not how you know we line with Jack. Like, I, I don't know. I adore her. Can I correct something you just said? Sure. If you go to the lost subreddit, you'll find that they hate women. 
True. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my number two is a character who has quite frankly, no business being this high or being as important as they were, but Benjamin Linus. Okay. Clearly not because of like his place in the last episode per se, but um, there's a real interesting, we haven't talked about a lot, but his storyline in the sideways universe is kind of fascinating. It's like this guy with, uh, who's basically trying to, I don't know, hold life to a higher standard. Yeah. Both for his own value and for the people around him. Like there's the whole, that's a whole TV show you could watch. Yeah. 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 Like the William Atherton guest starring as like the evil, creepy principal. Um, I mean, I guess he kind of is a little bit that character in person of interest. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's the hilarious moment because he keeps having the fight for the fact that he's not Mr. Linus. He's Dr. Linus. It's, it's even Dr. When, Linus. Yeah. Yeah. When the nurse is patching him up after Desmond beats the shit out of him and he's like, oh, it's Dr. Linus. <laughs> I outrank you. Um, and then on the island, we skipped over the bit where uh, Alana is going to kill him and make him dig his own grave. And he's just like, no one will have me. <laughs> but just, I don't know. This is partially also just over the course of the show. Michael Emerson's great. Yeah, he absolutely is. Um, number one. It sounds like we both have the same number one. It's Absolutely. it's hard to put anyone else there. Uh, it's Jack Shepard. Jack off. Yeah he he opened the show and he closes the show. And I mean if if you don't get a little misty at Vincent, you know, sitting down next to him as Jack dies, then uh, you're a monster. Yeah, you are ice cold. Like we could ice skate over your heart, you vile beast. Um, and it just feels like. From the beginning, it was programmed to end this way. Yeah. I mean, supposedly Matthew Fox knew that this was how the show was going to end for years. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know. I just, and just, he's such a, you don't have to always agree with Jack or be proud of what he's doing, but he's such a fascinating TV lead because he's fucking up and he like throws himself at things. I'm trying to remember what's the line from Buffy um, that Spike says. I follow my blood and it doesn't always lead in the direction of my head. <laughs> yeah. Just that kind of intensity. I don't know. I, I appreciate Jack. Yeah. So that was lost. I mean, I, I definitely really enjoyed myself on this rewatch. Um, I mm-hmm. kind of wish we'd like done seasons one and two separately just so we could get a little more of those. Um, Cause I mean, there's definitely some good episodes we skipped totally over in like those first two seasons. Yeah. Um, well, who knows? Ten years from now, we might have to go back. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe, maybe someday we'll do the full Lost podcast, <laughs> but when there's no demand for it at all, you know. <laughs> but I mean, if you're stuck in a lockdown quarantine situation, you could do a lot worse. You could do a hell of a lot yeah. worse than watching Lost again. Mm-hmm. Or he says at the tail end of the final season of lock recap podcast uh you can watch it for the first time <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean i wonder if people may be a little softer on it now if they watch it now as opposed to you know the the vitriol that it got from the finale which i mean i don't love the kind of ultimate like church conclusion of it i mean i'm fine with it and it like it hits the emotional beats it's it's effective I would do it differently mm-hmm. if I could do it myself, but like I don't know, some people are just like really mad about that. Um, no, not mad about that. Yeah, yeah, and and like you you have like 
a friend, a roommate, significant other who hasn't seen it. Um, this is a good show to like watch with somebody for the first time. Um, like just especially just or for yourself, just put on that pilot, watch that first 20 minutes again. Holy shit. It's just nice to have a show that really cares about its characters. Yeah. You know, the, the plots aren't matter, always the best, but uh, I feel like it's satisfying to spend time with these people. I mean, plots aren't always the best. I mean, our, our, our big complaint there would be this last season, I think. Right. Well, I think it just to me really watching this last season again, I'm like, man, I wonder if like, if they could have just like give him another like four months to be like, no, let's, let's, we can do another pass at like our plan for the season. It could be better, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's easy to say like in retrospect though, the start of season three, Hydra Island, whatever. But like for the most part, this show is at the top of its game, at least through the first four seasons. And they're also doing like, you know, it's at some points like 25 episodes a season here. Even, even yeah. these last few seasons are like 18 episodes each. Yeah, and I would I would I would argue that like maybe the end of season one loses a little bit of juice just because you've had all these fascinating weird uh, Twilight Zone short stories about mm. characters' lives and stuff. Um, but yeah, I would say the first four seasons the show's at the top of its game. Season five, the only reason I wouldn't say that there is because it just feels like it's more programmed for certain types of viewers. Hmm, okay, but I, I mean, to me the only like thing you, that's lacking in season five is like the uh, the present day stuff, especially the non the non man in black present day stuff. Well, to like kind of add on to what I think you said last week, there's something about season five that seems like it was so created for me and my sensibilities that I sometimes have a hard time believing that other people like it. <laughs> I hope they do. I don't want, I'm not trying to be selfish and say this is mine and not yours. It's just, let me me ask you this. If you know, when everyone is theorizing and something, what what was your like favorite theory? Kind of how did you want the show to end? What were you rooting for? Oh shit, man. I don't know if I could ever tell you. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, I, in general, I think, I think I'm a pretty big fan of the uh, the brain as a quantum computer, like, uh, you know, multiple universes type thing. So something in that regard, I would have been a little more into with it if, if it was if they didn't just come out and say it was purgatory or, you know, they were all dead at the end. I would have appreciated that more. Mm, I can see something like that because I do like ambig- ambiguity. Also, it's reminded me uh, the ring, that movie, the, you know, the movie? Japanese, the Japanese movie, yeah. based the on a book. Movie, yeah. Based on a book, the book was a trilogy. Each book was wildly different. Um, I think it was the Ring, the or translated the Ring Spiral, and then Loop was the third one. And in Loop, I believe it's revealed that everything is a simulation, which is the only reason a little dead girl coming out of a well makes sense. Hmm, okay. Yeah. Simulation is is. I think simulation is interesting. Simulation is hard to pull off without it seeming less like low stakes, I guess. Yeah. Um, like I said, that fall book as a book, it's not great. It has a lot of interesting ideas there. I mean, you do get a sequel to a bunch of his other books too, right? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, the ideas he explores are more interesting than the actual story that's being told, I guess you'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, Anytime you, no matter how you dress it up, you claim something is not real, 
that's a hard sell. Which I mean, if, if you do it right, then you start to question what is the difference? Mm. You know, like I think there's there's probably a way to do that correctly where it doesn't feel like less impactful dramatically to to realize it's a simulation. Um, I, mm-hmm. I think you kind of have to go like the full like kind of like upwick thing where like there's a simulation in the alternate timeline, but then it was actually simulation in the main timeline too, and it kind of just keeps going, you know, like turtles all the way down type thing or something like that. I mean, we can't really complain. We've obviously been living in a simulation since 2016. Since like November it's, of 2016. Somebody, somebody fucking spilled some Dr. Pepper on that simulation, man, because it's, yeah. yeah. I mean, I it's funny because like the, I Murder love Hornets. the island. Yeah. <laughs> I love the, uh, and the fact that the Air Force is like, yeah, aliens are real. Mm-hmm. Duh. <laughs> Everyone knows that. <laughs> That's not the, even the top news story. Um, I I love the ambiguity of the time travel aspect of the lost and the island. We don't. I don't even really care that they don't tell us like what the fuck the fucking drain and the stopper is. Yeah. Uh, I'm just curious about it, but I don't know. Like, yeah, I don't know. I just think that like the fact that there's probably somebody like Jacob and like mother, like many times over long before the two of them. I mean, intriguing. You, you take out across the sea and you maybe keep it more ambiguous as to whether or not you're in like a, like a purgatory type place. You know, if, if it's a little more of just like an alternate timeline type thing, I I think it it helps a lot. I mean, I think you can honestly get to the, I mean, because really what you need there is the cave. I don't think the man in black's like, you know, origin really works. Cause it's not like they explore that. Well, Cause like they essentially episodes. tell you a bunch of stuff you already know. They're just like right. telling it to you again. I mean like, yep, that's right. Well, he can't hurt Jacob, but they want you to feel it. Yeah. But, you but don't the really thing feel is, it. but it never pays off. It's yeah. not like we ever feel his side of that and the thing. So I honestly think it really, it's like the other thing you need is just to, to introduce the cave, which you could do. In another way. I mean, he could just have Jacob introduce it himself. I don't know. You know, it's like, I don't yeah. know if you really accomplish it a ton by introducing it like two episodes before the finale as opposed to in the finale. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, that was Lost. What a delight. What a great mm-hmm. show. We really mm-hmm. never even touched on like how, like, I don't know, historic and impactful this show is. A little bit, I think. A little bit, but I mean, like, the show, like, changed television. Like, there, there's a reason all the shows you watch today are serialized, and it's because of this show. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what do we want to do next? Um, I'm open to doing a lesser version as far as, like, what we watch of TV shows for, like, another month, but I think we should... I want to do something Maybe easy. Do like, like a, this has been taking up a lot yeah. of my time. I'd like a little bit of a break, you know? Well, I mean, like my, my suggestion would be like, we could do like a movie next week and then do uh, like Buffy where we pick like maybe four episodes of a season <laughs> as uh, opposed to tons and tons. I don't know. I'd almost rather say it'd be better to just pick like a couple of the classic Buffy episodes and not worry so much about the seasons. Okay, because that's you know Buffy was only semi serialized, so you don't you don't really need to like cover a season as like a whole meal, I guess. True, true. Um, but for now, yeah, do, I'd, season six. I'd rather just do like a you know a movie, something easy that's not like a ton of time. 
Nobody want to watch. Um, trying to remember what was on our list. I mean, I feel like at some point we need to do Clueless and Mean Girls. Well, I don't know if this is the right time for either of them. You can always do She's All That. No. You suggested Jack Reacher? A few episodes ago. Uh, let me take a look at the movies I have now. At some point I want to do Scott Pilgrim. I don't know if this is the right mm-hmm. time for it, but... I can wait on Scott Pilgrim. Can you? Are you not a big fan of that? Oh, I like it just fine. I don't love it. Don't love it, huh? Okay. I'm also like not a... I'm not a big video game player from that kind of era, so while I understand some of the references, some of them... See, now I want to make you do Scott Pilgrim because I have like a, some hot takes in that regard. Interesting. What else you got? Uh, looking through here. You, didn't you have like a list recently? Oh, geez. I four I, times. I feel like we can hold off on the ninth gate for now. <laughs> Do you imagine just the the head scratching of people of like they're seriously watching the ninth gate? Yeah, I'd I'd be amazed if anyone listening to this podcast has even seen the ninth gate, uh, which we saw in the theater. Um, so the list I had that I ran past you before was the Matrix. Yeah. Speaking of stimulations, Rounders, uh, Jack Reacher, Inside Man, Iron Man Three, Sicario, or Empire Records. Okay, so not now, but at some point, do we need to bite the bullet and actually just like go on the Marvel binge for like five months? Yeah, it probably wouldn't wouldn't hurt. Um, especially since the Marvel movies are on a pause. Maybe. I mean, let's let's who knows maybe think we'll see about Black that Widow. later in the summer, perhaps. But yeah, I know we already did the Avengers ones, although I could see maybe revisiting them. I'd want to do it in such a format that like it's like every episode's under two hours. You know, we don't need to like go super deep, but. Maybe at some point right, we'll right. do the Marvel ones. Um, read that back to me again. There was a movie you mentioned there that tweaked my curiosity. Rounders, Inside Man, Iron Man 3, Sicario, Empire Records. I'll give you a choice between Rounders and Jack Reacher. Um, then I'm going to pick Jack Reacher because okay. it's a lot of fun. Okay. It's a lot of fucking fun. All right. We will do the first Jack Reacher movie. I think they're making like a TV show out of that, maybe. Yeah. Recast and whatnot, whatever. Yeah. The, I don't give a shit. The first Jack Reacher movie, we'll go ahead and schedule that for next week. Um, cool. It's kind of dumb, but entertaining. Let me put it that way. It's, it's, it's satisfying, I think. It's 100%. I mean, for a movie this dumb, it's a lot better than it should be. And, and yeah, we're going to continue jacking off. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Well, until then, have a good one. Bye-bye.